This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse. Hello. Hi, I'm Jesse. Oh, wait, I'm me. I'm Paul. Okay. Uh, hi, Paul boy. Hi, Jesse boy. I'm Will boy. <laughs> did you uh, did y'all dog trot through this novel like I did? Or did you skate well, through well, it? Well, uh, yeah, more of skating, yeah. Well, what do you mean dog trot versus skating? I'm not sure I understand the references. Both are repeated in the book many times. Uh, they, they dog trotted oh, over oh, there. They okay, dog trotted. Yeah, yeah, I thought you were referencing a way of reading. We should probably talk about what I, I am. we're actually talking about. I am. Because we haven't uh, even mentioned the book yet. Oh, we're going to talk about Red Planet, a 1949 science fiction novel by Robert A. Heinlein. Uh, Originally subtitled, A Colonial Boy on Mars. A Colonial Boy on Mars. And, well, that uh, makes sense. Yeah, I, I do want to point out that um, when I originally read this, it was in paperback. Um, I'm not sure which cover it was, but I'm looking at one right now that's got... Uh, man, this this artist is amazing. His name is uh, Steel Savage. You guys know about this artist? No. <laughs> no. Awesome name, right? Steel Savage. <laughs> and it's with an E on the end of steel. Um, so just type in Steel Savage uh, Heinlein or something. He did a ton of Heinlein covers uh, for paperbacks. And uh, I, I picked it up as a used paperback in a used bookstore and read it. And then um, I was just comparing the text at the end because I wanted to check and see. Um, and there is a reason one of the editions says the original uncut or whatever. Um, this book has been fucked around with a little bit. Uh, I think the version we listened to was the original restored text, whatever that means. Oh, 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 oh that the Heimline estate did Virginia or no, like I don't, I don't know. Some, yeah, I, yeah, well, like, at some point, like when they were messing with things like the extended stranger and strange land. Yeah. So they, they did that for Podcane of Mars. There's two different versions of the end of Podcane of Mars. One where the girl lives and the other where the girl gets the refrigerator or whatever. <laughs> um, but th- in this case, uh, at the end of our uh, Red Planet, they, the original paperback that I probably read ends, um, uh, he'll get over it. Probably he'll find another bouncer and teach him English and call him Willis too. Then he'll grow up and not make pants of bouncers. It won't matter. He looked thoughtful and added, but what becomes of Willis? I wish I knew. And then that's the end of the story. But in the audiobook we just listened to, it ends with uh, a couple more lines. And basically, Willis comes back and... Uh, what's his name? Um, Jim says, um, Hey, you're a girl. And, and, and uh, Willis says, I'm a good boy. <laughs> Even though Willis is a girl. Yes, I, I, I thought I thought that was that that was that was a interesting bit. Okay, so one one of the one of the things I was flipping through after reading this is I think I've recommended this book to you before, Jesse, and mm-hmm. I don't know if I recommended it to Will. Um, Fair Mendelssohn, who is a SFF critic and a friend, wrote a very good dissection of a lot of Heinlein called the. The Pleasant Profession of Robert A. Heinlein. Mm-hmm. It was nominated for a Hugo Award. She had given me a review copy. I 
read it and loved it and reviewed it very favorably. So she talks about a lot of highlight stuff, including this. And she does talk about about this little bit here. So I'm going to read a little bit mm-hmm. from the book. There are other brief moments of queering that we should acknowledge. This is a chapter where she's talking about queering as in Q U E E. E E R I N G S. Lewis and Red Planet and Lummox and the Starbeast both begin their respective novels with this sign male gender. Both end it with at least a speculation that Lewis is female within the complex understanding of a martyr's sexuality where age determines biological sex, and Lummox most definitely is. If Lewis is female, then Red Planet is no longer a single sex novel. Willis is further regenerated that there's an implication he's the same kind of Martian as found in Valentine Mar- Michael Smith's Mars, where it's clear that Mars are gendered only in terms of a time-delimited reproductive period. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so there's kind of indication, I mean, so there's kind of indications that, that, that Willis can change can change gender over time, and that's really just a function of how old you are. Yeah, I, I have a feeling Willis doesn't exist after a certain uh, point though, you know, it's the same. It's a ship of Theseus where the brain is completely changed. Um, that is not what happens in the cartoon. We get a we get a, fir- a future projection of Willis's we get the, we, we get grandkids. No, no, Jim's grandkids on yeah, it's like, on it's like Aries, new Aries. Yeah. So, yeah, he was my best friend. <laughs> Which was like, hey, you only spent like fifteen minutes together. <laughs> um, that uh, <laughs> mini series yeah, yeah, has some problems. The cartoon, which listeners you can find on YouTube, and I'm sure that Jesse will link in the show notes. Yeah, um, it's a very strange thing. I was watching it's like, what the hell did you actually make me watch? I didn't make you watch it, but you should. You yeah, should definitely did. have experienced really it. it was, to speak. You should definitely have experienced it because it, it helps. It helps put into relief how good this book is. Um, one of the, one of the th- criticisms I almost always have, I think generally always have of Heinlein is I hate his straw men. Uh, I looked hard for a straw man in here and I did not find one. I saw some things that could have been straw men, but I did not see a straw man in here. And I thought that was like one of the things that is so often, even in his great books, like Moon is a Harsh Mistress, there's some straw men happening that just very frustrating because he makes everything too neat here i think it's a it's almost a perfect book that mini series is not perfect <laughs> it's got too much going on it's got uh the you whole environment episode at least the whole environmental uh award thing they which was a real thing uh they put it at the very front of it and then like it's about pollution i'm like what no, it yeah, isn't. It had, it had ecological anti-capitalist themes. Yes, it did, yeah, but yeah, that's yeah, not in the book. <laughs> no, no, you would not get that in Heinlein. Uh, I, oh, you might, but not know, not in this book. It's not in this book. Yeah, the, the, this, the, this, the actual book is a story of revolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's uh, yet another against revolution story. Tyranny. I mean, whereas the whereas the whereas the miniseries cartoon. Jokes that entirely until I mean it's like wait what it's like so so we have we have this corporation from Beta Earth like what's Beta Earth we never get explain what Beta Earth is so I can explain kind of I think why that miniseries is so stupid in a couple of ways one is 
So it's not set on Mars. It's set on New Aries. And, 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 and funny, the, 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 the things, the, the text on the screen says A-R-I-E-S. I kept thinking for most of it was A-R-E-S, which would make of sense. Course, so of course Mars. it makes but sense no, to be. New Aries. Like, what? That makes no sense. Yes, Dude, no. If Aries it's A-R-E-S, war, it makes sense. Because Aries is another word for Mars, right? Another god right. name. So that one makes sense. And Beta Earth sounds like uh, what the name of this planet would be, right? Because it's uh, there's Alpha Earth and Beta Earth, right? But <laughs> no, there's another Earth out there called Beta Earth. And this Beta Earth company, uh, I don't think, is the company even named in the actual book? I, I think they're... Co- I don't uh, think the, it is. The Mars Company. Yeah, but it doesn't have a, like... You know, Wayland Utani or anything like that. No, it's just the company. It's like the Hudson Bay Company, dude. Well, the, well, that's exactly what it is. Except it's it's, it's it's the East India Company, yeah. even more than the Hudson Bay Company, because you know, no, they have I, a little I, bit of diplomacy going on. No, so. no, I got a a better analogy. I was totally thinking about it about halfway through. I said, I got. I really hope Will shows up for this one because I want to talk a lot about the Red River Rebellion. And uh, now, now, see, I'm not a Canadian, so I don't know much about Canadian. the Red River Rebellion. Um, I, I don't want to identify as one either. However, I have taught a lot of the, the you, you live nation Canadian, history. You, Canadian. you live in Canada. You were born and raised in Canada. You are Canadian. So you got you got to own that identification. I'm... Wow, I'm, I'm, I just told you how you have to identify. I know. I'm, I'm like... I, I I mean, like... Well, stop it. Stop no, it. no, I was thinking... No, I was thinking exactly the same thing. It's like, you know, identifying as, you know, whatever gender. I'm, I am I don't want to identify as a Canadian. I may uh, have an expired Canadian passport. Yeah, but all your documentation says you are. Actually, not all I mean, of it. Unless you do something like... Albert Einstein, I never thought I'd bring uh, Albert Einstein into this conversation, but there we are. Unless you go like Albert Einstein then become a stateless person, do you, you identify with a country? Uh, well, I want to just throw a few exceptions out there. One of the things is sometimes the country comes into your territory and says you're us now. Right? That happens. Yes. Um, that's actually happened uh, multiple times. I was, I was born into a country. Um, sometimes people emigrate, but Sometimes countries just change, right? So if you were in the United States, uh, or what was the United, what will become the United States and born in, uh, a colony of Massachusetts and, uh, then there a revolution happens all around you, you know, you're changing nations based on the force of the government telling you what you can and cannot do. But there are lots of natives around here who don't acknowledge the border, uh, and don't identify as, you know, Canadians. They identify yeah. as their ident- their nation, and there are some yeah. relations between Canada and the Crown, uh, and these nations that are, treat them as such. They have less restrictions of crossing the U.S. Canadian border because of some rights that they've been given, or have taken, or have never ceded. Right. So there's all sorts of things going on that are right about this, and. Uh, going to the Red River Rebellion, what sort of happens in this book is you've got a bunch of people who are colonists, right? Uh, Jim and his, his family in South Colony. And then you've got the company that is also on the, on the planet and they're administering the colonization as well as doing whatever resource extraction or 
what uh, we don't really even see like in the in the miniseries it's mining and some fictional raw material that they're you know causing pollution or radiation i don't i don't give a shit that part of the miniseries fucking awful i like the water seeker (laughs) i like the uh you know the cabbage plant that i slept through or whatever Slept in, yes. No, I think I slept yes, through that so, so, part so, of the miniseries. So, 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 it's so, so brief. So, so does that make Jim and PJ Cabbage Patch Kids? <laughs> but um, bump, dude, dude. I was thinking there was a number of things happening <laughs> that make this book all sorts of different things. Uh, and in, in, in some ways, I do like that the miniseries junk Jim's best friend and it substituted a more precocious sister. <sighs> I mean. I, th- I think that's an improvement on the book in some I ways. I don't think that's true because there's a whole Heinlein novel that does that, right? Yeah, but there's in fact yeah, a couple. Uh, yeah, his, I know, his I know, best I know is have of Mars. I know, but still, well, have spacesuit will travel is him and his little bro- uh, his little smart sister. So swapping it uh, does some but stuff, I, but I, notice she doesn't have a gun. Well, yeah, which is a very strange holdover from this. No, doesn't she have a gun? She shoots something with a gun. She doesn't have one uh, strapped to her, so she maybe she picks one up. I, honestly, she it definitely was... kills a Cerebus dog thing with yeah. a gun. Yeah, she saves his life. Yeah. But, it, it, I mean, the novel has very strange ideas. I shouldn't say strange ideas. has very pointed ideas about being armed in armed societies. That the, of course, the kids' cartoon can't do because you know it's very clear from this book that this is supposed to be a frontier society, right? They even say it many times. Um, the fact that this is <laughs> a lot of what's going on in the book is you can't take our guns, right? And there's a residential school um, where they try and restrict and control the citizens of this planet. And, uh, the corruption, that's what I'm talking like, how the character in the, the guy who runs the school, he, he's the best candidate for a straw man in a Heinlein novel. Heinlein's very easy to sort of see. He has these stock characters. There's the, the boy with the pet. <laughs> that's standard. The boy with the pet who might have to give it up. And that happens at the and beginning, right? the pet is right? more than they seem. The pet like is more than it seems, yes. Um, and then there's the old man, and that's Doc, Mc, I think it's McCray. Yeah, I feel like he's the stand-in for Heinlein. He's the stand-in for the old man, Heinlein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. well, lots of, lots of the old characters are stand-in for Heinlein, even when Heinlein wasn't. He, Heinlein's all the characters. He's the girls and the boys and the old men. But, no, but, but he's especially the old man who knows better and knows best. That is much... That at least I don't I don't agree. Pours a lot into. I agree that that uh, he's always in there and he he's always giving the lectures, but he also wrote the whole book. So <laughs> he did write the whole book, but but like for example, Stranger in a Strange Land, Highline is clearly Jubal Harshaw in every single way and form. It, it's it's the most annoying part of his personality. Absolutely, it, 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 it's almost like a fantasy. I mean, he gets to spout off. He has three beautiful women to serve him, basically. I mean, he's not Valentine Michael Smith. He's Jubal Hawshard. Yeah, that's uh, it's one of the worst books. I I do not like it. <laughs> we're, we're not doing it. Have you ever done it on the podcast? No, but um, I'm not suggesting we do. No, I'm not no, suggesting this book we. Made me want to reread it. For it some does. Reason. No, it totally it does. does. It, it, I mean, I mean, this book does presage it and does kind of make you 
you can see he's starting to work out some ideas. Let's about let's talk about the timeline. So the last Heinlein book we did uh, that's been released is called Between Planets, which is set on Mars, but it's set after this period because there. Was it Between Planets set on Venus? Oh, uh, uh, no, but they talk about Mars. You're right. I'm thinking uh, the one that we haven't had out yet is called The Rolling Stones. Right, uh, I, which, I that. I where they, that okay, well, they land on Mars, and they're walking around without uh, helmets that, uh, hype, what's it called, supercharge the air, right? So it's yeah. it's got to be after, uh, like, if we're placing after, these... In, after the period of Red Planet. Yes, and, and they've had a revolution recently, um, whereas in this one, they've got sort of pre-revolutionary revolution, right? At the end of the book. It's the like is we're applying for we're we're applying for uh, self-governing status rather than being uh, controlled by the company. Um, We've worked out a new treaty with the natives. That's exactly right, um, and the treaty is dependent on an individual and such, um, which is uh, I I just want to point out this is actually how the Red Ri- Red River Rebellion happens is. What was called Rupert's Land, basically everything west of Ontario up to where British Columbia is now, was owned by a company called the Hudson's Bay Company. And in reaction, as almost everything is in North America, in reaction to what the Americans were doing, the British wanted to confirm that their, col- their colonized lands, their investment <laughs> properties were uh, not going to get taken up by the U.S. So the Hudson's Bay Company, which was becoming less profitable, fashion for hats uh, declining, and also lack of furs, uh, because they're exterminating all the fur-bearing animals. fur-bearing animals. Yeah, not completely exterminated, but decimated the population is is along towards extinction. Um, They decide to have the Hudson's Bay Company sell uh, its land, Rupert's land, everything west of Ontario to British Columbia, to the Canadian government, which was very new at the time. And uh, then they started sending in surveyors into a place where there was people, right? All these former employees of the Hudson's Bay Company, which used to also be the uh, French-Canadian uh, trading company, Northwest Company, so you've got all these Métis who are basically their natives mixed with with uh, traders from Quebec. They have their own culture, distinct, etc. Um, and they have a settlement on the Red River, which they do not stay at permanently. This is why I started thinking about how this book is so similar to what because they, reality. Because they migrate this book from the, from the poles every seven. Yeah, in the book they every half more and so if like around here that's actually how native people lives as well they had uh inland settlement and an out uh seaside settlement so they would take their literally take down the the slats of their house carry it to the new location put the slats up on the frame that's already there and they would move back and forth uh to go with the seasons following the salmon in the red river area of manitoba what's now manitoba they would follow the buffalo. They would twice a year move with the buffalo wherever the buffalo went and hunt them. And the 
problems really started when the government agents are saying, you can't do your hunts. And they said, fuck you. This is our land. We have guns. Fuck off. And the government's being incompetent, as seems to happen here, and full of nepotism, which totally was true in Canada at the time. There was two two groups running Canada. One was called the Chateau Clique, which was, uh, you know, the Castle Clique, the people who are friends of the governor. And that was in uh, what's called Lower Canada. And in Upper Canada, uh, what's Ontario now, they had something called uh, no, it was the Chateau Clique and the... Uh, there's another group name. Um, that it was basically friends of the government, right? Your cousin, his uncle, your cousin's wife, all get contracts and get all the money and dispense it at their leisure. And, uh, this shitty government fucks it up just saying, you have to do what we say because it's more convenient for us. And they're trying to control the area and they're setting in new settlements, right? The, the whole plot of this book, not the miniseries, but the book, is that the government of the planet wants to use two settlements to double the number of colonists they can take in because there's two different domed areas, the south and the north, so they can double the number of things and save money, right? And they say, it'll help you. Well, it's the same thing that was going on in the Northwest uh, Rebellion. They, the Métis lived on the buffalo. That was what they did. Farming was not their main thing. The buffalo hunt, the pemmican uh, making process so you could survive the winter and travel across Canada doing your job as a, a fur trader required that they do this. And so when the government says you can't do the hunts, that's like saying you have to starve to death or you have to freeze to death. That's what happens in this book. So what's weird is the technology here is actually Willis, right? The ability to, the wire recorder animal that, you know, causes what's essentially a, a WikiLeaks style leak, right? That they can use to drop a bomb on, on the truth, that truth bomb on the company. And that starts what is essentially a rebellion. It's not a revolution, but it's very close. So I was very shocked um, how how well put together this book is. And then combine like the fact that he wrote Stranger in a Strange Land uh, long after, uh, but he doesn't change. He had already set up the the native Martians perfectly for what he does later on. I think that's why that book doesn't work quite so well, is because it's it's not enough about the Martians. It's too much about how the humans react on Earth to the Martians. And it turns it into, yeah, like a... How, how's it Willis described at the end? I, I thought that was so funny. Um, this is literally a Princess of Mars story. <laughs> Willis is a Princess of Mars. It's literally yes. what happens, right? It's a wine-bomb version of Princess Dude, of Mars. Dude, this book is so wine-bomb. Oh, yeah, that's a very good tie-in. A Martian Odyssey is why this book exists, I think. Yeah. Yeah, did that, yeah I, 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 could, I, I could buy that as a... Uh, as... So, I, I, 
Aren't you just blown away? Willis like laying the eggs in the bed with Jim. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, I love the way Willis was like, "What that? <laughs> you care about that? What that has nothing to do with me." <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's it's very much just trying to show the yes, the aliens are different. Capital D. So let's let's just try and understand because uh, I'm going by um, my own reading of the book. Willis is either incredibly young or incredibly old. I'm going with old. No, 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 no. Roundheads no. are are young. You say? Yes. Well, well, I mean, I, 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 I think it's it, it's direct in the text that Willis is young and will eventually become a main Martian and then eventually an old Martian. There are three Martian stages. The that's, old that's one. You're saying it's one. going to become an old one. Uh, well, he's going to become an adult Martian and then eventually. An old one. So there are three kinds of Martians. There's three, yes. There are, th- there are three phenotypes of Martians. Three life stages. I think of they Martians. said races in the in the book, right? They, they might have. They might have. But it's, it's but but they're not genetically changing. They're they're physiologically changing. I believe a caterpillar is so, mentioned in the book. Yeah. I yeah. I was thinking. I was thinking like a bu- butterfly chrysalis sort of thing. That's why I don't think. Yeah. Willis will remember uh, Jim. And yeah, I, but I, I think Willis is like in the phase of like whatever is like near the end of. Well, we know that yes. Willis is near the end of whatever phase. Nymph Willis stage, is in. the nymph stage, right? Yeah, right. yeah. Um, but the problem is, is that's Willis not been in that stage. I don't know if that's like talked about. No. Uh, well, actually, that's interesting. So in the well, in the yeah. cartoon, they actually show Willis's experience, uh, visual, like Willis's. Technology works slightly differently. Biotech, right? It's not mimicry. It's t- telepathy, uh, but visualized. So the defense mechanism Willis has against uh, water seekers, etc., is the ability to project uh, a hologram. You guys remember yeah, right. this in the cartoon? It's yeah, it's yeah, really he uses, he uses the hologram to to look as a water seeker in order to like. So off people, but, what's, the, but then Jim realizes he's not acting like a water seeker, and therefore, when when the book it, starts, Willis is already in hand and been in hand for a while, right? Right, years, yeah. at least years, right? Yeah, it doesn't say how many. Like, they're like they're just like, I mean, I feel like you know, like somebody could read this book and like ship Jim and Willis, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, In fact, once we get the will, especially once we get Willis's true gender, yeah. (laughs) And the egg laying scene, you know, like I just let I crawl into bed with you and like give you children. That's right. (laughs) Um. Well, I I I mean now I'm thinking of uh, you know things like Le Guin and other authors where you have multiple species or like Alien Nation, for example, which Jesse mentioned. On a podcast mm-hmm. here a couple of weeks ago, as 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 a recording time, where you, where you have basically have three genders and and yeah, they're, they're they're not jealous of one another because of their roles in the biology. That's just how things go. But I want I wanted to read I wanted to read this bit from the book about uh, the three stages of Martians. Okay. So this is from page one seventy three of the ebook. Marlowe chewed his lip. There's nothing unreasonable about it. Just startling. Everything about Mars is startling. Another thing, we've never been able to find anything resembling sex on this planet. Various sources, sorts of species conjugation, yes, but no sex. It appears to me that we missed it. I think all the nymph monsters, the bouncers are female, all the adults are male. They change. 
I use the terms for want of better ones, of course. If my theory is correct, and mind you, I'm not saying it is, it might explain why Willis is such an important person, Jay. Eh? Going, going down. I think the Martians have still another stage, the stage of the old one to whom I'm talking. I think it's the strangest one of all. Jamie, can you imagine people having close and everyday relations with heaven, their heaven, as close as a matter of fact as the relations between, say, the United States and Canada? Mm-hmm. So, so, so yeah, there's, it's kind of it's it's kind of like almost the seed of mysticism that he goes into full flower with in Stranger and Strange Land. It's kind of like in a nymph stage here with the oh, thank you. Um, it, it, it it's small it's it's small but it, it it's small and underdeveloped but it is here that 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 there's that there's something to uh, the afterlife afterworld something metaphysics for the Aristotelian term beyond what we know. So I, I, I tweeted this yesterday. My theory is that Willis is a nymph. Gecko is the father. Jim is a stepfather. And Frank is the blee black. <laughs> blee black being uh, a way of describing a relationship to a non-genetic uh, parent that's not a parent. Um, so Jim is not really fathering those eggs, right? No, no, but it's, it's fun. genetically fathering. It's fun to th- it's, yeah, it's, and he's not just genetic. Th- he's not stepfathering them because he doesn't like take care of them or anything, right? But he does take care of Willis, so it is kind of a you know there is a he's not the baby daddy. A- <laughs> yeah, but when Willis wanted to get really comfortable and drop the eggs, you yeah. know, Willis curls into the into the gym zone. Yeah. <laughs> Willis does like the the warm warm after getting I mean in like I, I get your like gecko theory, but like you know, all well, those gecko ta- are so excited by Willis, yes. you know, like they're like you know, they're like this is like the only woman we've seen for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and the way Willis shows uh, shows uh, it's what's cool is that Steel Savage cover, um, almost all the the good covers, not the bad covers for this book, show scenes from the book of various times. So sometimes we know that it's pre uh, pre the school, and sometimes we know it's pr- post the school because the helmets have been scrubbed, you know, and repainted uh, by Howe's demand. Um, this on the cover when you see. Um, a gecko standing, you know, in in a bush, and the crew bouncing off towards a Martian city over land. It's like that scene is really important because Gecko is standing there, like beside a cactus or whatever, and uh, Willis jumps over, bounces towards Gecko, and then uh, dances around his feet until he wakes up. Right, and then Gecko's like, "Huh? What? I was sleeping." And by the way, they're just ants. <laughs> they have ant moots yeah, all the time, right? It's that's wonderful. What I was thinking. And that's literally, he awesome. carries the two boys, um, just like uh, happens in in book two, of the two towers, right? Yeah, it, it literally happens. And then they they what did they do? They drink ant water, <laughs> and become ant brothers, and then they're called upon later. Uh, you know, to fight uh, Saruman. It's literally, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of parallels. It's wonderful. That's why I was kind of objecting to adding the sister in, because we have that in a different book. 
Um, can't we just have two boys who are unrelated to each other who are blood brother friends slash whatever? Because we haven't seen that in a while. It, did, it didn't need to be changed. I, I didn't object um, to it being a girl. I just don't understand why it needed to be his sister when his sister already has a role in the book. Right, 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 which right, is cooking and cleaning. This is a limited number of characters, oh so... <laughs> no, they have all the characters. All the characters that are in the book. Every character that's in the book is in the in, in the miniseries. Nobody is no. not in there. Oh yeah, well, I, um, the, the mom just changed jobs, right? No, no, no but what, she's but, now Beverly but, Crusher. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, what about no, there's there's characters at the school that we don't ne- never uh, see in the series. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe. No, I'm, I'm just saying there's a ton, like all the fam like. The family's all there. There's the docs there. The uh, how is there, and they don't even change the names, right? So the only person who's really missing is Frank. Right, right. Frank has been replaced with uh, what, the little what sister. It's basically assimilated Frank's role in the narrative. Yeah, and uh, that's fine, but that's a different book. So um, it was changed for change's sake. Yeah. Yeah, but if you're going to get one miniseries and you want – now I'm speaking like a Hollywood producer. If you have one miniseries and you want to appeal to as many watchers and listeners as possible, it makes sense to meld Frank in, into the sister and have the sister be the character. It makes or, sense to, to do it until you realize that changing something that's really good for no goddamn reason no, no, tends it, to make it, it there is, bad. There is, a re- there is a reason. Yeah, because but – it didn't work, did it? They didn't get a second miniseries. They, 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 they didn't, but but you see why they did the attempt. I can understand their argument, but and I don't I, think I, it's a good I argument. Argument. I mean, gener- gen- it I didn't mean, make the what? series better. The miniseries is not better because the the no, sister no, was there. No, but 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 I think I don't think I think it would have been even less successful than it was had they just gone with Frank. I, I think the biggest mistake was adding this environmental thing, which I have no problem with environmental thing. But well, if, if you look at what I think, you, I think you're both wrong about this. The right. problem with the miniseries, like, so I thought the miniseries was fine, but um, it's not good. It has like a big problem. Yeah, uh, and the big problem is you don't get any of the like wilderness survival themes in no, it, like no. which well, are know, like it's, it's so central to the the novel. Like you, you just like there's no skating, the bud. Is, like so short that yeah. you don't get to like experience the like okay we're gonna go skating or like we like even the scene where they get in the plant was like it was just like it's, it's like they had perfunctory to yeah it was almost it was almost like checkboxing i agree i agree with you and the thing is is those are all the good things right the, all those things that happen are really good that in fact what, what i love about this book so much is until we actually know what the plot is, which takes a long time, right? With the machinations behind what's actually going to happen on Mars in the future, it's just spending time with a bunch of people on a on a planet, and that's my favorite part of of any story is just learning how things are. It's like soaking soaking things up on a Greek beach, you know. Yes. Saying, "Wow, that's how they do things now." Oh, now I have to bl- break a plate over your head. Sorry about that. We just, this is the way we do things here. You know, like just that soaking in the, the culture and understanding it. So when the actual plot gets going, it's quite late, right? It's when Willis overhears the, the information and they, they 
have to return home with the news, right? If it wasn't for that, they're just boys being truants, right? And I would say rightly truants because they're they're in a residential school and that's bad. <laughs> we know that. We know it's bad. But if you look at at the 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 soaking in it of the plot, it's it's we learn how their suits work. What one of the most astounding things to me about this book is that astounding a, astounding is that astounding. everybody is literally nude. Right? They go into the doctor comes into the house, right? It's warm inside and he takes off his suit and what's under there? He's not wearing any clothes. And the reason is not just because Heinlein's a nudist, which I think he was, but also because if you pay attention to the, and I didn't, I guess, when I read it the first time, the suits are actually not normal pressure suits. They're, and that's actually how it is in the cartoon. All the things that are wrong with a cartoon are, are not doing things that are in the book. In the cartoon, they, he talks about how they're running out of air, right? And he yeah. tries to take his yeah. sister's tank, and the sister's tank is empty, and he says, it's okay, we still have air in our suits. Which is fine, because that's in another Heinlein thing, but that's not what Mars is. Mars has oxygen. You just need a supercharger on top of your, your, uh, your mask, and it brings in air. And then you have to fill your water tank, which is in your mohawk on top of your, your coxcomb on top of your mask, that will wick the air and make it breathable, right? It, Heinlein thought through everything. The suits they wear are pressure suits provided not by air, but by a spandex, right? It doesn't say spandex, but it's literally that kind of pressure suit, which uh, they've experimented with. And theoretically can work. There's some problems at the joints, right, is, is where it really is. But the mask is the only part of your face that has any air on it, right? The rest of your body is completely uh, pressurized. So you can't wear clothes underneath your your pressure suit because it actually, like, if, if you look at, and I'm sure Heinlein was v- well aware of it, um, if you try to... Uh, Put anything between you and the lycrex, uh, ly, lycrex. I don't know, spandex style lycra material. Um, it actually damages your your skin. So you want no nothing between you and your pressure suit, except it's not a pressure suit. It's a, it's a mechanical pressure caused by it just being pressurized by the spandex material. So. The fact that when you climb out of your spacesuit into somebody's house, you take off all your clothes and you become a nudist because that's the style on Mars is caused by the, by the, uh, the style of suit they wear. That might be a bug or a feature, but it's definitely not something they're going to put in the kids cartoon. <laughs> so definitely not. they start fucking with it there. And then they and, say, and that, that's also really like Princess of Marsy. Dude, I never even thought about it, but you're absolutely right. Yep. Another nude on Which Mars. Which argues for feature rather than bug. Absolutely, it's a feature. I, I, when I, I'm like watching, there's a, uh, somebody did a, a comics adaptation online, you know, unauthorized, etc. Not that it needs authorization. Uh, with John Carter running around with his dick swinging. And I'm like, holy cow, there's John Carter's dick. Like, I was, that was a surprise. And, like, That's he literally like, just has, like, uh, if you go back and look at our Princess of Mars uh, post um, for the podcast, I, I put a, 
an individual panel from one of the comics. And, you know, it's, it's all well and good for, um, for Deja Thoris to be naked, but, uh, John Carter can't be. Come on. Uh, that's well, legit. Know, that's male, uh, male, female, uh, dichotomy about, um, nudity and what nudity represents. I mean, nudity, nudity in a society is, is a, a contra highline often and nudist is often construed with lack of power and authority. So the that, uh, that closes the one where it has the whip hand, as it were. So, so that's, you get told naked. so in, in British Columbia, I, I know a lot about the civil liberties cases here. I don't know, uh, you know, all the other places around the world, but I, I know quite a bit, a lot what's gone here. Women, um, have been ticketed for being bare breasted in public. Um, the loss has been struck down saying that, you know, you can't do that. But when it gets really hot and all the dudes take their shirts off because it's so goddamn hot and they want to be cooler, um, women have to keep their shirts on because you will get ticketed and or yep. arrested if they keep doing it. Now, the law has been fought many times. Um, and the cops, you know, in different districts know or don't know what the law is. But when they get a call from some grandma and there's a lot of, uh, not, maybe not grandmas, some old biddy. Um, there's a old bitty couple in here, right? Bitty, bitty, bitty. What are they oh, named? What are the pot, Potkin or something like that? Oh pot, yeah, yeah. The Potter I, family. I, I like how they, yeah. Heinlein is not kind to those people. No, he literally kills them, right? And he says that's yeah. the punishment for being stupid, following your wife around <laughs> when she's making stupid, stupid ideas. They, uh, this is that's I guess another straw man sort of character. But the thing is, is those people exist. I. They're not common, and I think there's usually explanations for why they are that way, which we don't get here. But the fact that these people are out there and are willing to do what the government tells them because the government tells them to do it, that is scary because it does lead to bad things. So when when th- that couple is killed, that punishment is is Heinlein's point, Right. Um, you do what they say and it'll get you killed anyways, which absolutely is true. If you, if you were like, uh, the Metis and are told, don't go on your hunt and you don't go on your hunt, you starve to death. It has happened many times, right? The native people, or in this case, um, another group, um, have been starved to death by government policy on purpose. And the only reaction is to fight against it. So uh, that's really, he makes a very compelling gun case, you know, for their rights as gun owners at the beginning, which we think is just the cutesy sister stuff, you know. And the, But Doc McRae's like, the fact that you have to license uh, from the company to get your sister's uh, gun, get your uh, daughter a gun, that's kind of sad. But on the other hand, guns are dangerous, and we do want people driving on the road not to run up, running everybody over and know the rules of the road. So there are all sorts of problems, and I think that this book is so rich, and I don't feel like there's a false note anywhere. It's, like, amazing, this book, I think. It's, it it's, might be one of his best books. It I, seems I, really light, you know, and frothy and fun, but... Uh, I you can skate right over it. <laughs> you can skate right over it. You can skate, skate right through it. You can dog track through every chapter. 
but uh, I think it's it's quite substantial, ideas wise. Um, I I I I, I, I kind of wish that uh, Evan was here because because as Fairmanson points out, this this novel is communitarian. The entire social structure, as Fairmanson points out, requires cooperation. There's only one boarding school run by the company, but there's a strong community identity among the colonists, and there's and that sort of that sort of bonding is what makes this plot possible. Like like when the, when the company comes and says no, you're going to stay in the winter. That's why the community is strong enough that, with a few exceptions, they're willing to say hell no, we're not hell no, we're not going to freeze to death at the South Pole. We're going to we're going to build this revolution. But it's a sense of community, communitarian, and we're we're all in it together. So yeah, like, it's a nation, right? Uh, as in a tribe. Yeah. So uh, what happens? Uh, what I I would I would have loved this book to be a lot longer, because there all the stuff that happens at the school is is I feel like it's abbreviated. But what we're told is that some of the kids at the school are colonists, and I don't get this. Uh, I I wanted to know a lot more about this planet. How many how many other colonies are there? Is it just the one South Colony, and that's it? Yeah, there's, or, south, there's North Colony. There's, there's, yeah, but the North Colony. Is only uh, there's only a few caretaker uh, what are they called Eskimos, right? In, in, yeah, they're they're they're, in, they're Inuit they're Inuit and Tibetans, I believe. Yeah, who, who live? They're there for Africa. the whole year, right? Or they're, they're, they're or they the just switch? Year. They switch? Oh, they switch. So they basically caretake the. But is the is there not year. like fourteen South colonies? What's the total population of Mars on at this point? Is it a hundred thousand or is it uh, three hundred? It's not clear to me, and I, I know that some of the kids at the at the company school were children of, and they're boys too, right? There's a boys girl school and a girl school. Um, some of the some of them are children of the company employees rather than colonists. But they they basically live at the equator year round. That's what I got. Well, yeah the 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 company kids would live with their parents until they go to school, right? Whatever this... Right. And what is the, equi- right, right. What is the equivalent right, of this school? Is, is it university? Or is it high school? Uh, it's not I, elementary I, I, school. I, 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 I think it's like Harry Potter upper age boarding <laughs> sort of course. Yeah. Yes, I want Harry Potter. I know I know Rowling is, ter- is a terrible turf, but anyway. Um, wow. I just don't have better, better models. Throwing the slurs down. I can't believe this. Um... Well, well, live with it. So, <laughs> wow, basically, wow. It's a, it's a it's a it's a boarding school experience for not quite yet adults. I mean, I mean, it's I mean, it's almost. It's not military. a military. It's not a military prep it's, school, it's though. Not, but but when How comes in, that's the background he came from. They point out directly in the book, and that's what he's trying to almost turn the school into. Yes. So it's kind it's kind of like that fantasy of you know, like. Getting sent to, I don't know if either of you ever had that, but I mean, that was a threat that was leveled at my older brother at one point. Oh, we're going to send you away to military school. Sure. Because, because of uh, discipline problems. Right. So I I think it, I think it's like kind of like high school age, like kind of like 
I mean, you get the sense that they're in there for sort of a trade school situation because, yeah. like, the guy wants – he's like, I'm going to go Frank here wants, just a couple of years to be a rocket pilot. Right. Frank Frank can get out and be yeah. – take the test and be a rocket pilot. And, yeah. And what about uh, what about Jim? What What's his plan? He doesn't know. Maybe we, he's going to be like his mom. Maybe he's going to be like his dad. Yeah. Well, does his mom have a job on the in the book? Of course she does. She cooks. The sister yeah, and every girl who can cook and ten babies is an adult. Indeed, I thought that that was really funny um, because it's just enough. See, there's there's an improvement over. I mean, yes, it's a frontier society, but having having the mom turn into a doctor in the in the in the miniseries animated, I think, is an improvement rather than just making her a housewife. I think every well, change yeah, they it, made it, was it a bad makes change. Doc McCray totally like a non-character. It, 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 do, it does consume a lot of Doc McCray's role and story. Like, it was perfectly balanced, and they had to fuck with everything. So I think the reason that the the cartoon changes it to New Aries is because they thought that people wouldn't accept that Mars doesn't have canals. In 1949, I think, you know, there had been no probes to Mars yet, right? In 1949, there had been no probes. However, the telescopes were, were better and better, and this is the period where basically if you wanted to do anything with canals, you better hurry, hurry up, fucking son, because we, we're getting an idea that this is not going to work. Um, we also are now able to tell... At this around this period, uh, what the atmosphere is made out of, and it ain't oxygen, right? So, is, it, so Heinlein better hurry up and write his Mars stuff because if he's if he waits any longer, it's not going to match the the possibility. And the thing is, is I think that that's all a mistake. So, once you start changing things for no reason, uh, the the reason is is or poor reasons, I guess is it just sort of starts a, a collapse of, of everything. Heinlein actually thought uh, about the ecosystem a little bit. Um, not perfectly. So I, I kept coming back to why everybody hates the water seekers. <laughs> the colonists hate them, and the, the Martians hate them, and they bond over the fact that water seekers need to be destroyed. Right? Um, and what do they do when they find a water seeker? They burn it. And when they finish burning it, what do they do? They burn the eggs. Why? Because we don't want water seekers around here. It's an extermination program, right? But yeah. that is not good oh, uh, thinking about ecology because for every werewolf you have in your your ecology, you also need a vampire. And for every vampire and werewolf, you need a mummy because wolves and regular vampire bats and... Uh, dragons of the Komodo kind are all there in a kind of a nested relationship. And once you cut down on one, you start damaging the other relationship. So, like, what happened to Mars? It, did it used to be uh, much... Hello? Uh, hello? Can you hello? hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, you can you Will? Oh, what happened to Will? Uh-oh. We may have lost Will. Uh-oh. Also, station identification. This is the Essence of Audio Radio Network. There's no uh, no problem on my end here. I don't know. You can hear you can hear me, right? Yeah, I can hear you fine. 
Okay, I think Will's, so Will's uh, lost, connection went. We lost Will for a, for a moment. Is he still on the call? Well, it shows him. He shows him, but he may not. But yeah, may he, not be. Maybe his um, internet. Oh, well, we'll keep going. So yeah, I'm just not I'm not super enthusiastic about the lack of uh a robust ecosystem other than, you know, it's got some cabbages, it's got um these Martians who apparently don't eat anything. They just drink drink water. Um maybe they, maybe they're maybe they're vegetables too. What what is uh Willis eat? It doesn't say. Is he a just vegetarian? Just he doesn't eat very often. Yeah, he's a veget is he a vegetarian or is he a eat you know Meat <laughs> doesn't say. There isn't a lot of. I mean, we don't see them. I mean, presumably there's small, small uh, animals and whatnot. Just because nobody's eating. Nobody's eating the water seekers, though. See, that would make sense to eat them, but they don't. Um, and it, the other thing that's kind of weird is like, what what are the colonists actually doing there? Uh, other well, than living I, there, I, I, at least the. Well, it is kind of mentioned that it's basically, and it unfortunately shows Heinlein's lack of numeracy. They think it's an over, they're trying to relieve the overpopulation of Earth, which never really works for colonization. Colonization doesn't just, I mean, unless, unless you're the late Jerry Parnell and ship off millions of people to a planet that doesn't solve the colonization problem. I mean, colonization does not solve the overpopulation problem. It did. It, I mean, I mean. Well, when they, is it solve like so? When the when the Greeks did their colonization, right? They get the city up to a certain size. They've got walls around the city, and then they find a bunch of troublemakers who who are not, you know, or they self select young people. I mean, that, that's that's a, right. They self select as going. I mean, this this also happened in ninth, tenth, eleventh century Scandinavia. The, I mean, mo- most most of the Scandinavians were peaceful traders. It was it was the ones that decided to go Viking were were the ones that uh, started attacking what well, would become England, France, Ireland. Dude, Russia, the Rus are entirely Viking. Yeah, going in going in every direction practically that they so could. So it is it, it is a it is a thing to do. But the thing is is. But, 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 but they're, they're, they're terraforming the planet, right? But are they terraforming the planet for a potential future harvesting of food so that they can make more people? Or, cause one of the things that's absent from the book is mining, right? So that's the traditional explanation for why we're going to go to Mars. We're going to mine it. We're going to get rich from uranium or gold or uh, lithium or whatever it is we're, we're mining for. And that's the way the TV does it. And of course, they pick a uh, non-existent material, right? Which is always uh, a bad it, sign and it, it, tells it, it, you it's, that it's, it's kind of it's kind of like Total Recall. The turbidium must flow. Indeed, indeed. The original, the original Total Recall, not not the crappy remake of Total Recall. That one doesn't exist. But it, it but, does, but, but that one also is life. saved. Paul, the what? Total Recall is saved from the fact that that bullshit mining material that they're mining is all in. Uh, Rick Deckard or whatever his name's head, right? So the, uh, it, you know, there is, uh, that's all vacation plans. <laughs> it's like a, it's a science fiction story within a science fiction story. So that, that, that's fine. Well, Whereas well, yeah, not yeah, fine in, in the cartoon. And, uh, you know, I think it seems to be the main 
occupancy of the planet is just to terraform it. Right? It's and not that they're farming. It's more like uh, LV-426. In the cartoon, I think it's not the, they're not trying to terraform it because the company doesn't care because they're killing miners and they, and, or, or they, they figure out best they can keep them alive longer. Clearly, it's a... I mean, because because it's a very hand, heavy-handed uh, environmental story. It's basically let's rape this planet and get its minerals, and who cares? Where it, I mean, eventually the colonists clearly what decide that? that no, fuck that. Pardon my language. We're going to we'll, we'll make a little home here, and that they do. We can see that seventy years later. Yeah, I seventy years. The company's evil in both, but the but the difference is in the cartoon because they did this. They wanted that environmental award. Which you know, a lot of shows are doing like we're going to save the environment. Give our children words. Indeed, Captain Planet was also one of the winners of this uh, bogus environmental I award. I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, the, because they added that element, um, they also talk about why Mars is the way it is in the cartoon, and they say that a long time ago the Martians did the same thing, and that's how they fucked up no, their no, environment. Not the Martians, an invading species. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I yeah. was I was mostly sleeping through it. It was really bad. I, I I enjoyed it at the time because I was so excited about seeing water seekers and cartoon. But yeah, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I thought the cartoon was pretty good. Like it's just like like the, the I knew you would love it. Well, <laughs> I knew you would love it. Yeah, well, yeah, I love just like Willis is like screeching, like they're like running around. Um, it's just like um, the Martians were pretty yeah. cool. Except for the yeah, four it was, eyes, it needed it needed more time running around in the in the new Aries wilderness. That's all it needed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Didn't need all this mining shit. The planet, right, rather than just running from one facility to another, that that was. A I needed skating on the canals. I needed to stop at the the unfinished train station where they open the can of beans, and I needed the ca- the cabbage scene to be much longer. There's and to like be like just better. Well, th- that would be good too, but a lot of it is just, there's so much, they're trying to jam so much plot in an environmental award thing in, and then they spend a lot of time in storms. And it's like, that's not, all that stuff is not necessary. Yeah, yeah, and the storms don't make sense. I mean, I mean, having, having creatures craving water on a planet like Mars. There isn't even thing, a but, school. But, but there's, but like for yeah, there is a school. It's just it, it, it's abbreviated. It's nothing. Yeah, it, it is very abbreviated. But but um, I also mean, the, have, the having water seekers on a stormy planet makes no sense because there's plenty of water. I mean, so I mean it's just a plain water. It's much more. It's less Mars and more like Southwest Arizona with monsoonal rains. Like that's not quite the same <laughs> thing, guys. And no oxygen. <laughs> like, I know, I no oxygen. It's like I. How does that? How does this? Yeah, Did you know, like, not a single suit is correct except for Jim's, and even his is not correct, right? But like, they all looked awesome. You have to. No, only Jim's look good, and and it's not perfect either. So one of one of the things, if you look at the covers, you just like go searching for Red Planet covers, which I did a lot of this week, and you're just looking at them. Most of the time, they add like uh, bottles on the back of their suits. There's no bottles. This planet has air. It just doesn't have the right pressure. So it, the if the bottle is... It's an engine or battery pack on your back that's in the shape of a bottle, okay, that's fine. But as soon as you say there's bottles, 
It's like, no, this is wrong. <laughs> it has to be. Heinlein thought all this stuff out. He thought it really well. He thought up the environment. He thought up all sorts of cool stuff. And then he gave it uh, a typical uh, company plot. They want to double short-term profits for long-term costs. Who fuck? Who cares about that? I'm going to be gone. I'm going to get my bonus. I'm going to get promoted. I'm going to go back to Beta Earth. <laughs> or in this case of the book, um, yeah. Hal is going to get promoted to some job, and Hal is already related to somebody in the company, right? That's this how is, he got his job. Yeah. This, is how yeah. the, this is literally how it all works, right? It's not that the... I it's, it's not kind to this whole corporate nepotism thing. No, and and, and you shouldn't be. No, no. no. I, I agree with Highline on this one. He's got his job because he, he knows somebody, not because he's any good at it. So uh, let's talk Let's talk a little bit about the libertarian elements in it. Because, you know, it seems to be like that. that's a thing that comes up a lot when people talk about Moon is a harsh mistress. Yes, that's very much more. But I think it's I think it's as strong here, or if if not I, as strong, I, I, maybe but, stronger. But but, 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 I, I, but the libertarian aspect, you know, frontier society, everyone's arm is is kind of uh, undercut by the whole very communitarian, like I said, society that that Farah points out in her book. I mean, we have one school, the society, society is very very tightly bound together. It's. That there's not there's not that like I'm standing alone on Mars sort of libertarianism. It's like we're all in this together, which is not very okay. Maybe in some sense, in the sense of there's no major overarching government, and they keep arguing over who should be in charge. That you could see libertarian notes, but this novel doesn't feel so, libertarian to me at all. Let's it, 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 let's talk about the You have like the kind of communicate. Uh, excuse me. You have the kind of communitarian feel, and Moon is a harsh mistress too, right? I think it's like, even stronger but, 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 there. But less so. I think it's more. No, I think it's way stronger. In in, I mean, they're prisoners. They're literally prisoners, right? And even right. if you're not a prisoner, you're born on a prison planet, right? <laughs> you're, you're you're still subject to the wardens. In this case, they are free citizens. Is the idea right? This is something that's very strongly pushed. Um, the the company is the bad guy because they are the government, and so when uh, Jim's dad, I think it's Jim's dad, has to uh, become the chairman of this meeting, and they, you know, decide on what to do, all the Robert's rules of order sort of things that come up. That's the annoying part of running a government, right? It's like, oh God, we have to make a committee, and then we have to do nominations, and then. All, uh, so it, th that's heavy, heavy, strong in here. Um, but think of the the polar opposite of libertarian. And I I tweeted uh, you a video of uh, Lewis Rossman, who's been uh, he's the right to repair man. Uh, I didn't send it to you, Will, but uh, right to repair guy YouTuber teaches people how to make fix their own laptops and stuff on YouTube videos. Um, he's always going to places all over, you know, the states, uh, state governments, and testifying in right-to-repair bills, basically helping farmers get the right to fix their own tractors. Um, people who have cell phones that are broken, um, the right to get uh, inside and get replacement batteries 
for their phones and stuff. That's his main thing. And he did a video about how uh, the mayor of New York wants every business owner to refuse service to anybody who hasn't got a vaccination. So the opposite of libertarianism, if we look at that chart, you know, the what's it called? The political compass is authoritarian. Yeah. Now, who is the most authoritarian person in the book? It's how. He wants to do everything the way he wants to do it because he's in charge, right? So you can't have your spacesuit colored like that. Why? Because it's that's uncivilized. why. Fuck you. That's why. You'll do what I say and you, you, you don't want to do what I say. You talk back to me. Punishment, right? And so the, the, the real rebellion before, you know, we find out what the plot is, is just, it's, it's not that it's only they want to take their guns away. It's that everything is about authority as opposed to liberty. So, you know, you can't have your hair cut that style. You can't do this. It's, it's like, I'm here to get an education. I'm not here to be, you know, turned into a soldier. And when you sign up as a soldier, you get, you know, there's a set of uh, rights, but also privileges. You know, you get health care and all sorts of stuff, right? This is not that. They're going to a school. Uh, it sounds like they're paying, or at least as part of the contract of them being on this planet, that they get to have education. So that's the real dynamic against the... the and then there's the sort of larger scale scope of the company dictating to a bunch of people what they, their movements can be. You see, that's why I think it's, 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 when, when you include the school and the communitarianism, I think that's, it's a, it's a, it's the wrong dynamic because the company at some point may have been, uh, in harmony with the colonists, maybe, but it certainly isn't now. Not when an authority figure. A, I mean, in the schools, a, it's a contractual right at best. Yeah, they talk a lot about their their con- contractual rights, and we are, and that's actually how it happens in the um, the Métis when they're they're going to do the hunt. They say this is our traditional hunt. You have admitted that we are allowed to do our traditional hunts. That's why we have begrudgingly allowed you to do this. But uh, you know, it gets really complicated in in the case of uh, of the Northwest Rebellion because it's tied into religion. All of these Métis are Catholic and then the Orangemen come in and they're, we're in charge. We run, uh, Upper Canada, you fucking Catholics. Um, so we get to tell you what to do. And the, the guy gets uppity and they, they, they hung him, right? They hung a guy. And then that gets every, uh, pr- Protestant in Ontario angry and it turns into a war. It's not usually called a war, but that's what it was. It was a war between one nation and another nation. One without with a flag and one who had to scramble to make a flag. So that's... that's uh, I think it's like if you take somebody's gun away that they've you know been using for making their living and saving themselves from bears or whatever, that's a big deal. That's where the libertarian argument comes in. That's why I'm thinking it's such a strong book compared to... Amun is a harsh mistress. It's not that it's stronger uh, as a book. It's just I think the the libertarian argument here is is really pure. It's not complicated by anything. I mean, he can create this sort of perfect scenario Indeed. in which to make his argument. 
And, and so the, the only complication seems to be with bringing the natives into it, right? The bringing the Martians in and using them as a shield, which I thought was like that alliance thing, right? That they've made a personal bond with Willis and, um, and, uh, Jim and Frank make a personal bond with Gecko and that makes them all water brothers. That, that is a complicating factor. But other than that, which, you know, it happens in wars too. I think it's super pure as a sort of an argument for libertarianism. And I don't find well, it myself rejecting it. As an ar- people will use the Métis as an argument for libertarianism. Yes, yes. Because they're, they're bound as a group, uh, united in their identity as Métis, right? Uh, the, there's, in Coquitlam, the city I live in, there's a Métis festival called the Festival du Bois, right? The Festival of the Woods. And you think, well, why are there Métis here? Well, they're all over the place, wherever the Hudson's Bay Company was. And that there's no attention given to them by the general public is fine by them, it seems. Like, they, they're not clamoring for attention because they're within their community. So yeah. I, 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 th- I think that, that that freedom from not being thrown into a residential school and, you know, starved to death or made sick or raped, uh, you know, frozen to death, that's all good stuff. And I, I think he makes the case incredibly well for libertarianism. And I'm not a libertarian. Did we lose Paul? No, you didn't lose me. Metaf- I- metaphorically, we lost you. <laughs> No, no, you didn't. Metaphorically, I listened to your entire argument. Okay. In discussion. All right. I, I think, I think this is. It's interesting to think of between planets is a uh, well, revolution. I, I, oh, go I, for I don't it. think it's an argument for libertarianism. I, I was wasn't going to say, but I promise not to talk about politics. I think it's an <laughs> argument for limited government, which is not the same thing. Libertarianism is saying, libertarianism is saying is we don't need no stinking government. I can do it on my own. And I don't think that's the argument this book. That's not, that's, that's not all of libertarianism. Some of libertarianism uh, what, is, is just like, give me liberty, right? No, no, libertarian is, I don't need any government. I don't need the government telling you. That's what not to do. the only thing that libertarianism that, is, right? There's other things like liberties, like, uh, the freedom to read what books you want and publish what books you want. Anyway. Okay, uh, but, but I think I, I think libertarianism is, as conceived by a lot of people, not saying you, Jesse, is more like, "Fuck you, government! You can't tell me what to do. You can't make me do vaccine passports. You can't make me take a vaccine. That's infringing on my freedom." On on the freedom. rights, on, no, on the rights in you know, like they talk about in the Constitution, right? Yeah, I mean, but I think Heinlein is like, um, like well-known he, he literally he he takes it from uh, at the end of this book. They say we we cribbed from uh, the Declaration of Independence, right? So that he's setting up a, a, a yet another version of the of the Revolution. American Revolution. Yeah, he does it in Munis Harshmister. He's doing it here in a sort of small, softer way smaller way yeah my uh my criticism of it would be that um it's sort of you get to have like this fantasy of the american revolution without the genocide 
Um, and it's like in this yes. version of it, we get to go be Water Brothers with the like strange mystical natives that we can like not understand. Yeah, uh, rather than the yeah. according to the as merciless Indian savages. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like I mean, you get to you know you want to do it. Part of it is like you want to have a version of it where um, you know the American Revolution looks good and it like works because it's like in harmony with the like you know strange mystical alien people that live underground um but you know that's uh i mean it sort of uh it sort of adds legitimacy to the american revolution that it doesn't deserve if that makes sense (laughs) yeah i I mean there are ways to sidestep that sort of problem like I, I, I'm guessing Will hasn't, but I'll ask, I, I think we've asked Jesse before this. Have you read S.M. Sterling's Lords of Creation novels, the two of them? Of Sky People and then in the Halls of the Martian Kings? I, I know I have not. Okay, so I'll, tell, so I'll briefly explain for this. Basically, alternate history in the sense to where millions of years ago, aliens, for whatever reason, terraform Mars and Venus and transport bunches of Earth animals onto them eventually including uh, basically proto-humans and so when we go out to, when we go out to the solar system we find out venus and mars that are habitable both inhabited by almost humans and so our relations with the marsh the quote-unquote martians is is not princess of mars so much i mean yes they're kind of like a kind of falling apart society but they're almost humans so it's it's less a and they have pretty decent technology, even if it's decaying. So it's less the, oh, we're going to wipe out the, the, the merciless natives. But we actually, if we're going to land on the planet, we actually have to treat with these guys. But the the best scene of the of the books is actually the first scene in the Sky People where um, Mariner Four lands on Mars, which is a scene from uh, that Mariner Four might be Mariner One, but basically, you know, that's mm-hmm. the classic thing from our history where he lands and takes a picture of of the planet and. So the scene describes a bunch of science fiction writers watching this happen. The plant thing lands on the planet, and then um, a Martian comes up and knocks over the knocks over the uh, probe and takes it. And Lee Brackett says, "Yes, I knew it." <laughs> it is the you know Lee Brackett of uh, mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah. Before I was like, "Yes, I knew it all along." He's like, "Okay." <laughs> That's are, are the Martians naked? Um. <laughs> There, there is some nudity, but they are sensible about it because Mars is cold. I mean, inside of buildings, they generally don't wear a lot. <laughs> but outside, Just like in this book. They, yeah, but, 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 yeah, but, uh, but outside, of course, they, they dress, they dress, nat- they dress reasonably. I want to, I want to point out that, um, uh, Jim, uh, what's his, la- his middle name? Uh, Marlowe is his last name. Jim Marlowe. Marlowe is, uh, Heart of Darkness. That's what I think of when I hear Marlowe. I know there's also a detective named Marlowe, but I think of the narrator from Heart of Darkness. Um, that's probably closer to what's going on here. Well, that's the thing is that his middle name, right? His middle name is his Madison, James Madison Marlowe, yeah. right? So there's, there's a, a tension here, but, uh, thinking of the, the Martians themselves, they're three legged, three eyed. Uh, not in the cartoon. They again, they're very fucked up. They fucked it up in many ways. Um, that's all very H.G. Wells, which I think is terrific. Um, 
and it's also this book is it's as I mentioned before it owes a lot to Weinbaum's Martian Odyssey but um <laughs> just like in Princess of Mars um <laughs> we have a human come uh to the planet and meet up with a um Martian princess and she lays some eggs um I was thinking that the relationship uh that Jim has with and I guess Frank too uh, and even the doc is, he speaks their language, right? Um, is that theoretically they should be interbreeding and making themselves into Métis, right? The problem is, is I don't think genetically it's possible, but spiritually it is, right? That's why when, uh, Willis lays the eggs and says, I'm a good boy, <laughs> it all, it still works and we like it. What? Well, yeah, in, in, because, in the Halls of the Martian Kings, mm-hmm. the, the Sterling novel, the main character does wind up with a basically a, a Martian princess. I mean, she's low in the in the ranks, and yes, they they do find out that they they can interbreed, kind of, but it's not doesn't quite work as well as they'd like because there's been too much genetic variation. But they do try just just for the experiment because you know you go, it's going for that Princess of Mars thing. Even when you're not, even when you're not actually physically interbreeding with your fellow humans, just going to, uh, you know, uh, schools with people who are not, uh, Not same skin, skin color, same culture, same language, um, and, uh, making them your friends and, uh, hanging out with them makes you, uh, in solidarity with other people, right? So, we don't have to wholly treat this book as hard SF, but what I love about it is that it really is hard SF, and it's making also a bunch of non-hard SF arguments, especially about what libertarianism you have, like, is. The weirdest definition of like hard SF that I have encountered, dude. Um, I don't think so. Think about what's going on in this book. Is there a thing that's unrealistic uh, scientifically? Uh, well, okay, all right. Yeah, I, you're right. You're right. You're right. I just, I feel like you push it sometimes. Um, I may, I may do that, but the, that's how you find out that, for example, history is hard SF. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, dude, it is hard. It is hard, and it's it literally <laughs> mystery. Mysteries are hard SF. It's really weird once you start thinking. Uh, I've I've gone down this rabbit hole. I'll tell you sometime. But uh, I I just tried to find a definition of libertarianism. This is what comes up from Wikipedia, the first two sentences. Libertarianism is a political philosophy and movement that holds liberty as its core principle. Libertarians seek to maximize autonomy and political freedom, emphasizing free association, freedom of choice, individualism, and voluntary association. So when when we get caught up on, like, uh, the particular talking point of the day it's easy to sort of forget that we should always go back to first principles why is it a good thing for people to be free because it's better (laughs) it's just better we don't want to have the case where nobody can read books except those on the approved reading list because when you do that whoever's on the choosing list has more power than you and can hurt you either like kill you or stunt you in a, in a great way. So that ability to just shoot, make your own choices, it has, you know, consequences. Yeah. If you have people running around with guns all the time, 
uh, makes things more dangerous. On the other hand, if you don't have people running around with guns all the time, that makes things even more dangerous, or at least as dangerous, or uh, also dangerous in another way. If you if you uh, say that kids are not allowed to run away from a school that's abusing them, they end up dead outside of the school. If you say natives are not allowed to have guns because they will uh, use them to go up in a rebellion because their kids are being plowed into the earth, that's bad too, right? So it's like there's a there are balances to be struck, absolutely. But and, you know, and like you made the the comment earlier about driver's licenses. Or, yeah. Um, Paul made the you know the vaccine passport, the vaccine passport mm-hmm. uh, talking point. Right, and and the thing is, is those are they're all talking points, right? So you have to th- you have to always go back to what is the what is the principle and why is it a good thing? Do we subscribe to it or not? So if you believe in that, um, what's that stupid thing called the 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 grid with the the political compass? That's the thing, the political compass. If you believe in that. Um, and you take the test, and people do it for other people all the time, you know, like, uh, they, they want Adolf Hitler to be on there. He didn't take it, right? <laughs> he didn't answer the questions, but we think we know how he would answer, so we, we can plug him in to this chart. Nobody's in the bottom right-hand corner. I've not seen anybody. Everybody's in the bottom left-hand corner, or they're in the top right-hand corner. And then basically there's a, a line going down, and yeah, there's some discrepancies here and there. But it's all about who gets to form the questions. Because when you read the questions, you realize that these are, these are wholly agenda questions. And of course, that's what politics is. But if you think about what your principles are, it's like, I don't think kids should be restricted in the things they're allowed to read. And that's not to say you don't give kids advice on what they should read, but saying they're not allowed to read certain books, it's like, that's how, you know, religion had such a hold on everybody for so long is only some people are allowed to read the books. Only some people are allowed to read. Freedom to read is different from, you know, denying people the access to reading. And that's why it's like, it's really important to stick to the principle and then sort of abstract away from that when you get to specific things. So I, I see this as a very strong argument for libertarianism. I don't know if it won any awards from those horrible groups that are often give awards to such. But what do you think about this, Will? Because you're not a libertarian, right? You don't subscribe to capital L libertarianism, do you? No, no, certainly not. But uh, yeah, I think that, like, I think the like vaccine passport crowd would like definitely love this book. Um, I can see that uh, the, the people who make... the people who are saying no to vaccine passports, right, or saying yeah, that, yeah, or or that they're know, a thing that is a talking point. Yes. Um. Uh. You know. I mean, you could also say that like my driver's license is a driving passport. Um. Mm, yeah. Uh, I mean, it is, and it's a, it's a it's a license for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's a license to do a thing. Um. Uh, the. Uh, uh, I mean, I think that it makes a good argument for libertarianism, um, but uh, it's sort of it has to set up this. Uh, I mean, it's able to set up a perfect situation to like make the argument. So that's I like think why so. it's good at yeah. doing what it's doing, it, I, and it's just a really good book. Um, I've been trying to decide whether I think this would be like 
a good book for kids to read today. Um, like it's certainly like a very exciting book. Like I wonder if it's like, um, like would this book like enhance children or intellectually molest them? I'm not sure. <laughs> Uh, Definitely enhance you, uh, intellectually you molest. That a little? No. Uh, well, I it, it's just sort of like um, you know um, you know they like mom's got to like call dad to like talk to him about things like shit like that. Um, um, well, that uh, parents do have to coordinate. You know. Yeah, they do. They do have to coordinate. If they, they do, don't, then the, the, whole, the like, kid divides the, them. Yeah. Any uh, any any girl who's. Uh, you know, usually we think of Heinlein as like having women in the like more like 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 having them in some progressive roles. He's certainly not in this you know, book. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, in this book is like 1949 or whatever. Um, I, I think about what Misa said about the last one mm-hmm. that we did, uh, uh, the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. It would be good for kids that um, like also read the Hardy Boys or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this one's like a good uh, adventure novel um, to read. Um, but it's got it's got that heft of, of intellectualism in the background. That yeah, it doesn't yeah. feel heavy at all, right? It feels very Martian light, <laughs> in fact. But it, yeah, it, it's an idea book uh, underneath the adventure f- fun. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it, it's an exciting book. Um, I'm really glad that I read it. Um, and, and you're uh, practically a kid anyway, so how can you be arguing against it as a molester? Uh, yeah, well, I, I just, I, I don't know. There's just, there's just something that leaves me like skeptical about like his ability to set up just like the perfect situation for this I kind agree. of like, I, I want to call it like settler freedom, right? You know, like yeah. it's, um, you know, you get to have the American Revolution again. You get to like make it pure. Mm-hmm. Um. You we get remove to, a lot of the messiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um I mean it is like uh yeah, because because all, all the people who resist the revolution are portrayed as being stupid. So it's like it's only right and proper and natural and correct to be on the side does, of this Yeah, the straw the straw man is is basically the setup, right? That that there is no nuance there. And I, I but the thing is is and it is a novel, not a history text, so I understand why there's a lack of nuance. But it is but, he is he is weighing the scales heavily. You know, like yeah, like if you're if you're not for this revolution, you are a waste of space and should die quickly. That's uh, that's I, how I, the American Revolution I, I, was, right? If you're not on our team, you're you're to be tarred and feathered, right? Yeah, it, yeah. No, I mean, and and, and uh, but I do think that this book is just so exciting that i would have a hard time holding it back from children you know what i mean like it's just, <laughs> don't you want them yeah. to like read about these like cool martians that live underground Dude. and like go through these weird like mystical phases yeah and so um, the, that's the only argument you can make against it being hard sf is we have no way of uh de- deleting people from the universe right <laughs> that's not a technology um uh, the only the only other one that i could think of was the heat beams that his gun shoots, maybe they could like heat up rocks and they could stay like in that Star Trek episode. They could Mr. Sulu down on the planet freezing to death uh, because the transporter doesn't work and the space shuttles broken or whatever is spraying the spraying the rocks with their phasers to keep warm all night. Um, couldn't they have done that? 
maybe the the guns don't work that way. We don't, so we don't know or, that. Or, or they can't heat the rock effectively to make it a radiator. Of- yeah. Oh, we don't know. So that that and the fact that the Martians have some technology that we don't understand. Uh, the hand wavium is basically how Doc Doc McRae or whoever knows <laughs> has all these speculations that we assume are true, right? About Martians having having uh, interstellar travel travel and giving it up. Except they also have like underground subway systems that right, like all that all that stuff is fun, and I don't subject it to the the technology rules because it's. It's so advanced. Well, I don't, I, you know, I don't mind like the children having that. Like, yeah, that seems good for them. Um, it's like finding yeah. the monolith on on the moon, right? In uh, yeah, two thousand one. Like, yeah, so I, I think it. Yeah, so this book, you know, it, it's a, it's definitely a good book. Um, good. That's not uh, high enough praise. Great. Say it. Well, I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it's like a great book. I mean, how dare I, you? I, I, Kids I mean, ice skating on the canals, you you love it. You love it. I do. I mean, there, there are Highland books I've reread a couple times, sometimes to argue with it, sometimes because they're they're interesting in how they break, like, say, Glory Road, for example, or mm. Number of the Beast. But as far as as far as straight up best book of Highline, I think this is a pretty might go- be pretty goddamn it. good book. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of a better Heinlein book where every where he hits all the marks that he's attending to hit, with without the problematics. And uh, uh, yeah, I think I think Red Planet might be it. Yeah, I, I, I I'd, I'd love to see, be on a panel see, that with makes Mendelssohn s- about this book. That makes me sad because, like, I don't. That means, like, in future Heinlein reading, like, this is just <laughs> this is the it. This is the pinnacle, and I don't have. Uh, but, 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 but there are higher highs in other books. It's just this one. It it, it doesn't, doesn't have some of the It doesn't have a foot fault in the way that uh, so many like Moon is a Harsh Mistress is a is a terrific book. Yeah, yeah, it is. It and it has some major foot faults. Right, <laughs> Starship Troopers is a terrific book. And it has some majors, uh, maybe minor um, trips that, you know, you say, oh, okay, come on now, hang on. Whereas I don't feel like that at all. I think this is, it, it is, it's modest in a uh, it's, great it's not, respect. It's not, trying, it's not trying to be the science fiction of all time. It's but it is so, story. it's so planet stories. Well, you were calling it astounding, but it's so yeah, planet well, yeah. stories. Yeah, well, it's hard it's like planet a, stories. This is like. I mean, this counts as one of his juveniles, right? Yes, it yes. does. Yeah. So I, I'm just checking. I'm like paranoid about time. Paul, you have to go somewhere, don't you? Yes, I do. So we're, we should get towards wrapping up soon. Getting towards wrapping up. Uh, but we need to uh, talk about what next Heinlein short book we're going to do, uh, kids' book, because um, you can't ha- you can't say that uh, you're not going to give this book to a kid. If you find this co- a copy of this book and you see a kid who needs a book like this, you will definitely give it to him. Well, you, you will. Yeah, no, I mean it's it, or like you say, I like, hate I, this guy, but you got to read this book. This book is propaganda, but you got to read it. You got to read it. You're, you're smart enough to understand this book. That's right. Um, I think I think that there's uh, so so many. Like I, I was looking at other Steel Savage covers of other Heinlein books, like. Um, there's just so many great Heinlein juveniles. I don't think there's a bad one. 
and and this one is just it's it's beautiful. I love Between Planets. I think Rolling Stones is terrific. But this one, I think there's it's like almost perfect for what it what it's doing. And yeah, there's some unrealism in the setup, but uh that's just Heinlein, you know? And, and I'm not argu- I didn't get angry at him at all in this book at all. Not and that is a surprising. Cuz usually I'm like, god damn you Heinlein. You fucker. Why do you have to do this every time? And he didn't do that. And I'm like, yay! I I really like this book. I think it's really terrific. So, um, uh, we're not doing it in chronological order, I notice. But, um, no, no, we, 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 bounce, we bounce around the highlights. I, I do want to point out that um, apparently the the only other Heinlein Juvenile that's been adapted to film or TV is uh, the first one. And I didn't realize that uh, the first Heinlein Juvenile had been adapted because I didn't associate it with it. Um, it's Rocket Ship Galileo. It's been adapted? Yeah, so that. apparently the Heinlein movie Destination Moon is apparently an adaptation. And I'm like, really? Because I've never seen Destination Moon, but it didn't look like it was a juvenile. I, maybe they just aged up everybody? Uh, so it makes me wonder if there's space Nazis on the moon in that movie. Have you guys seen Rocket uh, Destination Moon? I've no. seen Destination Moon. Is um, there space was... Nazis? Um... Not really. Okay. Was there anybody I, on the I, moon I, I, when they I got don't there? Remember any space Nazis in Destination Mode? I think it's just. Um, am I wrong? Um, no, I'm not wrong. No, there's re- no space Nazis in Destination Mode. But there, are, there are in the, the I'm first Iron rocket, Sky. rocket ship. Galileo has space Nazis. Um, that yeah. I let me just read the intro here from Wikipedia. A juvenile science fiction novel by Robert A. Heinlein, first published in 1947, features three teenagers who participate in a pioneering flight to the moon. It was first published as, uh, first in the Heinlein Juveniles, a long successful series of science fiction novels published by Scribner's. Heinlein originally envisioned the novel as the first of a series of books called, quote, Young Rocket Engineers. <laughs> Publishers initially rejected the script, judging, uh, judging going to the moon as, quote unquote, too far out. <laughs> <laughs> He's got some really far out ideas. I, I, <laughs> um, and it says the, the 1950 movie Destination Moon was loosely based on Rocket Ship Galileo, and Heinlein was one of three co authors of the script. The film plot also resembles that of The Man Who Sold the Moon, which Heinlein wrote in 49 but did not publish until 51. So I guess that's two things. Uh, but the, is The Man that Sold that's a novella? We could do that. The man who sold the moon. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, that's actually. Yeah, well, if, there's a Heinlein. Of, I'm pretty sure there's a Heinlein book for pretty much everything that I'd probably be able to dig that up. Um, yeah. but that's also uh, appropriate with uh, all the Musks and Bezoses and yeah, it, yeah, yes, that that be interesting. Com- compare and contrast Bezo and Musk with uh, and what's the Virgin guy? Oh, uh, uh, Richard Branson. Branson, right. The, is their uh Harriman well, is they're that? doing it for us guys. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you <laughs> no they're doing it on our backs <laughs> no they're doing it for us they, it's just like their greatness is for our benefit that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what G- Bezos G- tells G- me interesting comparison to the that trio yes all right you put on schedule Jesse Do all it. right you uh you book it Paul because you're the one that's hard to get 
I'm the one that's hard. I didn't realize that was hard to get. Yeah, yes. How does not, it make I'm, you feel I'm, special? I'm like every episode. How am I hard to get? Uh, you have uh, some missing spots on the schedule, so if you want to be on it, you got to make sure you're going to be available. It's hard to get people. We lost Misa and we lost Evan. Misa's famous now. For not being here? <laughs> well, for, uh, for fringe festivaling. Oh, well, yeah, I mean... The thing is, is I I far prefer to be famous on the internet than than uh, locally, but yeah, yeah. I, I so 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 I've t- I've tentatively put it there out it for is. October ninth. All right, I'll confirm that there's an audiobook of it, and then we can. Uh, you're on. And you're so up for that I too, Will. Assume that Will wants in. Of course. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm. I guess I'm. Uh, I feel I feel tricked by Good. being on this podcast <laughs> into like listening to a lot of Heinlein because that'll be like the third Heinlein book that I've read this year, which wow. is like <laughs> just feels wrong in some sure. sort of way. Um, I I but, would like to do more Mac Reynolds, ma- my friend, but there's not a we got one scheduled, right? Yeah, and yeah, we've got one scheduled for later this month, even. And I feel like this is turning into the Heinlein Paul Anderson podcast. Um, <laughs> We have done. We have done a bunch of Paul Anderson because we're doing Paul Anderson next week. Yeah, I, I have two versions and, okay. of the man who and sold then the, the moon. And the week after, we're do, the week after you have a Saturday one, and then the week after you're doing Mac Reynolds, and then I'm on vacation, and you're doing all sorts of interesting things without me. Uh, we could do book the goddess of at Vatabar too, if if you want to do that. Well, that's um, that's well, what's that's the that? uh, William R. Bradshaw. I'll send you the. Uh, Wikipedia. Oh, there he is. So this is a Hollow Earth book. That's why I'm thinking. Oh, right. Yeah, we were talking about yeah. that. And uh, yeah. so being a being discovery of the interior world and conquest of Adam. Yeah, I want in on. Yeah, that. I figured. Right. Um, and there's yeah. an audio book on LibriVox. So that's well. That's why I'm thinking yeah, we should I, do. I it. mean, we, we we need to do less Heinlein and Paul Anderson and more other things. <laughs> I'm not so I'm not that big a Paul Anderson guy myself. I I do I yeah, am yeah, a Heinlein guy. Scott is so you know. I, I'm not I'm not against Paul Anderson. I mean, I'm certainly there's something like, and I don't think Paul I don't think Paul will disagree with me. There's something like sort of inherently silly about Paul Anderson. Um, but like he's like he's either silly or he's sad. So yeah. take, take, take your pick of which mode of potential. Either like the depressive things are things are terrible. And we're going to face the grimness, or or kind of like fun rollicking. This yeah, is. As, I need as to, time went on, he kind of went more towards the sad. He kind of shifted, but earlier on, he's much more like silly pulpy. So the, this one uh, I read recently, or my mom read to me, is called Three Wishes. It's like five pages long. As it's a, a story about an elderly Hungarian tailor immigrant. Uh, who has found contentment and a good life for his family in a new country, presumably the United States, but whose world has changed slightly by the caprice and witchery of Morgan Le Fay and the three wishes of a tiny naked fairy, reprinted only once uh, and in the same magazine in 1956. A suitable editorial introduction shows a side of Paul Anderson's writing I haven't seen much of. Um... It's very insubstantial. It's basically a Hungarian tailor get, gets a uh, a little fairy statuette, and she, he thinks that she's so cute, he kisses her. <laughs> and then she comes to life. 
And she says, now you have to do three wishes. And he says, I'm completely content. I have no desire for any wishes. I've never read this. That's a great little story. Um, I have no desires at all. And she says, come on, come on. You have to have something or I can't, I can't leave. And he says, oh, I, I can't think of anything. And he explains how his life is great. She, she says, you could be younger. <laughs> and he says, oh, I don't want to be younger. It's, I, I'm just the right age. <laughs> she said, well, you could be handsomer. <laughs> and he says, I don't want anybody to think I'm cheating on my wife. Um, <laughs> and so she, he wishes for, um, he wishes for uh, three wishes. <laughs> and then he has three wishes. And she grants uh, that. Um, and then he s- satisfies two of them. One is that he beat somebody at chess who he's been playing with. And one that he has more hair. And then the third one he can't have because he already used it up in granting for the wishes. So now he ends up wanting. He's worse off in the first place. Isn't that great? Yeah, and who's I, this by? Oh, it's Paul Anderson. What a right, what a story! It's a great little okay, story. I gotta go, guys. Have a good All one, right, Paul. We'll see you, man. Thank you. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com. And thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash SFF audio. Getting a friend who came into town for a convention for dinner. So that, so my gaming is short today. So the gaming has to start on time. So that I have to be mm-hmm. hard out on this. So it's kind of like, all oh, like a, like a train wreck. It's a house of cards. Or house of cards. Or Jenga you, game. If you want to go with the board games. Yeah. Jenga. Tabletop. Tabletop. I'm not good at I'm not good at Jenga. No? I I I don't have manual dexterity to handle Jenga, right. man. Uh, yeah. It's just asking for trouble to make me play Jenga. Well I I mean that's the kind of the point of Jenga, right? Yeah, Jenga. but I, I I get knocked out quick. I you know, I break things quickly. Alright. Uh hopefully not podcast recordings. Um <laughs> Oh, you know the history. Uh-huh. Well, he can't. He can't break. Like nobody. Well, we have plenty of them to break, right? Like I have one going. Good. Good. Glad to hear it. All right. Um. Everybody get to watch the miniseries. Oh yeah. Uh, yes, I have opinions okay. about the good, miniseries. Good. All right. I'm just going to bring up the Wikipedia entry for this book, and um, I didn't find a e-text uh, that I like. Um. I have a a paperback, but it's not sufficient for searches and such. And there's other reasons not to use it. Well, have a, I wonder if I actually have it in ebook. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Um. There was a number of. I I, I didn't spend that much time. I do actually. Do but but not 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 probably not Moby or something. Yeah, not that I necessarily think I'm going to be searching through this text a lot, but it is, it's, I have it if it's needed. All right. Uh, the cover, well, the cover of the ebook is. Save save it. (laughs) Save it for the podcast. All right. All right. Uh...
Yeah, there's one little thing. Uh, thank. God damn, I shouldn't use this browser. It's full of ads. All right, how about this one? All right, all right. Um, pre-chat stuff. You got any pre-chat stuff? I, I uh, s took a screen, not screenshot, a photo of your, your response to that uh, troll guy. You just tweeted about a minute ago. Uh, oh, 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 oh! The guy about um. What was his name? Talking about. Uh, oh yeah, Gary S. Cadet. Yeah, Space Cadet. About about talking yeah, talking that self-published writers are the equivalent of scabs. It's <laughs> like, yeah, no. <laughs> He's just looking for troll. That's just troll energy, pure troll energy. I, it, it is, but I get the. Offensive about it. Yeah, but uh, like, I'm, don't, don't go messing with my friends. Is there is there a writers' what? union that he's breaking the the? I, I, <laughs> no, 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 but I, but I, but, I, but he, SFWA accepts self-published authors. Yes, and, do they? And, and, some, and, and there's at least not much of it. Published. Not even a guild. It's a, it's a, an association. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's a, a, it's like a craft union. What what's the, the you know a, a real writers? Um, uh, union is the one in Hollywood where, you know, there would be like no yeah. TV shows for a while, right? When they tried to up their money. Yeah. That, so let me read this stupid quote. Uh, <laughs> Self-published writers are the equivalent of scabs it's crossing a union picket line. They literally take the bread out of the mouths of professional writers. You should be ashamed. You sort of are. <laughs> <laughs> trying to hide the fact that in uh, with indie and bogus publisher names hashtag writing community <laughs> so my thinking here is that this is just this is just troll work somebody just trying to get attention because it's there so are stupid people who want negative attention i don't understand those people uh well any attention I is really better than no attention oh, you know like, like you're in I isolation as as someone who has been subjected to a lot of underbridge dwellers, mm -hmm. negative attention is not what you want. Well, it, you don't want people. You don't want. I mean, why do you think I my Twitter account is still locked down and probably be locked down for the foreseeable future? No. Because you know, I mean, I mean, you know the story of what happened to Nicole Corner Stace, the author. No, I think he um the. So, I wouldn't say we're friends, but I follow her on Twitter. I like her work. Her, her novel Five Brooks great. And so she she announced on Twitter that she was going to have a Reddit AMA. Mm -hmm. I retweeted this. The Underbridge dwellers saw that and decided that was a great excuse to fuck with it because I retweeted her tweet. Mm -hmm. And so they they fucked up her AMA and. This this launched their whole general greatest campaign yet against me, mm. but 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 it all started because because they had been quiet for a while. I mean, the occasional crap, but nothing big until they saw me retweet her thing, and they'll go like, "Oh, we'll fuck with her because Paul Paul retweeted." I'm basically following my Twitter account just to see what they could fuck with. Mm. That's, they, that's, never, that's they never, they never, uh, they never, I'm, I'm feeling kind of jealous because I'm never getting any, uh, of the heat. <laughs> I follow your account. You occasionally retweet something I, very occasionally retweet something you I do. 
Jesse, in all honestness and happiness, you don't want these trolls fucking with your life. You really, really, all really right. don't. All right, I'm you just do, you don't you don't want 15 calls every hour for them trying to get a hold of you so much that you have to change your fucking phone number. Yeah, you don't want them calling. You, I mean, you, you you're you're kind of mostly kind of work at work. I don't know. You don't want them calling your place of business trying to get the fuck up with your life. Right. You don't want this. No. Yeah, that so doesn't sound fun. So be glad that they have decided that you're, that you're a target. All right. Um, you, you wrote, uh, I know plenty of SFF self-published writers, trad writers, and <laughs> writers who do both. No writer is taking the bread out of the jar of any other writer because of the method they publish. None. I think uh, some people would disagree with that. Probably people like Gary S. Space Cadet. Um, well, well, he's wrong. Thinking, he's thinking about... Wrong, you can live with that. Well, like, with, for you example... You can stand there being wrong is wrong us. <laughs> for example, uh, I remember Robert J. Sawyer was, like, against, um, against used bookstore paperbacks being uh signed because yeah. that that cut into his new sales and i'm like yeah so that's the theory right is that every every book out on planet earth is in competition with my book therefore so like under that logic and i actually think that there's something to that right i read old books because i want the best books and there's more old books than there are new books no, I mean, as time goes by, that's always true, right? Um, yeah, but I've never said to you that, Jesse, by focusing on old books, you're killing new writers. I've no, never said that. No, but that, that, that's, that's a hilariously bad idea to think. No, but uh, the idea that writers are getting bread in their mouths anyways is pretty generally untrue, right? Like, most people who are writing are not doing it, uh, fiction writing, are not doing it for money. It, or not doing they, it as a primary living. Yeah, because they're the, trying. They, yeah, but, but most 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 of them have day jobs of some kind. Yeah, it's just that's and the economic always of, will of the day. Always will, right? And if unless yeah, uh, something uh, radically uh, unless changed, you're one, of, one of the miracle few, or you, yeah, or you're you Larry Niven, so born into wealth, or, right? Or, or, or yeah, but Larry Niven had uh, had teapot uh, dome trust money. So that's what know, I'm saying. If you're yeah. born into wealth, you can write for a living and live off your savings and. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there's some and... writers who work extremely hard and live live uh, live in a in a garret, basically, live, working just writing novels and stories. It, yeah, it's, yeah. they are very very few. And and it's not it's it's the amount of labor you put in uh, is less oh, than yeah, minimum yeah. wage, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, in term in terms of. Um, is this a so uh, this is, minimum wage? Is this a sustainable living? No, it the is charitable not. way of reading this, uh, Gary. And, and, uh, and, tweet and it, it is, it is, the is that he's living on the edge and sad that he's not making any money, and he thinks uh, I've got to I've got to protest this because it's not fair. Yeah, because I, I have a friend, um, uh, KB Wagers, and they have just told their job, they told their boss, I'm going to quit this job and write full time. Wow. I mean, KD writes has written six novels, to, seven novels to date. No, no, uh, yeah, um, has published five novels to date. Six is being written. So KB's trying to do it because that's the dream, like write for a living. 
Mm. But it is a very hard dream, and the reality is very, very harsh. And I know plenty of writers who went back to getting the day job because that's what's got to pay the bills. Yeah. What do you think, Will? Oh, well, I just, uh, I tend to agree with you that people just, like, have these out there takes. I also think that, um, publishing is just this thing that people will, like, literally believe anything they want to about. It's just, like, truly amazing. <laughs> just the, like, points of view that people have. Mm. Um, uh, and, like, people just go on the internet with, like, their asses fully hanging out with, like, the strongest <laughs> opinion you can imagine. And just, like, they're like, I'm going to, like, state the strongest opinion you can imagine. And, like, why could anybody disagree with this? Mm. Uh, so, I don't know. I think that, um, you know, maybe this is, like, uh, Gary Space Cadet uh, <laughs> trying to manipulate the Internet here uh, so that he'll get it's working. Uh, some attention. Yeah. And he's doing that. I mean... You know, he's definitely succeeding in doing that because, yeah. like, here we are talking about this person who That's is, right. like, truly insignificant to us, right? I've never like, heard of this person before. So, yeah. yeah but I did see, yeah. I, I did, uh, Sersova or Sisrova, whichever it is, uh, had a similar. Um, uh, he said that take. Gary deserved to be endlessly peed on. Yeah, peed um, on. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, endlessly. Like a, touch that one. Yeah, endlessly peed on. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that, I'm assuming that was like a metaphor and not like, yeah, you know, I'm uh, assuming. Um, but, uh, like the kind of like the Calvin on the bumper sticker, but yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. even sure Gary deserves to be endlessly peed on because it's just like, uh, like this is like a nothing opinion. Like the we fact- even gave the guy a, a nickname because yeah. he had this really <laughs> opinion. And he like might be beneath us. No, um, that, that, um, that was kind of cruel. But the thing is, is, um, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if it was, uh, designed to troll that way, but I think that's kind of like, it's actually a good thing, uh, for people to be called out on their stupidity so that they understand, like, you can't just say anything. You can't just do anything, right? <laughs> and this is how we, uh, as a society prevent people from, you know, going off, off the rails when so that's not appropriate. Put your shirt on. this is a wedding this is a wedding (laughs) (laughs) the toilet's over there buddy (laughs) but the the problem is like this is twitter so there's not the rule that you need to keep your shirt on it's just like (laughs) in fact like all all the incentives are towards taking your shirt off yeah i guess on on twitter nobody knows your shirt is on Hmm. um yeah yeah take a selfie yeah no that's more instagram i think (laughs) yeah yeah, I feel like sexy pics are like, I don't know what parts of Twitter you guys are on, but I, I, don't I feel see like them. I'm on parts of Twitter where like all of a sudden there's just lots of sexy pics there, even though that's like not what I'm there for. You're following um, somebody who's who's doing that. I, I read Twitter for the articles, guys. Um, <laughs> I thought you were uh, too young to get make that reference. Yeah, but um, uh, the uh, anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, I uh, I think we're all pretty pretty much in agreement about Gary Cadet's views here. Um, uh, there's, it's just there, there's not really a, a way that these uh, indie authors are um, uh, controlling what um, you know trad authors are getting paid or mm. anything like that. Um, uh, it's just like trad. you want to have a controversial oh. point of view. 
Okay, I so I did a little more research. Apparently, he is a troll. He's been. Oh, interesting. I need to send this link to you guys because you'll find this interesting. I didn't have I, the fact that he's got a. Uh... And he gets called Space Cadet in the article, which is oh. hilarious. Well, We're maybe... not even original guys. I know. I if your if your middle name is S and starts with an S, yeah, of course. Um, and he apparently it, has sock puppet accounts and a whole. Yeah. Wow, he's an industry. It's just. Of it, it's kind of like you know, if you're in solitary confinement, any attention is what you need. I see this in kids at school. You know, like kids at school want attention. They want to feel it's agency and power, right? So when somebody is a is trolling, it's it's because what they did got a reaction. Because what they've been doing is going around with no emotions at all, and that's sad, right? So if you get a reaction from somebody that's uh, some sort of engagement, it gives, like, I have power. So, you know, this is perfectly logical. If you can't get positive, you, you'll take anything. And, uh, you know, that becomes your brand. Then you're doing what you're doing, and you're good at what you do. It's like, it's a sick sort of sad cycle right it, like if you're lying all the time and you notice uh people are like wow that's amazing because they believe your lies <laughs> it makes you lie more <laughs> yeah right I mean, you get more more outlandish with, with the lies I'm right and so know. it's your you're just doing things that make your life uh, more acceptable to you so yeah, it's a, uh, that's why I was thinking it was a troll from the beginning because it's just it's designed. So I, I do similar things like I come up with as uh, I think Will was mentioning. <laughs> I come up with some uh, idea and I tweet it out. Most of the time, I get no reaction at all, and the reason is I I try and make sure that it's unassailable. <laughs> You know, like I, I, I'm treating it like a philosophy paper, right? So there's some way of, I, I, but I'm also looking for criticism. I'm looking to understand the world better. So if my thesis is no nations should exist and we should all uh, be one nation or no nations at all, um, I need to have thought that through before I just go out and put it on Twitter. Otherwise, I won't be able to cope with uh, the trolling that would happen to my tweet, you see? And that's, uh, seeing, seeing yeah. the troll in myself, and I'm not, or calling somebody a space cadet, right? Cause that's, that's not nice. But on the other hand, uh, it, it, it's also not original, right? I, I may have picked that up from, from, uh, but, uh, I, I noticed, um, yes, Sir, Sisrova, Sirsova, whichever it is, said, uh, called Gary by his first name, right? Making me think that he knew this person, right? It's, yeah, and this is, I mean, this is amazing. He's got two other accounts that he, like, tweets the same things from. Oh, no, sad story. Um, and he, apparently one of them pretends to be a Harvard PhD. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's it's getting sadder and sadder here. We we should get off this because I'm feeling bad yeah, now. We, we should go on to the Red, podcast. Let's talk Red Planet. All right. All right. Um, I'll get my Wikipedia entry out so I don't get the year wrong. Pretty sure it's 1949. 
Uh, I think that's accurate. Is. Yep, there it is. All right, here we go. Uh, Jesse, Paul, Will. Yep, pretty straightforward. Hey. Hey. Uh, your you thought it was your internet being bad? Yeah, yeah, it was being bad. So, um, you were telling me about um the Joe Rogan video you watched, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Let's see if I can find it. Um, so basically, uh, I watched a video because of the, uh, you know, him saying what's going on. Not Paul saying what's going on, but um, what uh, what this guy that Paul reached. Oh, yeah, here it is. Uh, Paul says, oh, dear fucking God. Um, and the quote was... Joe Rogan really went on his show that 11 million people listened to and said that vaccines are causing COVID um, mutations and that reason scientists aren't talking about it is because they're afraid of getting canceled. We're all going to die. So that we are all going to die part is not in the show, obviously. Um, my favorite part, I tweeted about this, uh, Joe Rogan really went on his show, <laughs> as in his own show. And then he says that 11 million people listen to and said, and he doesn't have quotes, right? So that vaccines are causing COVID mutations and the reason science. So he does say something that if you squint could be similar to that, but it's actually, it's just, that's just how, if you, if you don't completely knock out a, uh, uh, a virus, like if you don't kill it off the planet, um, of course it mutates, right? So if you don't have, uh, it was all based on, you know, normal virology stuff or science stuff. Um, and he's not making this up. He's, you know, he does his basic interview research with people and then he parrots that back as interesting facts, right? So I said to Paul, uh, or oh, I didn't say, I just sent him a video of um, this guy, Louis Rossman. I mentioned him in the podcast. Have you ever seen his stuff? No. I really like him. Um, I kind of think of him as like a, a re- philosopher repairman. Um, let's see what I've written about him before. Louis Rossman. He does. He's a YouTuber. does a YouTube channel. Um, uh, I said... Back in 2018, Lewis Rossman documents Apple shoddy engineering and Apple shameful business practices, 2008 to 2018. That's a video that just goes through all the things that they've done, Apple's done. He fixes MacBooks mostly, and he, he's a New York City-based uh, MacBook repairman. He's also a businessman and runs his own repair business. Um, and then... In 2019, Lewis Rossman, a popular MacBook repairman and educator on YouTube, is also a right to prepare activist and righteous arguer against shitty corporate policy. His video on a shitty new PayPal fee were instrumental in disrupting that fee's implementation. Um, And then 2019, October, Lewis Rossman destroys TechNet corporate executive. And then Lewis Rossman talking about right to repair. So basically he's... Uh, he doesn't ever talk about his, you know, political leanings or anything, but based on what he's arguing for, he's very libertarian. Um, and the latest one he did was him saying, 
Uh, I'm not going to do what Bill de Blasio is demanding that I do because that's not my fucking job. You incompetent shit. <laughs> Which is basically de Blasio put out an order saying that all businesses in New York City had to uh, refuse um, repair, uh, re- refuse services to anybody who doesn't show valid vac- vaccinations. Um, and any employees that are, are not uh, vaccinated, uh, if you, if when we come and you've got any, we, we do the inspection on your business, if you have any employees who can't show proof of vaccination, you will be fined. So basically, it's designed to make you into a snitch on your customers and dilute your customer base um, in order to do what the government is incapable of doing, which is motivating people to get COVID shots, right? Um, and he, he just lays out uh, the order and why it's stupid. And I sent that to Paul and... Um, I said, um, he says, good, then not enough people will get the vaccine. It will mutate again. The vaccine will be ineffective and we'll go back to square one and millions more will die. MAGA. Right. So actually what's funny is what Paul's saying there is actually kind of what Joe Rogan's saying about the mutations. Yeah. I think I kind of agree with Paul. I think it's like probably good, but, um, um, but yeah, he's uh, he's he's parroting Joe Rogan. It's kind of yeah. I mean, not not directly, and not that he knows that because he didn't watch the Joe Rogan video. I don't think. Um, and then he says, "True freedom is the freedom to spread a deadly disease and kill people." And, and I said, "He's not MAGA. He's just trying to make a living." Watch the vid. He talks about it. I'm watching that Joe Rogan clip. The guy linked to, and it's not crazy at all. Uh, and I said, Twitter's not good at nuance. And he says, I'm watching the video of someone, and he's quoting from Lewis Rossman. Someone comes into my business and is not vaccinated. That's on them, is what he says. But that's incomplete, says Paul. That pretending not getting vaccinated and going into indoor settings doesn't have negative social societal impacts. And then I said, he fixes laptops. He's not arguing that, he's arguing that it's not, you know, Paul says, um, he's, arguing that um, Paul did an extra outside of the DMs thing. Tweets about uh, basically what's saying. He says, it's the, oh, he says, if they're not vaccinated, they get to deal with the cons. If they're not vaccinated, they get to, he's quoting Lewis Rossman, if they're not vaccinating, they get to deal with the consequences of their actions. And then Paul says, is that guy's, or this guy's entire thesis? And then he says, do I need to spell out the hole in his thesis? And I, I said, his, he fixes laptops is his thesis. He's arguing it is not his job to snitch on customers or deny customer service. And that's true, I think. I think that that's the fundamental divide is Paul is so focused on the, you know, getting the shots that that's going to solve it. Um, that he can't see that the consequences of of um, making everybody have to carry around a vaccination card uh, is going to have some negative consequences too. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. Uh, I just like, I don't really know, like, like, I mean, the real solution is to like that, like, should have been done is like 
everything should have been shut down for like some number of weeks and the government should have paid everybody to stay home. Yep. Uh, they didn't uh, do that. They're like, still not doing that. Yeah, no. Um, and so we I did that here. Like, and and, yeah, and yeah, our vaccination rates are way higher, right? Yeah. Like, so I get why everybody's upset with the government because like the government has like hurt people um, by shutting things down. Um, uh, but it's like, there's no, uh, there's no real alternative to shutting things down in some way. And like everything that the government does is like this, like, like half measure that's like, uh, so like if it's like dangerous for people to go out and eat at restaurants right mm-hmm. now, like if we assume that that is true, um, then like, um, we like probably just shouldn't be allowing it. Um, but no, the government like, the government is incompetent is what it is, and they're liars, right? And yet they're also uh, well, authoritarian. Yeah. So you combine those things together. Of course, uh, like the the number one thing, right? So I just looked it up. Ninety one percent of of doses delivered in British Columbia have been administered, and for Canada, it's like sixty one percent for the whole country for people having two doses. I think it's fifty percent for the states. Right. But the thing is, is we have we have like coverage. So if you get sick, you don't you know, it's paid for. Right. That your your sickness is paid for. Now, not all your your work is paid for, but there are mechanisms so that if you you're out of work, you can eventually get some money and stuff. So we have a safety net that allows the people who are um, worried and that'd be a lot of, like I don't want shit injected in my body. I don't like it. <laughs> right you got vaxxed, though. I did. I did. But also, you know, it, it is not FDA approved. Not that we have an FDA in Canada, right? Um, and my, my mom, who is pro-vaccine, didn't want to get it. <laughs> because she knew she would have a bad reaction to the preservatives that are in it. And guess what? She did. Yeah, right. you were telling me about that. Right. And she, she hasn't got her second one, but she was like out for a week and she's feeling a lot better now, but she was pretty fucked up. And that was the first one. I didn't have any reaction to the first one, but my second one, I had symptoms for a day. So yeah, I think that's pretty typical. Yeah. And so what's her gonna, symptoms going to be? Um, a lot of people, they get these problems and they can't afford to take off work because they're fucking sick. Right. Yeah. So, of course, they're not going to do it. And if you look at the people who are, like, the Democrats are telling they should get vaccinated, they're mostly the people they supposedly represent, which is brown people, black people, and poor people. And Democrat voters, too. Traditional Democrat voters. So, it's it's all fake. Right? Now, the thing is, is the solution is available. It's just not implementable because of who's in charge. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Um, the guy oh, Cuomo is still in charge, even though he's a uh, sex pest, right? Um, then may- maybe they'll get him out. <laughs> maybe. Finally, now that so much evidence has come in, well, <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, like it. I watched. I my dad like watches the like bad news, uh, like the bad cable news all the time. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I came and I, I was hanging out with my dad a lot mm-hmm. recently. And he, uh, we watched like Andrew Cuomo's like, it was just so funny. He was just like, yeah. I'm Italian. 
I'm Italian. I, I, I like it's just his, his slide of him like touching and kissing famous people. Yeah, uh, it was just like truly amazing. Yeah, um, and, uh, and, and I do it to girls and boys. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, my mother taught me to do this to people. Yeah, did you the the one that I didn't dare bring up uh, with Paul around because <laughs> oh, we ran out of time to do it after the show, but. The one I can't believe is um, the latest one is Biden's pinching a little girl's nipple. What? You didn't hear about this, right? No. And the reason you didn't hear about it is it, it you're not allowed to talk about the source, and the source was um, what's his name uh, Tucker Carlson's website. Um, Tucker Carlson has some news website, right? Uh, Tucker Carlson, son, uh, Biden nipple. <laughs> Joe Biden squeezing a little nipple of an eight-year-old. Okay, yeah, that's not so good. Uh, uh, news. Let's see, will it come up? Nope. Okay. Oh, fuck. This is the problem. I'm going to have to use DuckDuckGo now to go over to DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Tucker Carlson Biden nipple. There we go. So this is um this is ex- it's like classic uh abuser, right? We know he's a rapist, but he's also a child molester. Oh, let me uh open this up on my computer. You've probably seen this video before. Stay informed on conservative news. No, thank you. So this is why it's so important to tar the source, right? Uh, Tucker Car- Tucker Carlson is everything he says is lies. You cannot trust him. I can't even look at this article if it's Tucker Carlson, right? So this website is Team Tucker Carlson, right? So it's like just taking advantage of his name. The fact that he's the most popular TV guy. Are you seeing it? Yeah, I'm reading it right now. Okay. I'll let you in. enjoy is not the right word for that. Probably hard to look at on your phone. No, yeah, I'm looking at it on my computer. Oh, good. Um, yeah, the, like, stuff at the end is, like, hard to follow where they're, like, trying to, like, uh, explain the, like, chain of, like, screen yeah. caps and, like, yeah. the, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, he's just, like, a gross old man. It's, like, disgusting. Oh, well, yeah, but he's also, you know, president. <laughs> And it and demented. One of the one of the facts I heard the other day was, oh yeah, I guess it was yesterday. Um, Biden was older by eight months than Reagan one was when he took office. Biden is 
was older by eight months than Reagan was when he took office. Right? And, and we're seeing demented, uh, Joe Biden now, whereas we didn't see demented Ronald Reagan at the beginning, right? So imagine four more years of Joe Biden and they try and run him again. It's Love like, me, Joe Biden. dude, it's like literally, uh, like it'll be press releases and pictures of him sitting in a, at a table, right? <laughs> uh, but the thing is, is Kamala's going to be in there and they're going to push her. And there's all, oh, there's a pro and against Kamala stuff coming out right now, right? Um, defense as like the defense is she's a cop. <laughs> and the pro is, uh, nobody likes her. Um, nobody likes cops. She's a cop. And, uh, so we got, we got some, some fun problems ahead. But the, yeah, the, the tarring I, uh, of Tucker Carlson means you can't, you can't tweet this. And I think I did tweet it, by the way, or retweeted it. Um, but you can't tweet this and not get, uh, people hating you. Because it's, it's a tarred source, just like Rogan's a tarred source. Yeah, I mean, I think there's like reasons that Tucker Carlson is a tarred source. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. On the other hand, he actually has like Jimmy Dore on uh, to talk about um, forcing the vote on Medicare for all and all sorts of, you know, uh, Glenn Greenwald's on all the time. And these are not guys who are on Tucker Carlson's team. Yeah. So um. Taking my dog out, but I can stay on the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you got going on today? Well, I'm going to make some coffee. I'm really looking forward to that. I got some of uh, these Korean um, coffees that I haven't been able to get for a long time because of COVID. Um, basically, what you do is you take it out of the box, and it's a little pouchy thing. You open the pouchy thing, and then it's pour over really fast. Super fast, single cup coffees, only available from Korea. So I'm excited about that. I'm gonna do some show noting on that. Uh, sh- sowers of the shower, the sowers of the thunder, and then uh, probably have to do some work for my mom. How was that episode? I'm not done yet, but um, it's sounded great so far. I got a whole thesis about Conan, uh, the Conan movie being lifted partially from this story and stuff. So. Oh yeah, I think I remember that. I vaguely remember it myself. But yeah, it seems good so far. Not, you know, it's not a story everybody thought was, like Trish was not super enthusiastic about it. And I agree with her about why it's not the greatest story by Howard. But there's no technical problems with the story and it's very interesting which you know not everything has to be just fun right oh so it, sometimes it's just interesting i think interesting is probably like uh joe biden molesting the <laughs> girls is not is not um it's fun it's not fun but it's very interesting because um yeah, what was the what was the Cuomo like? Killed was it hundreds of old people or was it thousands of old people? I think probably thousands of old people. Right, but they don't matter. 
apparently. But when when the sex scandal comes out and he's harassed uh, dozens of women, that's bad. So nobody died there, but that's bad. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> deaths don't matter. Uh, sexual harassment matters. Got it. Uh, Joe Biden raping a lady. Bad. Joe Biden nippling a girl. Apparently no consequences. Right? There's going to be a tell-all book at some point. Did you see the Hunter Biden smoking crack video? Oh, that's pretty funny. Did you see I, it? I did. So it's, it's literally a video of him smoking crack. Yeah, he's on the phone talking to his, uh, his brother's wife, uh, who he's having sex with. Um, uh, and try finding the video. It's, I did a tweet about how, you know, you have to go to DuckDuckGo to find it. It's not on YouTube. Um, but I downloaded a copy of it just in case. <laughs> I'd like to be able to say, hey, uh, that uh, Hunter Biden smoking crack video. He's just like, he, she calls him up on the phone and he's listening to her on speakerphone. I guess it's, uh, maybe it's not speakerphone. Maybe it's the Apple, what, what do you call that? Um, oh, that exp- oh, that makes a lot more sense. Ah, uh, yeah. Did you, did you hear? You probably, you probably didn't hear. Um, the Apple's got a new advertising campaign. Um, that is, uh, about privacy. Oh, no? that's funny. Yeah, I just, I'm just making the connection now. Uh, Apple's reputation is at risk with the changes it's announced. And so basically it says, um, what happens on your phone stays on your phone. Well, the reason they're saying that now it all makes sense is because of these videos, which are not circulating in the news, right? Because the news is blocking them. Uh, yeah, no, the, the news is like really protecting Joe Biden. Oh yeah, and uh, so um, and so are many of our friends. Well, uh, you know, Paul's going to make the argument that uh, the alternative is worse. Mike, well, f- for the little girl, I, I mean, they're both like, <laughs> they're both, both rapists, the right? <laughs> I mean, but uh, uh, I think. I don't. I, I don't. I do not think there's any good evidence that um, that uh, Trump was uh, a pedophile. Exactly, not technically, or maybe technically, but not like he's just more interested in uh, girls with boobs. This is like an eight-year-old, right? Yeah, I mean, it is cool that like he brought like a first lady who was like um, basically a porn star with him. Uh, was she? Was she? Or she was an underwear model. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, they're, they're not identical. You're right, you're right. I'm being unfair to her. No, well, like an underwear yes. model who clearly hated him. Uh, I mean, there's a lot to hate. <laughs> yeah, like, that's, like, yeah. Um, so here's the here's the um, tweet I did was this uh, July 25th. Difference between Google and DuckDuckGo is one censors your searches and the other doesn't. One gives you... Your search result, the other one gives you something else to distract you from what you've searched for and pretends that it doesn't. So I type in Hunter Biden smoking crack <laughs> and uh, Google shows me Hunter Biden memoir opens up about <laughs> smoking Parmesan cheese. I was like, what? And then the DuckDuckGo is like, here's a video of Hunter Biden smoking crack. Here's another video of Hunter Biden smoking crack. Here's a video of... Right. Now the thing is, is um, 
you have to turn off safe search. You have to do a couple other things, right? But it does come up right, or did come up right away. I don't know that it's still on YouTube. Let me look. But the fact that, the, you know, you can upload a video and have your account destroyed because they don't want you to see it. and Or, or you have uh, a Twitter account and you tweet it and they delete your Twitter account and you have to make a new Twitter account. That, these are like, this is, this is why you don't want to have vaccine passports. It's just more, uh, more ammunition for the authoritarians. Yes, we want vaccinations. Apparently, it's a good idea. I'm thinking it probably is. Hunter Biden. Yeah, I mean, you ha- you literally have one. Uh, I, I I have a little card. No, uh, I just meant you literally have been vaccinated. Yes, and so uh, that's the other thing. Lewis Rossman has too, right? In the so I I just typed in Hunter Biden smoking crack into YouTube. It gave me something. I didn't want, so I'm going to make it uh, under four minutes. There it is. Yeah, it's still there. Oh, there's also Rob Ford smoking crack, but that was four years ago. Yeah, that was, he's worse. dead now, right? Uh, yes, he is. His brother. What, is, what a his, sad thing. His brother's yeah. in charge of uh, Ontario, though. That's even sadder, right? Yes. Like, like oh, so this Ford- is the... Bre- this is the abbreviated version of that one, but it's only 15 seconds long and has him lighting up right away. That's awesome. What's so awkward is I'm pretty sure it's not a video chat. He's talking to his dead wife's, uh, no, dead brother's wife, who he's having his, sex his, with. Who is, who is his wife now, right? I don't know. But the important part is she is like, um, she's like trying to talk to him, and you can see his face going blank. <laughs> And then and he's like smoking crack. And then and then he like sort of fumbles around the bed a bit, and he's still looking blank. And then he reaches while she's talking, he reaches over to his crack pipe and starts smoking crack. And she's like, "Hello." <laughs> and it's like, Hello? "Oh no!" So this is like uh, my problem is not that he shouldn't smoke crack. My problem is that his dad implemented a policy to put lots of people in prison, but his son doesn't go there. Yeah. And his son well, gets seven hundred thousand I mean, dollar paintings. It's sad about, yeah, the, the Biden family tragedy is sad. Yeah, but it's not. It's not sad like um, they ended up in prison for yeah, no, doing things sad, that they like, it's, ironic. It's sad like pathetic. Sad is in like he's still dropping bombs on people, or yeah. the people handling him are, and Kamala is going to become president. If he dies, or... I wonder, uh... I mean, I think that they, like... I think the liberals are doing this thing where they, like, never stop talking about Trump, so they're just gonna... It's like Beetlejuice, he's just gonna come back. Well, it, it will work, right? Yeah, he... Well, you the only thing that they hate is the thing that we can vote for now, and apparently the Trump... The Republicans are all in on Trump. Yeah, no, they're still all in on Trump, and the so liberals he, just want to talk about him 24-7... Um, Why would Trump so gonna, turn away from that? Of course he's going to want to run again. And he's yeah, not I demented mean, in the same way. So it's not like he's he's out. And all these guys are mummies who will live forever, so... Yeah. 
Like, have you have you seen this Comrade Dad show? It looks good. The no, I haven't seen it. Sounds good. What? I didn't click the link yet. What's it about? Uh, it's a BBC series um, set in a Soviet-occupied UK. It's a comedy. Oh, that sounds really funny. Yeah. And it's from the 80s, too, so it came up in some thread. I had to track it down, and there it was. So I will you're, watch you're, that. You're like a you're like your own Hunter Biden, but you're like a media <laughs> hunter instead of a crack hunter. I I, I do smoke a bit of uh, coffee, or smoke steam, a bit of steam, coffee. Steam a bit of coffee. Uh, yeah. it's a great drug, man. I really like it. It's um yeah. I if I don't get a little bit of it uh, in the morning, get I, a uh, It's not a good. I'm dependent on it. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not quite hundred percent dependent, but. Uh, if I if I needed some coffee and I didn't get some, I get a headache. It's bad. Yeah, that's what I mean when I say dependent. I'm not actually like uh, I, I don't get the shakes. I get the shakes when I take it. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I, I have a uh, a genetic ataxia, and it gets worse when I I have a really big hit of um, some strains of of coffee. It's like, yeah. wow, this is like, it, it literally makes my, it, like, I feel like I could drop things out of my hand very easily. Probably could. So do you think your ataxia will get worse with time? It or? seems to. My mom's got way worse. I probably will be super shaky. Somebody in the family has, was like so shaky, looked like he was, he was, uh, Parkinson's. But it's, what's funny is it's not associated with, um, with uh, cognitive disability, it's only associated with like shakiness, which yeah. is lucky because there's a Parkinson's has a an aspect that's um, it looks a lot similar, but it's completely different. Well, and the the shakiness in Parkinson's is like related to the medication too. So is it? I I don't know. I don't know anybody with Parkinson's. Oh, my mom has Parkinson's. Oh, does so. she? Okay. Poor coordination. So I have I have a little bit of that, um, a little bit of um, imbalance, you know? Mm-hmm. Unsteady walk and tendency to stumble? No, thankfully not. Uh, difficulty with fine motor tasks such as eating, writing, or buttoning a shirt? No, but my mom has difficulty with that stuff. Changing Change in speech? No. Um, in fact, mo- the the guy who has it worst in the family had no speech problem at all. Involuntary back and eye, f- eye forth movements? No. Difficulty swallowing? No. Yeah, well, you know, um, hopefully if uh, your situation gets worse, the government will give you money to pay hmm. uh, a helper to pursue your hobbies. Wow, that'd be nice. Um, what was that? Was this guy... I don't think you follow him. Slumdog Millionaire Tech Support. <laughs> this guy sounds funny. Oh, he's really funny. I I don't know what his um uh, political alignment is, but it's not. Uh, it's towards humor. I, I have a feeling that most people who uh who are politically savvy are um it can't really be that far right wing, even if that makes sense. Like most, like, I guess, uh, what's his name? Churchill. <laughs> he had a pretty good sense of humor, it seems like, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's, he is pretty, uh, hard right. 
at least in some respects. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. And uh, so, you know, but anyways, this guy, he's, um, he, he was really interested. He's like obsessed with this story by Philip K. Dick. It's a, it's a really good story. Um, and he, he thinks I'm a guru in a sense. Uh, he's making fun of it too, but, um, because I talked about it on the podcast. It's a story called, uh, Foster Your Dead. Have you, you never read it? No, I haven't even heard of it. I it's, just like the name of it. It's a, ter- a, ter- a terrific story, very traumatizing. It's about a kid named Foster who's, um, his, he lives in, uh, the United States during a Cold War where, uh, everybody's upgrading their fallout shelter. Every year there's a new fallout shelter. Um, but his family's poor. And they can't afford a new fallout shelter every year. And there's like DRM on the fallout shelters and stuff, right? Um, and the very first line of the story is, Foster, you're dead. <laughs> because the nuclear war is coming and your family can't afford to buy a new shelter. And he's like, oh, I, 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 can't I stay in the school shelter? No, the school shelter is only for use during school hour. <laughs> and so it's, it's, it's super hyper capitalism consumerism. And um, he ties this into this um, Slumdog Millionaire guy. The Slumdog Billionaire tech support guy ties it into um, uh, the virus, which I think is really interesting. And he's been really on the forefront of stuff that I... Like, he was talking about lab leak in December. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And he says, what about... And I'm like, oh, well, there's this in science fiction, and there's this story and that story. And he's like, sucking it all in like a sponge. You yeah. seen, seen this guy's account? No, I, I haven't. I, okay. Uh, I, I think I sent I, you the link. His name is Mimetic Value or uh, Shestovian. Uh, his his pronouns are Uber rating 40, 4.9. 4.9. Unprofessional comedian, crypto billionaire, inventor of psychedelic shower curtains, solid solidity de, devata, whatever that is. And his account there says joined June 2020. He had an account before that was, that was deleted. Um, Powerful. Yeah, he's got a following, right? I don't really understand most of the things. Like, like Terrence Blake, similar. I don't understand most of the things he's tweeting about. Like, who, who this? What that? <laughs> I don't know. Who he, I don't know what's going on, right? But um, he connects it up to stuff occasionally, and I'll, oh yeah, I get that. Um, but yeah, he's, he's very interesting. And he tweeted, uh, something about, he was saying they're going to require, um, new virus, uh, antivirus, um, shots yearly. Um, and then not too long ago, Israel just announced they're giving third shots to old people and like, oh yeah. So this is, this is the new scam. Right? Instead of the military industrial complex, it's the military medical industrial complex. And with Bill Gates being, um, you know, behind a lot of the prevention of, of the transmission of the, of the patents to other countries that want to print, like, India only has like 1% of the people vaccinated. Isn't that insane? Some, one of the worst situations. Right. And they have plants that can manufacture uh, drugs if you waive the patent protections. 
and Bill Clinton, and the state says they were going to do that, and then Bill Clinton, not Bill Clinton, Bill um, Bill Gates talked to uh, the powers that be, and it's no longer on, right? Because this is the way to make the money now. It, it, U.S. military doesn't affect my life very much, right? But uh, Pfizer and uh, all the companies that are running things um, in terms of this, like this is not a bad year for them, right? No. So um, he's he's on point on on this, as in he's looking at what's happening, and it's very interesting. Very. That, that's why I, I follow him follow him but then he has all this other stuff that's basically it's it's like trolling but not trolling it's funny it's sort of insightful um sometimes and because of the way twitter works you can't tell if it's if it's um comedy or not until you sort of dig down and sort of get a sense of it yeah yeah i'm like so bad at reading that stuff sometimes Mm. But uh, I, I think I've gotten better at it over time. It's just like sometimes, like people will like be tweeting things about like you know, like like political actors, and I like can't tell they're making like a very funny joke. Yeah, some people are really dry in real life, and it's hard to tell, right? Yeah. Um, I, I a friend of my mom's um, who's friendly with me, um. He, his sense of humor is so dry that, like, sometimes you say, oh, shit, does he really believe that? But it from subsequent words, it's like, oh, that is clear that, that <laughs> this is, this is, uh, it's like, kind of like what I, uh, uh, when my sister was going to marry some dude, and she eventually did, I, I said, uh, hey, uh, welcome to the family. We walked off. All right. And I said, now you treat my sister right or. You're going to end up like all the rest of her old dead boyfriends in the backyard, buried in the backyard. Uh, I did not take that well. <laughs> because um, <laughs> he didn't have a great sense of humor. Um, on the other hand, uh, they're, uh, he lives in Scotland and she lives in Canada and they're not. Uh, they're not, not married anymore. They're, no, they're still married. <laughs> they're just not. Oh. Um, they're just not uh, together. Uh, or successfully divorced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So here's an example. Uh, some tweet uh, idiot says, Joe Rogan, another great example of guru syndrome. Uh, and then he makes a list. Loves hypotheticals, expert on everything, too confident, emotionally char- emotional charge over reason, addicted to being contrarian, perceive yourself as the leader of the tribe, adheres to crazy diets, rule of thumb, run in the other direction. Um Slumdog Billionaire says, This is slander. Rogan has never considered himself an expert on anything other than maybe his turning a sidekick. That is a kind of... A, <laughs> he's good at kicking in karate, right? Every podcast he goes, I'm just a guy who started recording shooting the shit with his friends. Whoa, that's crazy. Who wins in, the, in a fight? Grizzly versus Gorilla. And that's literally true. If you listen to Joe Rogan, he's the opposite of saying, I know everything. And when... When something sensitive comes up, he he'll say something, and I say, "Check on that. Make sure I'm not wrong." Right to his producer, who's like just a guy in the room, right? Um, and the thing is, is he he's really careful, kind of like I am. He's really really careful, 
uh, not saying something that's wrong because when he gets when he gets something wrong what happens is people go insane right and usually it's not a big thing but um that that tur- where turf came up um yeah it's that does it, apply to jk rowling by the way i guess no, but there's it, no i guess but, involved i guess like, but uh, but it's a slur not a not an argument well yeah but it's like I mean, she is a trans-exclusive radical feminist. She is a radical feminist that, like, excludes trans women from the definition of women. I guess, like, but r- the radical part is the question I would... So no, she's trans-exclusive. Like, uh, like, uh, like, 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 uh, most of the, like, pro-trans people would also be radical feminists. Like, it's just, like, a kind of feminism. Oh, really? I've never heard of that. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, I'm not good at knowing the definition of this right now, but, up. like, it's... Uh, there's like, like there's the trans exclusive radical feminists, and then there's like the other radical feminists. Radical feminism is a perspective within feminism that calls for a radical reordering of society. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's not it like like the radical part is not like the slur. Okay. Yeah. So, the, so there's a subset of radical feminists um, who are trans exclusive radical feminists. Is that right? Yeah, um, and like they would like not like the term trans-exclusive radical feminist, but it's not like calling them a radical feminist is not... Like, the radical part is not the slur. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I, I think there's a, a big problem with um, having men become women and taking over uh, women's society in the sense that Men are kind of uh, <laughs> and kind of deterministic. I think men are different from women on a genetic level, X, X chromosomes versus the Y chromosome, and a few other things that are related to genetics. And I think what the thing is, is like dudes seem to be interested in collecting stuff more than uh, women are. And I know that if you uh, take the drugs and you embrace the lifestyle, you can be more feminine, feminish in presentation, but I don't think that it probably affects your brain, uh, on the structural level that makes you more interested in collecting shit. And, uh, and like females tend to be more interested in relationships rather than objects and categorization and stuff like that. So I, I think if you uh, if you use the very shitty analogy of um, women uh, sports, which I'm not in favor of, <laughs> and male sports, which I'm not in favor of, um, if you put them in, if you say women are, there's only two categories, women and women, uh, sorry, women and men, and the men uh, compete against the men and the women compete against the women. To, so if the next vice president of the United States after Kamala gets assassinated or whatever were to be a trans woman. Um, I don't think that that would represent women necessarily as well as an actual woman. Does that make sense? I know I'm familiar with your perspective. It's like, and you can like talk to me about this. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I know, I know a few, uh, women, no men who've become women. And they're still the same people they were before, but they have a different uh, name, different uh, haircut, 
different uh, voice, but their brain is not radically different. They their affectation seems different, but I don't think they're like. Maybe, maybe their relationship. Maybe they are more interested in relationships. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think that they would say that they were always like more like a woman than a man, and just like they're like updating their hardware to like, match their <laughs> software. I think is how. Like I think that's how they talk about it. Um, that's how some talk about it, anyways. I, uh, there's a lot of people who are very vocal, and then there's some. A lot of people who are not like my uncle, who's sometimes female and sometimes not. Yeah, that's like. Um, yeah, I think there's probably a lot of people who are like more like your uncle that are on some kind of like spectrum journey that like. Who knows? You know. Uh, or like your, or like your niece, who's like on some kind of spectrum journey. Yeah, Who I know knows? you're like very troubled by your niece. No, I, th- I, I like. She got a tattoo. I was troubled by that. She got ear piercings. I was troubled by that. Uh, the they them thing, I think, is less permanent than the tattoos and the the piercings. Are they like? Uh, so, what about the ear piercings bothered you? Um. Are they like weird ear piercings or are they like normal? Uh, I'm I'm not in favor of piercings at all. It's like making holes in your body to put things through. That's kind of weird. I mean, but people have been doing that for yes, you know, they have. You know, you just gotta. It's just apparently really interesting to people. What uh, kind of tattoo the, did she get? Uh, she's got a few. So, uh, the most prominent one is the horses. She really likes horses. Yeah. What's your niece named? Cal- uh, Calicia. Calicia. Yeah. That's a flower. Oh, okay. And yeah. you're uh do you all uh do you all talk very much these days? Oh yeah, just um not about uh she she's not political at all and you know, like my mom made the mistake of talking about uh Jordan Peterson's daughter. Michaela Peterson, who's who my mom's really into, you know, food and diets and that sort of shit. And Michaela Peterson is uh, uh, one of those uh, all meat diet people. And oh. jo- Jordan Peterson is is uh, scary for a lot of people. He's been tarred similarly, and he's got some. He's got some. Everybody's got issues, right? Uh, but there's there's no evil in him at all. Not that I can see. He's very thoughtful. He's also, you know, a little bit too Christian. Um, but his stuff is really good, interesting, and very helpful for a lot of a lot of dudes. It seems. So, uh, Scott What's Red his deal? Uh, he he was. Uh, y- you heard of him, Jordan Peterson? I'm, yeah, I'm familiar with. I've like engaged with his stuff before and thought it was like stupid, but I don't like remember what it was. Well, now. some some of it is very basic. Like he's got he's got a book uh, called Twelve Rules for Life or something that that um, Scott read. I did not read it. Um, it's basically uh, the deal is there's a lot of people out there with no dads, a lot of dudes out there with no dads, and they yeah part of uh, remember I, we did that book uh, by William Ten, uh, the R- mice in the walls, yeah. the rat, men in the yeah, walls. Yeah, that was like the second book I ever did with you. Great book. Um, yeah, and uh, it's a it's it's about sort of the uncle or authority maturing relationship. You need somebody in your life who's a male, if you're a male, 
to tell you what you're doing wrong, teach you how to uh, change a tire, um, make you paint a fence, uh, take you out from under the female influence. Because the female influence is not identical to the male influence. You see what I'm saying? I think I can follow you. But you, do you agree? I don't know. Well, I, let's let's keep going with the argument. All I'm right. like able to like I'm able so, to follow you. Even so, if, like, for for example, my dad yeah, died I, like, when I was very like, young. I, I, right. So say again. My father died when I was very young. I was like yeah. ten, right, eleven, something like that. Um, and all my friends had fathers. Um, they all didn't die. So I was kind of uh, unable to. I I didn't have two parents, one to argue, one to pit against the other, right? <laughs> yeah. But I was lucky because I had a bunch of uncles, um, especially my uncle David, who is now Alana, or sometimes Alana, yeah. or depending on the context, right? Um, who who got me into science fiction um, and said, Jesse, there, read this one, and I'm like, what's this? And it was turns out to be um, Day Million by Frederick Pohl. Which is about a dude who uh, was not a uh, lady who's not a lady <laughs> used to be a dude. They both and then they make copies of themselves and send. They never see, they get married and never see themselves again or see each other again. You, you know this story, Dave Million? No, I don't. It's a terrific story. Um, anyways, he was trying to send you some kind of signal with that. And he also um, he, he told me all, all about all sorts of other books, lots of Larry Niven books, which are not about. Uh, transgender at all that's it's just yeah. science fiction is full of ideas right so yeah. i had my uncle david as uh sort of an older um male i'm my grandfather uh a couple of grandfathers but one of the more close who i connected with right um but you really do need somebody who can say you know this is how you change a tire and this is how you steer a boat and this is, uh, I w- like, when I was a kid, I didn't want to, uh, I wanted money, but I didn't, I, I couldn't have any. They say, you have to yeah, get a job. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I don't want a job. And they said, well, uh, look, your dad did it. I did it. All my brothers did it. Um, you can do the job. It'll suck. Uh, do, do the job anyways. You dipshit. You want that shit. You have to get it. Don't just beg. Right? Oh, oh, fuck. Okay. So I get up at fucking 5 a.m. every morning, six days a week, get super shitty pay, help uh, rich people get richer, delivering newspapers. Not Probably not a thing kids want to do. All my friends didn't want to do it, right? And uh, some of them did because they wanted a little bit of money, but most didn't. Most didn't. And they had some other thing going on in their life. But if you don't have a dad because your mom is not married to your dad or your dad lives far away or your dad abandoned the family or whatever it is, there's something broken inside of you that needs fixing. Yeah, so yeah, there's, there's, a need for, uh, there, there's a need for male role models is what you're saying. Yes, and that role is often played by uh, Jordan Peterson. That's why people are interested in what he's doing because he's saying they don't have anyone. That's right. And he's fulfilling that. So they see the, so as a kid, you know, I wanted to be Batman. <laughs> uh, that yeah. was after wanting to be Superman. You need to have somebody to model yourself on. And if you just say to a kid, what would Spider-Man do in this situation? 
and they know who Spider-Man is, then they understand what it is. So modeling yourself on somebody, something, somehow, is a way to uh, mature into an adult that isn't, you know, running around as a kid. Uh, Maybe the process didn't take perfectly in me. I'm pretty sure it didn't. Um, However. Yeah, my dad, like, I was, like, really bad at, like, physical tasks as a child. So my dad, like, sheltered me from a lot of things that I, like, like, he tried to teach me to be, like, a baseball player and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and I was just really bad at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, like, I wasn't ever allowed to, like, mow the lawn because they were afraid I was going to hurt myself with the lawnmower. You might have. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, that's kind of... Um, but, like, my brother was always allowed to mow the lawn. Wow. And, like, that was, like, one of his... Like, it was just, like... An uh, older brother, I take it, not a younger brother. Yeah. Oh, yeah, older for sure. And, like, six years older, too. Okay, so, like, substantial. Real, real spread. Yeah. And so I was, like, kind of the baby and also kind of... Um, yeah, they fucked you I up, didn't always, they? Yeah, they definitely did. They, like, sheltered me from a lot of... Turned like, you into an intellectual instead of a, a laborer. Yeah, and I, uh, I'm i still, like, under my mother's, like... I'm still, like... Skirts. Under my mother's shadow in a lot of ways. Yeah, me too. Yeah, but um, I, I see what you mean, though. Um, I mean, I'm like, I'm I'm messed up right now because my uh, I'm like reporting my father tomorrow to like go be incarcerated for nine months or something right. like that. Right. Um, I don't fuck you up. And, yeah. And, uh, so, and I did like learn a lot of things from him. I mean, he was like always around. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of like that's lucky. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I, I, I've never heard you mention your brother before. Is he still in the picture? Yeah, yeah, we're not super close. He, um, we have different moms, um, ah. so we like. He was like around on the weekends, um, and uh, like I saw him on Friday when we went out to dinner with my parents. Um, um, it's funny, my parents like, uh, you know, like. They're, like, afraid of all the COVID stuff, but they also love eating out, so they <laughs> eat out a lot. It's yeah. a very... Um, you can be of um, two minds about stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, so we went out to eat, and, but my brother, he's, like, I guess he's, like, 40. He's, like, um, divorced. Um, really, uh, he's a... He's a like very like high power civil servant. Um, he works at the Kentucky Department of Transportation for the guy who used to be mayor of Lexington. Okay. Um, and um, he, um, I don't know. He just kind of works all the time, and he's That's like sad. he owns several rental properties. Um, uh, so he's not down with the revolution, is what you're saying? Oh, he's definitely not down with the revolution. He's like definitely. Uh, <sighs> That's sad. Yeah, no, it's like, uh, but it's tough uh, sometimes because I feel like my brother's much more successful than I am. Uh, well, financially is the big difference between, uh, you know. Hey, the thing is, is everybody needs power, right? Everybody needs power, and if 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 you go with the system we have, that's money. Yeah. So, so if he has 
rental properties, he is de facto more powerful than you. Yeah, definitely. As long as they as long as they're paying their uh, their rent, and if they're not, then it could be a problem. Depends he, on how he, leveraged he is. He's got pretty good ones for. Um, he got a lot of property near um, the University of Kentucky's campus, so that he gets, seems fairly like, stable. Yeah. Yeah, he gets. Uh, uh, he gets like students who have parents that will, like co-sign their leases and mm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the kids who go to the University of Kentucky are very well off. Um, uh, like I think it's like majority of the students there like have families that make more than a hundred thousand dollars a year or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, so it's like I mean I know university students are usually like pretty well off, but it's. Uh, like more so than like some of the other universities we have, like because we have some that are more, um, like, have like more first generation college students go to them and stuff like that. My niece is going off to uh, at the end of this month, I think. She's going off driving to uh, Ontario, I think it is for some horse school. <sighs> she's she's she needs a. She needs to be a lot more intellectual, and uh, she never has been. So I guess that's not going to happen. But <laughs> you can't, you can't like just say this is what you're going to do and you're going to do it um, to people because it doesn't work, right? Because they'll they'll rebel and they don't want. But like, if you want to be a veterinarian, you you have to understand what the model, the business model is. It's taking care of animals, um, putting them to sleep, and you know, giving them stuff doing the occasional surgery and she's like she's doesn't like any of that she just likes horses and so she's interested in the biological but it's all theoretical so i i think this is going to go very poorly yeah she um has to be like so she wants to be like a big animal veterinarian no just horses <laughs> she likes her dog but yeah, you know but, like like, it, like could she can you put it? Can can you put an animal down? No, she thinks my mom shouldn't have more dogs because because uh, because there's some dogs dying. But like that's that's how life is. If you've got meat, um, it dies, and if you've got certain kinds of meat, it needs other meat to live. So, I think being a vegan doesn't go very well with being a veterinarian. Just because you know you're, you see a sick cat, you know, you know, change the diet, help help the animal, uh, not eat so much grain, it'll do better. But you know, we can't talk about this because it's 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 kind of like a religion. It's very weird, and yet how, um, uh, vegetarianism how, how seems to be horse school. Is she? No, nah, not at, not at all. She's tried to. She's done a couple of um, college things. She's probably got two years of credit for bio stuff but um she's tried to uh go to go away to a university before part of it also is like get away from her mom's influence um her mom is uh difficult and uh like my mom's difficult too but my mom's difficult and very business oriented whereas my sister is not the reason i brought this up is um i was thinking about like the ability to go to university for her comes from her band, right? Being a member of a, uh, native group here. And, oh, yeah. And the relatively inexpensive compared to the state's university system here. 
It's not because she has inherited wealth, right? Or uh, so, her mom's income isn't enough to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. She's because working her, shitty jobs. Well, and her mom doesn't work the same job very long, is what no, I understand. No, she, she just wanted to change her job again. And it's like, go a couple months, go a year, go two years. Whereas me, I've been working the same job since I got out of university. Yeah, you really stick to things. You were in I'm university a long time, too. 16 years, bud. And it's like, I didn't really want to quit. It's just it got more expensive and I couldn't afford it. And uh, Were you working while you were in school? Oh, yeah. Always. Always. But then I, I could say to myself, it doesn't matter because I'm still going to university. The point is, is I like I, it was fun. It's very interesting. It's a, a completely different. I think we should abolish all s- regular schools, elementary and secondary, and and double down on universities, triple down, or colleges maybe. Get rid of universities. They're, they're getting corrupted. Yeah, that sounds good. I don't think it's going to happen though. Yeah, just like. Anywhere where people can, like, learn stuff they wouldn't normally be able to learn is, like, kind of cool. That's why YouTube's so good. That that uh, Lewis Rossman guy, I'm not interested in laptop repair at all, right? I don't like MacBooks. Um, he doesn't like MacBooks. He's interested in the ability to repair shit. Um, I, and I think that's why his... his uh, it's really funny to see him, like popping up on these, um, like he was just on uh, some terrible podcaster's, you know, n- news channel, and he was on, he's been on CBC and a bunch of things, because he's he's very political um, on a very specific issue, and it's uh, an issue that's very important to everybody, right, which is computers. And, and so, uh, he's highly influential, but he's also very principled. And his story is really interesting, too. He talks about how he got into it. And it's basically, yeah, didn't do well at school. Um, but it was really interested in music. And they, he got into a music, um, like, uh, recording studio and, and the equipment kept breaking. Um, and he started fixing it and, then he just took those skills and started applying them to other things that he wanted. You know, he'd buy broken shit and fix it. And then he started opening up a business to sell or to, he sell, he'd buy broken laptops and like sell them after he fixed them on eBay. And then he opened up a, a biz, like a physical store to do that space in rather than just, you know, doing it in the closet. And then he's hired a bunch of people to do it. And the thing is, is, uh, unlike everybody else who would have this story, is that his he puts it on YouTube, his actual repairs. So this is how you do it. See this circuit, this circuit, this circuit, and he does the same thing over and over and over again. And people who are subscribing it to it are not mostly like me, I don't think. They're mostly people who are young who are wanting to fix their own shit. And so he's highly influential on people as a teacher of shit but he also has like whatever topic he's interested in like he talks about uh new york housing and new york uh 
business space, commercial space, because he wants to change his thing. So he just does all the all the research that I would do. Um, I would put up on my website. You know, he does the same thing for YouTube, and he's into biking or sandwiches or whatever. He just puts that up. He puts everything up. And he is a, like a, a philosopher because he's had to think through all the reasons why it makes sense. Like how, how to deal with ang- like it's he's kind of like um, a big brother as opposed to a dad um, uh, of Jordan Peterson. He's like a big brother to a lot of people, I think. So, so people really. Um, he's gotten a mil- really more than a million these- subscribers. People really need these parasocial relationships. I think so. Apparently. So, did Scott like Jordan Peterson's book? Uh, I don't... He's like a real dad, you know? Yes, he is a real dad. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I uh, Honestly, I don't... Uh, he, he's uh, Scott's often very hard to read. <laughs> he, he's not super intellectual. He's very... Um, practical and he actually is kind of similar in that his uh his mechanical uh electrical engineering stuff is is um what kept him in the town for so long the small town that he lived in that he didn't like living in um and then instead of you know opening up a business doing it he became an academic teaching it but yeah he doesn't have that he doesn't have that core philosophy at the bottom Scott, he just likes stuff, you know, like we like audiobooks. That's what we have in common. But he's not like, um, uh, he's more, a little more into a religion, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think he like, maybe he's like, that's the part of Scott I don't like totally understand. Yeah. Well, but he's maybe raised you Catholic. You don't have to understand it. He's raised Catholic, and it, it seems to do something for him. Um, I don't. Uh, but Paul don't was raised is. Catholic too, and he doesn't seem to do anything for him. It it's seems like to positive. It, it seemed to have rejected it in a certain sense, but also he can't get it rid of it. Yeah, I rejected but, religion for sure because it, it wasn't it wasn't foisted upon me at all, but. It was not, um, I did not like the things that it, it, it seems to be, a, it's all about control. Me telling you what, uh, other people telling you or me how to be. And what's good and what's bad. And you, and that's, that's not good. You, um, yeah, I, um. Uh... My parents are religious, um, but uh, they didn't make me you, and my brother don't do that. They didn't make you go to the churchy? No, they made me go to churchy, uh, but I'm like, I guess you could say I've like rejected it in a way. I'm like, I'm less, uh, like I certainly found it to be somewhat traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, Meg was more traumatized by religion than I was. Mm-hmm. Like she can't like even, like, like, the idea of, like, going to a church service is, like, just, like, shocking and upsetting to Meg. Mm. Um, whereas, like, I could, like, go to a church service without it, like, causing mm. me to, like, feel bad. Uh, it would be punishment for me. 
I've been to them. But uh, I think, you know, like, I'm really into uh, Cornell West. I think he's, oh, yeah. he's 100% right about everything. But what's so interesting is it's the way I think of churches is it's a book club for people who didn't read the book and are willing to let someone else tell them what the book is about. So once you do, <laughs> you go to the church service, they pick a particular passage from the book, they read it to you, they tell you what it means, and you nod and smile and give them money. Yeah, and then you sing songs about it. And then the ladies gossip about you, and uh, <laughs> and then, you know, you get subtle pressure, uh, manipulation to try and conform, haircut-wise, uh, games you're allowed to play-wise. Like, I, I got a lot of it through my friends who are, like, religious, like, they're not allowed to play Dungeons & Dragons, because their parents heard it was bad. Like, fuck you. Yeah. Tell them to yeah. fuck off. People, I was friends with people who like weren't allowed to play Magic: The Gathering. Right. Um, the uh, uh, I like the most trauma I got was like people I was friends with who like really believed in the end times mm. and like just truly believed that the end times were coming. And they are there though. That's the funny part. <laughs> yeah, but just not like not like that though. Um, no, different way. Yeah, and there's not going to be this dramatic moment where God takes all of his chosen people up to heaven and leaves everybody else to behind. We're just going to die uh, in the heat wave. Yeah, um, the yeah, the, I remember the left behind phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you ever read this book. No, I but I, I'm very influenced by their existence, though, because they're they're connected to science fiction and fantasy, right? Yeah, I uh, when I first got out of the hospital. Um, I tried to, I checked out, this is just a weird thing that I did. <laughs> I checked out the first one of the books and was trying to read it, mm-hmm. but it's just like, like it begins with this fantasy of this, like, you know, like magical Jewish doctor from Israel, like solving world hunger with his like Jew powers. Wow. Um, and they have that power I, though. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's just like. I, I couldn't get into it really. Um, I did. Um, did you ever watch a TV? Or were you familiar with a TV show called Touched by an Angel? Sure. I did I, watch uh, it checked, regularly, but yes, I know about it. I checked some DVDs of it out when I got out of the hospital, uh, uh, and uh, I was in a particularly vulnerable place. So I checked out some DVDs of Touched by an Angel, and I considered that to be an interesting I show to watch. See, it all makes sense now. See, you're worried. By reading Red Planet, that you'll become a libertarian. Yeah. Right, yeah, because it makes such a compelling case, right? Yeah, and it's it. it I mean, but it's uh, but it, it create it has to create like this like perfect scenario where like like there's nobody. I should have said this during the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like there aren't different classes of people on. That's a good point. On Mars, um, like there's just like. Yeah, it's everybody's equal. Yeah. yeah, everybody's equal in the face of the company. Uh, yeah, and the thing is, is in a tribal society um, of hunter-gatherers rather than, uh, you know, fixed people, the, equa- the, the level of classes is much reduced, right? It's Exactly. Uh, uh, they, yeah. So it, yeah, no, it, it works. It, well, libertarianism and co- communism work, to, work together hand-in-hand, hand, right? You want to go hang out in the woods and be weird? That's fine. 
Um, when you come back, we'll, we'll take you in again. Um, but you need to help me move this log. <laughs> <laughs> right now. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, no, nobody can disagree with it. Um, uh, the, uh, so that, yeah, I could have made better arguments during the podcast but that's just how it is sometimes um uh, it's ephemeral that's that's but the good news is you get practice you get to do other yeah. books and there's gonna and you can bring it up right when we do the next Heinlein. yeah yeah lots of lots of Heinlein opportunities he's so good um, he's so good at what he does that you know like yeah I, i'm i'm delighted that you hadn't read this before and you got to read it that's wonderful because there's so many more Heinlein juveniles that are, they're not equally as good. They're great in other ways. I mean, I really did like the, like the, um, like the Rolling Stones was just like so funny. Um, mm. I just like, I don't know why that book was so funny and good. It just like is like, it's, it's very comedic book. compared to this one. Yeah. 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 Um, this book had like, I don't know. I haven't like read a lot of like Jack London or like the Northwest Romance stuff, but I feel like it had like an element of that to it. You know, you survival just, like, out in absolutely, the yeah, yeah. Like, um, yeah, we need to do um, like White Fang or whatever the one you haven't read is. Yeah, White Fang. Uh, there's a bunch of high, uh, I haven't done the Sea Wolf either, and I'm very interested in that. Never read the Sea Wolf. I've not read White Fang, but. Absolutely. There's so many great Londons to do still. Uh, yeah. So, do you uh, do we book at Vatabar? I think we did, right? Yeah. Oh, no, no, we didn't sense. book it. Um, but we could. Yeah, that's yeah, let's October. Do it. October works for me. All right, let's have a look. So, October 3rd, Sunday in October. Uh, or maybe we could do it on this yeah i don't think paul's desperate for that one so we could do it on a saturday and include connor um yeah yeah I feel does that like work for you would Con- would connor does connor like inner earth stuff i think he will he's uh he's a very weird tales guy yeah he's he, he's okay. such a nice guy oh he's a great guy and I, have you seen his youtube channel i really like it i really need to go spend some time with it i like you can put uh, it on in the background and just listen, and then look over the screen every once in a while. There's a great image. Yeah, I um, let's see, what have I been doing lately? I I haven't been sieving. Uh, You've been sieving. I've been sieving. I also have just been like sleeping a lot. Um, I'm uh, I'm in a war against sleep. Uh, I was asleep up until like 45 minutes before the podcast today. I was uh, only an hour ahead, I think. Yeah, but you were, like, were getting up at 7 a.m. That's true. Whereas I was getting up at 10.15. Um, uh, do, uh, do you have good sleep hygiene? Um, I, I've been getting to bed okay. Like, it's it depends. The problem is, like, I have, like, I have problems getting to sleep sometimes. It's not there like I'm, like, doing stuff. Okay, like, audio flying. drama. You know, audio dramas for sleep, right? Yeah, you've been saying this to me. It works uh, great. You're not wrong. The one uh, I, I've I've ripped through. Um, there's a, the one on my phone. 
that I ripped through is Elf, Elven Quest. Uh, I did that for a couple months. Elven Quest. You know about this one? It's about elves. <laughs> it's a portal fantasy about a, a writer. Uh, it stars the guy who plays the main character on the latest uh, uh, Douglas Adams TV show. What's it called? He's, he's Dirk good, Gently? Yeah, Dirk, he plays Dirk Gently on the uh, that show. So he's a funny actor. Um, and he plays a writer of shitty fantasy sequel novels um, who is at a signing one day when an elf, a dwarf, and a, an Amazon warrior show up uh, to uh, take the Chosen One to an alternate dimension where they live. Uh, to get oh, this, nice. the sword of uh, Av- Avgana or whatever it's called. Um, and uh, he says, well, uh, he's not interested in the dwarf and the and the uh, the elf. He just thinks they're losers because they dress up like characters, not even from his book. <laughs> and then um, they say, we're here to seek the chosen one. And he's really excited about the Amazon princess, right? Because um, she's sexy. And yeah. uh, and he says, well, I'm not your chosen one. Get out of here. And he says, not you, your dog. <laughs> they take his dog into the alternate dimension through the portal, and he doesn't want to have his dog stolen. So uh, he ends up with them in this alternate dimension. His dog, when he wakes up, is now a human form, but it still has a dog personality um, and dog <laughs> memories. <laughs> And they go on the quest for this magical sword. That's what they do every episode. It's a sitcom. Um, but it's all character-based. So the dwarf is is really stinky and gay. <laughs> he doesn't know he's gay, but he's totally gay. Um, the warrior maiden is really sexy and doesn't know she's sexy and doesn't want to be sexy. Um, and the elf is really stupid. <laughs> and he's the leader. Um, and the dog is a dog. Uh, so the straight man is the, uh, the main character, right? Um, and he has a bad relationship with the dwarf and a neutral relationship with the, the elf and, uh, has the hots for a relationship with the, uh, the warrior princess. And every episode they go on this quest for the sword and, uh, they never get it. Or if they do, they lose it at the end of the episode, right? Um, and they're all sort of trope stories. It's all jokes. It's, it's weird jokes, sex jokes sort of thing. Um, and uh, and this is counterpunched by the Lord Darkness, who's the evil guy who's trying to stop them. But he's really too busy with his own life problems. Uh, so his assistant's trying to get him back on track all the time. It's just wonderful. Um it's all voice actors, right? So there's no visual element. And the jokes are all audio jokes. So there's a scene where the Lord Darkness needs to... He's challenged one of the questers to uh, single combat. And he doesn't realize that that means he can't use magic. So he has to learn the sword, the uh, hammer, the spear, and the flail or whatever, right? <laughs> He starts using them. You can hear them swinging around, and then he accidentally chops off the leg of his assistant. (laughs) Or the arm, and he says, it's okay, I have two others, or whatever. You find out, oh, he had three arms. 
Right. Uh, so the jokes are terrific. It's super fun. And they, they make fun of all sorts of movie properties. Like they do, there's a seven, um, Magnificent Seven episode where they, instead of going to Mexico, they go to Mexigoroth, which is, uh, in dry, dusty <laughs> land in the south. And the final episode, they're in, um, uh, Trollditz, which is Colditz combined with The Great Escape. You know, the two World War II prisoner movies. It's just delightful. Very, very funny. So you, you just put that on, you listen for about three minutes, you're totally distracted by it, and you notice you when you wake up in the morning, you, you don't remember when you fell asleep. It's perfect. Yeah. I, um, I'm also, I'm on some drugs that make me sleep, like, a long time, too. Well, that'll, so that'll like, probably affect it as well. Yeah, that's, like, my other issue. Um, don't drink coffee after that, four in the afternoon is a good idea, too. Say again? Don't drink coffee after four or five in the afternoon. Yeah, I, I don't usually do that. Um, Dangerous. Every once in a while, but not usually. Yeah, it's better not I, to. Um, it's yeah, delight- it's, um, you, you want it, but you shouldn't have it because it keeps you awake. It, it, it doesn't work in your favor. Um, no. But uh, I'm trying to get my sleep schedule under control because I've got like... To resume like some normal life functions at the end of September with uh, this like training I'm going to do to try to become a mediator, All right. and uh, I'll allow it. Then uh, from there I'll figure out what the next normal life functions I'm going to resume are. Um, uh, but yeah, I um, I start uh, I start recording uh, episodes of Planet Stories podcast again next month. So excellent. Um, what um what podcast editing software do you use uh audacity and um a program called levelator which brings all the is audacity like just like standard podcast software standard audio editing software it's free yeah and uh are you on mac or um i have a pc good audacity's the thing for you yeah levelator is really helpful too um and it's free as well I'm very much into the free. Yeah. And it does, like... Yeah, I don't... My, uh, I think my friend is going to try to get me to get, like, fancy software, but I, don't, I just don't think you that don't I can do that. You don't need it. I can't... Uh, the thing is, is you should get what I get so I can tell you how to do it. Right? Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, and it, I, I've been doing it for... Since we started podcasting, editing, right? And it works fine. So... There's no reason for you to get all those fancy extras. Yeah, I have like my friend is like a professional podcast editor, so like well, his like maybe he's like, better than me. Then I don't know. Well, yeah, his standards are well. It's just he's he's like creating commercial products, and like that's like not what I'm doing. So even if you were, um, uh, you can spend a lot of time, you know, uh, in the editing that you wouldn't need to do because you didn't set it up properly like you don't have your mic in like my roommate came in during the podcast and made some noise in the kitchen that might show up on the in the sound um fixing that's a lot harder than avoiding it in the first place having a special room with you know dampened walls and stuff i'm just sitting at my desk so it doesn't doesn't need all that yeah it's fine yeah hey we're here for the content you're going to be there for the content 
making it commercial with jingles and stuff. You can you can make that really simple, right? Like uh yeah. the logo, you already got that, you're good to go. Basically you just need some raw files and screen share and I'll say, yeah, you need one. Like I, a lot of the stuff that I'm doing, I do it because Scott taught me how to do it. Right? Like the project rate should need, should be 44, one, 44, 100 Hertz. Why? I don't know, but it works fine. So I'm not going to change it. Yeah. So I, I've, so what needs to be 44, 100 Hertz? <laughs> the project rate. No. Uh, whatever that is, it's the, it's basically tells you something about the frequency of the, uh, of the waveform. Ooh. If you the have frequency of the waveform. That's right. It's like all sorts of technical stuff. All I know is you need to put gas in the engine and occasionally lube it. <laughs> lube the engine occasionally every six months or whatever. Yeah. I know how to drive the car and change the tires. I don't need to know, uh, how many, uh, uh, Bolts are connected. How uh, how ungerns back the interview? If I had had a um, a father who was not dead, I would have a lot more carpentry skills. My grandfather would not teach me car. One of my grandfathers would not teach me carpentry. One of my my other grandfathers, he uh, had me work in his his um, store as a kid, making uh, like plumbing shit. And went out on a couple plumbing calls and stuff like that. So I have a, a little bit of knowledge, but I also don't have the tool set or the experience to do it confidently. So I just hire a plumber when I need one. Although yeah, I, I do seems... attempt it when I, I'm not available. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it just seems nice to have hire a plumber. Dude, that's, that's the trap, though, right? Is that if you... They want us to hire everybody for everything so that you can't open your phone you can't you just buy a new one right and they control your frequency because that's why you know my next the phone purchase i got this one was the best choice of a bad lot but the next one there's a new linux phone out that's um gonna have uh it has a removable battery and bunch of stuff so that i might be in the linux guy a linux phone guy in the future i don't want to be a linux phone guy i didn't know linux did phones well people people have been putting linux on phones since since smartphones been around right uh, uh, putting android on iphones you know hackers gotta hack i like just hacking it's very important we'd be allowed to do this shit Yeah, I think that uh, that's like, I feel like you and Annalie Newitz would be on the same page. Uh, not not usually when I listen to her podcast. <laughs> oh, that's audio's going backwards. That's weird. Funny, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I accidentally this clicked is- on something. <laughs> that was the well, that makes, was the source of thunder going backwards. That's like that is like the devil talking to us or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you uh, you're gonna have a hacker phone. Uh. Well. We'll see. I, I this phone still got some life in it. I I may take it to get a new battery when it needs one. 
there's a place down the street that is like uh, this Lewis Rossman guy. I really like his philosophy. He, he, he talks, he answers questions super honestly. Which is very rare. Most people are all about presentations. You know, the, the, there, there's a really funny, he had a YouTube video of him on the Sam Cedar show. Sam Cedar is not a good person. Um, and he titled it really funny. Um, but what's so funny is they're in their studios, right? Uh, behind a desk. Um, and he's in his lounge chair. <laughs> and it's not a shot of him close to his lounge chair by a desk. He's just in his lounge chair and it's a long shot. So you can see his cat and you can see his legs and you can see his chairs turned back and his keyboards on his lap. Right. Um, to me, that's a guy who doesn't give a shit. And the fun, the funny thing is, is he doesn't, right? It's not a part of a show. It's legit. And it, it, nobody who comes on their show is like that, right? Everybody's behind a desk. And they want to make the background look presentable. And he's like, I don't give a shit. Uh, if, no, I'm not changing for you. Fuck you. Not even a fuck you, just I'm not changing. No. This sounds like you. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, actually, that's funny. He did... Okay. He was on the Crystal Sager show recently as well because of Right to Repair. He's not searching for fame. It's sort of been thrust upon him. It's really interesting. You know a lot more about internet celebrities than I do. No, I think only some. Like, Vouch is a bad guy. <laughs> I don't know, like, I don't even know who Vouch is. Oh, right? good. Like, yeah, I just heard about him recently. But he's a bad actor. I think, uh, I don't know if it's, uh, I don't, saying he's a um, government stooge is probably going too far. Yeah, I just, like, um, you're just, like, deeply embedded in the web. Well, I've been, I've been around since before the web, so I like it. It's, it's I was enthusiastic. Like a spider. Uh, dude, it was so exciting when it when the web came out. I was into uh, the stuff before the web too. What was it called? Uh, BBSs. Oh, uh, like the bulletin boards. Yeah. Well, one of my friends who was Christian down the street, who wasn't allowed to play Dungeons and Dragons sometimes, um, he had one. I'm like, do your parents know about this? <laughs> <laughs> because it's so fun, they will hate it. <laughs> not that, uh, not that there was anything, um, but they had games on it and stuff, you know, like and databases and jokes, and it's awesome. So I don't know what yeah. he's saying. Uh, the title, OMG, what a fucking nightmare. Um, but he talks to uh, these two doofuses, and only one of them actually talks, and they don't know anything. It's like they didn't do any prep at all for. But, uh, Louis Rossman's a real deal. So you like Louis Rossman. You like. Um, I think Joe Rogan's pretty good, too. Yeah, I was going to say you like Joe Rogan. A little bit of Jordan yep. Peterson, although uh, you, uh, you can totally overdose on his dad dad vibes. But he's, he's really good on the Bible, too, which is really interesting because I'm. 
like his interpretation of what's going on in the Bible uh, in Genesis and stuff. Very interesting. Psych- psychological shit. Traditional then, human male female roles, etc. Yeah, I think everybody I know on the internet like hates him for that. Yeah. Um, because uh, it, it, he, you know what it is. He's he, it's like uh, Evan's theory about um, the Klingons, right? Is that they're just cosplay, uh, cosplaying, and what's that called when you larping? They're larping. Larping. So yeah. uh, my fear is that. Everybody who's transgendering is LARPing, right? My fear is that they they don't understand that that this is just an artificial piece of clothing that they put on, right? And that they're really just LARPers. They don't really understand themselves. So if that's the case, um, you have somebody come in and say, you know, you're just LARPing. That really hurts all the people who are LARPing, right? You say, you know, we're in the middle of a Dungeons and Dragons session, and I say, you know, you're not really attacking anybody right now. That's just a die on the table. There's no such thing as th- two hit armor class zero. <laughs> Thaco doesn't exist. Constitution, charisma, dexterity, those are all illusions. <laughs> How do you like that game player? You don't like him. You want him out of the game. He's uh, reminding you of something you don't like. It'd be like um, somebody in the mil- middle of a movie. Uh, you're watching, explaining that none of this is real. <laughs> it's yeah, just a I mean, fantasy. I yeah, I don't know if you can go as far as to say that like gender dysphoria doesn't exist. Like that's like, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure that uh, gender dysphoria does exist because people yeah. talk about it. Anything that well, people yeah, talk about is real in a certain sense. Ghosts are real in a certain sense, but they don't exist outside of the mind. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's like uh, like a medically recognized thing. Like <laughs> like. For like decades, yeah, homophobia or homo- homosexuality used to be a me- medically recognized thing too, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it it seems like uh, I don't know. Um, I think there's like probably other arguments against like Evo Psych too, but um, uh, I'm you know I'm interested in hearing more about Jordan Peterson and that kind of thing but so you you sort of like jordan peterson but you can overdose on his dad vibes he's i i would say he's very interesting and his phenomenon is not coming from a place of hate um he gets a lot of anti-trans hate even though he's not anti-trans per se he's anti anti anti-authoritarianism as to what i'm allowed to say he's very libertarian in that respect right like like there are some things I'm not allowed to talk about when I'm talking with Paul. Otherwise, the conversation's over, right? Like if I if I'd brought up Biden and the nipple thing, he wouldn't have liked that. And I'm like, yeah. as speaking as a person who is sexually abused, I don't think uh, you know you know better than I do about w- whether uh, condoning this is okay. Do you? And his answer would be nothing. He would punish himself if I brought that up, right? Yeah, Paul, the, Paul doesn't. Uh, Paul doesn't handle like disagreement well. No, no, he doesn't. But he engages in disagreeing with other people, and and he's very like his choices of team members are poor. I think, but uh, the the there was a tweet I. Did I send it to you? 
it was a tweet I liked. I was I looked at all the other people who had liked it, and all of the other ones had a he, him, she, her, or a she, them, or she, they, maybe, pronouns. Everybody except for me. I'm like, who's the one who doesn't fit in this picture? Right? That That's a team. That's a team somebody's on. And my mom's been on that team, and still kind of is on that team, but sort of not really enthusiastic about being on that team, right? I mean, I think I'm kind of on that team, but... Do you have them in your pronoun, in your bio? Oh, no, but... But know, why I would like... you put them in there? Because you're well, cause teaming up. Well, because my name is... Well, also, as a practical matter, like, my display name says that my name is Will, which is, like, like a male-identified name, right? Like, I it's guess. not, like... It's not, like, hard to, like, uh, figure that out. Like, um... If like I already know your mail, St- science fiction storefront preacher and advanced comic book geek. That could be a girl, but that'd be a girl who identifies as a dude. Uh, to you, Astro Pigs, the moon belongs to the people. That sounds like a guy. <laughs> that is, yeah, no, these are these are like male forms of address. Uh, yes. but um, but anyway, I, it's like my name is like Will, so I don't like. Um, I mean the. Uh, but yeah, you don't even I have your own picture in there, right? You're just a, just a, a ghost. A ghost. Um, yeah, but I like the trans people, though. I think they're good. Uh, there are good people everywhere, and every kind of delusion. No, I mean, I think the social phenomenon is like. I think it's like a good thing. Um, like, I don't think it's like damaging uh, in the same way that like you seem to think it might be. Well, I, I think um, throwing those hormones in your body. Um, when it might be a mistake later on in life is dangerous in the same way that poking holes in your body or um, tattooing yourself is a mistake, except they could be greater mistakes. You know, a tattoo can be ugly or uh, socially awkward later on in life. You know, get a neck tattoo with a swastika on it. Um, it, tends to, <laughs> it tends to make you um, less socially... Uh, uh, friendly, but people make mistakes, right? Especially young people. Yeah, trans people have started to talk about that more. Wh- what? And do like you? the whole, the the like the whole like detransition, like because like what the what it's like, uh, unpop like what's unpopular to talk about is that people like do detransition. That's like, what I was like, thinking. Oh, that was a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, they're like because people are trying things people are trying things on all the time. My niece used to yeah. color her hair, right? That goes yeah. away. When she shaves her head, that goes away. What doesn't go away possibly are some of the hormone things, and what doesn't go away are the tattoos or the piercings. So yeah, those I are all. It. I love that. Like, potential. I love the like. Inc- well, you know, piercing holes do close, but some do, some don't. Depends on what yeah. you do to them, right? Yeah. How big they are. What? Yeah, and like, what part of the ear you get them in? Yeah. And so, but, uh, uh, it, it, but if wh- you get the bottom of your, if you get your earlobe pierced, if you don't keep a ring yeah. on that, it closes up. I probably because. <laughs> Because uh, it's better for you that way, is my guess. The the skin closes up because it prevents infections, is my guess. I don't know. 
I know that putting holes in your body or ritual, you know, doing ritual scarring and, you know, look, it's it's all tribal, right? The the facial but, tattoos but, of the people of the New Zealand, that's a thing. Or there, there's tattoos here of natives locally, but the tribe she's signing up with is not a tribe that is um, genetically related to her, and there's a big difference there. She's a she's in the tattooed young person tribe. Yes, and the problem with that tribe is it's a fickle group, right? With I people, mean, like a horse, doesn't seem like a bad thing to have a tattoo of Jesse. Uh, I agree compared to um, you know, like a, a swastika. Yeah, w- one of my friends, um, a good friend, he got a tattoo of a surfing uh, yin yang symbol on his shoulder. A surfing yin yang symbol. Yes, yin yang symbol surfing. And when I saw that, and when I found out about that, my estimation of his his intelligence plummeted. It like collapsed through the floor. I'm like, why? And the answer is he got drunk. <laughs> he wanted a tattoo. And he was highly subject to social pressure. Social pressure is what did it, right? Now, the thing is, is we all have social pressure. So when he he puts himself in that position and doesn't have the strength, that to me doesn't feel like a good decision. That feels like a... it's It, it makes me think of like teaming up with Nazis, teaming up with the, with the bad people. Getting a tattoo of a surfing yin yang. <laughs> he doesn't live in Nazi time, right? <laughs> he lives in surfing yin yang times, the 90s or whatever. Right? What's the, were the 90s surfing yin yang time? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, when, yeah, that's that's when that's Chinese bad. tattoos became really hot, right? And tattoos were becoming just uh, a kind of a social acceptable, like... When I found out one of my instructors at university had a tattoo, I was like, holy shit, what's that on your arm? And it was an anchor. I'm like, what the fuck? I have a tattoo of an anchor. Right. He was in the Merchant Marine. It makes sense, right? I have a tattoo of a... Like, mine is like a Rhode Island tattoo because I lived there for yeah. five years. Yeah. Um, but I have like a seagull flying over a beach with an anchor in it. Uh, see, it makes sense because... You're growing up in this period of time when tattoos were normalized. But before that, tattoos were not normalized. Only sailors and tattooed ladies had them, right? Oh, yeah. I got the tattoo because I hated everyone in law school and I wanted to identify with, like, the weird hipsters in town. That's what I'm saying, Uh, right? So it's a, it's a, but the problem is, is now you're permanently identified with a bunch of people you're not hanging out with. Uh, yeah, no, but I, I still like identify with those people. Uh, and it wasn't uh, a Nazi swastika either, right? So we're safe on a certain ground. But the problem is, is it's sort of symbolic of making mistakes. Like these are permanent changes, right? So uh, it, it, far more troubling than smoking uh, once is continuously smoking, right? <laughs> because <laughs> it makes your lungs worse. So if you smoked once, that's bad. If you smoke twice, that's more likely you're going to smoke three times. <laughs> Continually smoking, that's bad for your lungs, and that can really badly hurt you. But if you put yourself in a position where you're going to be hanging out with smokers, then you're going to be more likely to smoke. 
social pressure is incredible. Is really cool. It is very cool, or it was very cool. I don't. I, maybe it's... I think it's still like. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it's still cool. Um, like so that's it's like quite the a hassle like, now. You, what they, the reason they have to tell you that smoking is not cool when you're a kid is because like smoking is like objectively very cool. Um, Something to do with your hands, which is very important when you're a kid. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, I like. I am like willing to accept that smoking is bad. Like that's, I mean, on a general as a general thing, it's bad. It, it, the fact that people um, can control their psychology a little bit with it—that's not bad, right? Yeah, and I'm sure that like stuff that like the like Indians did with it was like I'm sure they like I'm sure like the form of smoking we have now is like less bad than it was like 500 years ago or well, something. Well, like the na- then the native usage of s- tobacco was spiritual right it was it was done in the same way you do peyote or um sweat lodges you don't do it every you don't do the sweat lodge every day right? <laughs> if you did the sweat lodge every day that's that's what rich people do with their billionaire money right they have a, a sweat lodge installed in their basement the sauna or whatever it's not uh it's a different thing but the 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 it was not like hey i go down to the store and get a pack of cigs <laughs> you you have a meeting a bunch of people it's like alcohol you don't drink it all day long you drink it uh at a meeting right you drink it at a yeah. at a the special event is like pure evil like yeah well i mean it's not pure evil but like the current form of alcohol we have is like the strong think, form of alcohol absolutely is very dangerous well and just in in practice i think like most of the alcohol sold in the United States is sold to people who have more than 10 drinks a day. Right, right. And same with cigarettes, right? Yeah. Most of the people who are smoking cigarettes aren't just doing it the one time once a week. Yeah. I um, think the numbers are slightly different, but um, alcohol is not addictive in the same way as uh, coffee. Yeah, I, uh, I, um, but, uh, yeah, the, uh, anyway, so, uh, I think it's like, I think it's really interesting that you're like very, uh, uh, concerned about like, like, people's control over their bodies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not literally forcing the needle away from anybody. Well, that's like against your philosophy, I think. Yeah, and if you had to classify it in simple terms, it's like some sort of libertarian thing. And I'm absolutely not a libertarian when it comes to the capital L idiots who are talking about the Chicago School of Economics. I'm talking about like the Heinlein sort of... um, You're like into personal freedom. uh, Hey, (laughs) I have these hands. I need to use them. (laughs) I don't want people restricting them. On the other hand, don't pinch kids' nipples, you fuckhead. You should not yeah. be in office. Like there, that should there should be things done to people to prevent them from doing that to people. There should be things done, and that thing should start with the exposure. That's what's so interesting about this book, right? Was that it's basically it's a it's a publication, it's a leak, right? Yeah, I liked that your description of it, WikiLeaks style was like. Um, 
I, I almost felt like you were trying to needle Paul on some level. I absolutely um, am. I'm trying. I'm trying to get Paul to see that he's wrong about uh, you can't just float around uh, hating Republicans. They're not. They're the same team. They they go to the same parties. They have the same friends. They they molest the same children. They molest the same children. They take money from both companies. Uh, no, <laughs> all six companies give money to both parties. Um, and uh, they cheat and they lie and they use the media and they ex- exert pressure. Everything's Paul saying he's not going to deal with politics. Everything's fucking political. Comic books. The only reason comic book code authority exists. Right is because of pressure to ex- exerted by Congress. Only reason yeah. any of the media that we're able to discuss exists is because of pressure and the fact that I can get kicked off of Skype or Twitter or uh, the internet. And the, did you see the there was a call for? No, you probably didn't see it. Um, What's the what's the crazy MSNBC guy who drapes himself in a cape and thinks Russians are under every <laughs> a cape of the American flag? Um, oh, I don't know. The, 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 like I have uh, Meg's parents watch MSNBC all the time. He's not on I, there I, anymore. Um, well, Keith Olbermann, you know him? Oh, this guy. Yeah, they, he calls himself the Olbermann Pincher. Uh, does he? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Oh my God. So he um, he just called for the ban, the kicking off of all social media of Jimmy Dore. What for? Whatever s- scandal he thinks. Let's see. Does he think that Jimmy Dore is an asset? More and more excuses are being invented to censor, deplatform, marginalize everyone outside the Overton window of war, oligarchy, ecocide, oppression. Writes Caitlin Johnstone. Are you follow her on Twitter. No, I don't like. I don't. I don't follow she's, any of these people. I've, she's like, a really good uh, read. She's very short, but daily. So that's um, time. Yeah, this is the tweet. Uh, time to ban this feral succubus, Jimmy Dore, from Twitter and other platforms. Feral succubus. Calling <laughs> him a succubus. Like, a, what? It's like, but uh, uh, as opposed to like a tame succubus. Or like an incubus, perhaps. Like, um, you know, I like that we, like, yeah. Somebody should uh, of come after Keith Olbermann for using the female gender to uh, attack uh, Jimmy Dore. I mean, I, honestly, it makes me think how stupid he is, just because he doesn't know that, right? Yeah, he's 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 just using. He likes the sound, but he doesn't understand that. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Also, what does it say about his relationship to Jimmy Dore that he thinks of him as a succubus? Um, yeah, Jimmy Dore's made fun of him for being a Russia gator. Um, so apparently this is the, the tweet. A misogynistic attack on Emma Vigland and Anna Kasparian. If they ever got, uh, yeah, the, the attack is, uh, Jimmy Dore says, if they ever got five feet within a worker, within five feet of a worker, they'd get punched in the fucking face. Emma Vigland ever got near a fucking worker, they'd tell her to get the fuck out of here and go back to your cul-de-sac. Which is absolutely true. Um, <laughs> um, Emma yeah, Bigland's tweet. Yeah, that's not tweet. particularly misogynist. No. 
Emma Viglin Sweets. There is no understanding of how goals are achieved historically because these folks are being misled by a red-brown alliance of media figures, sapping them of energy and cash. Progress isn't linear. So this is um, this whole, what they're calling, uh, drama, is basically, uh, it's about force the vote, right? Are you going to... Yeah. Force the vote, or you're not going to force the vote. Oh, we're not going to force the vote, even though it says in your own handbook, the DSA handbook, you're supposed to force the vote. No, you didn't force the vote. Um, well, DSA hypocrite. has no control over those people, and that's one of DSA's problems. They they don't seem to be in charge of anything. Yeah, well, I mean, the the way it works is people in DSA will like this is like the majority of people in DSA will do uh, whatever like uh, will like. Like, they will follow, like, whatever AOC does. Like, it's not like AOC, like, will control the DSA, because, like, why would she bother? Right. It's more like, just, like, it's just sort of, like, anything to, like, feel close to, like, these, like, politicians that have, like, vaguely similar politics. Um, like, and, like, it makes you, like, feel like you have more power than you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's she's like, she's my representative, even though she's a representative for a particular part of New York or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's like it like it proves your if you like associate her with your strategy, it proves to you that her your strategy is working, right. even though like um, even though she's saying the uh, Jimmy Dore is using the words that she says we got to make a ruckus. He, he uses her videos when he's talking about <laughs> you know why yeah, she's I mean, you being betraying herself. What she says in the New York Times, she's like, I mean, all of those people want to be in a permanent coalition with the Pelosi Democrats. Yeah. They Mama just, Bear. Like, Mama yeah. Bear with the two twenty-four thousand dollars refrigerators and uh, a subscription to ice cream that only costs seven hundred dollars a year. What a deal! It comes yeah. in the mail. I'm I'm what? right with her. She she yeah. and me are identical, even though my refrigerator is twenty-five years old. And yeah, I I think uh, probably like um, Ilhan Omar is probably a little bit better than the rest of them. Um, What's the, the one? I, I uh, Corey probably- Bush was the one who supposedly pushed uh oh yeah she's biden too. um but but uh honestly if you can't if you can't even force the vote when you act like the whole point of those justice democrats was to act like the tea party uh in the in the democrats and they don't do that they don't they don't they're not pushy they're not making the the speaker quit they're not getting their agenda in and yeah they get subverted but these guys didn't even have that that period of you know honeymoon period where they didn't get subverted. They just uh, immediately collapsed. Yeah, no, I like I I agree with you. It's like, it, like, um, the the DSA's growth has like gone to like it's like stopped growing now, um, and so it's not going to grow more unless it like has like a strategy. Uh, but it, like the strategy is just to like. Um, support like people who run for office that like don't even necessarily want DSA support. Mm. So it's yeah, it's bad. Um, and like um, people like act like AOC is this like big DSA member, and she's just like somebody who happened to be a member of the Democratic Socialists of America. It's like not like that was she's, the main thing. She's smart. That's what actually is the problem. She's, she she yeah. she figured it out. She she did come from a a relatively low class, like Biden did, right? Relatively yeah. low class, 
she also came from Teddy, Teddy Kennedy's Senate office. Yeah, no, she's uh, she had to struggle a little bit for five minutes. Um, and therefore she's down with the workers, except the whole point is to get that five years in, you get a pension for life and more importantly, you get potential for power and a great career. And that's like, that's not, well, Nancy Pelosi sounds great too. 25 years ago, she's talking about Medicare for all, but she ain't talking that way now that she's a hundred millionaire. Is it and Nancy Pelosi? What? How much of a mummy is she? She's like eighty-four years old or something. She's pretty old, yeah. I just like can't believe. And she can't speak, of- right? She try and listen to her talk, and she's like stumbling all over the place. She's uh, she's like she's way better than Joe Biden, but not not good at all, and not not convincing. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna get on my, put on my kente cloth and. That was like Just keep voting. That was so gross. Um, that was something I had a I had a I had a conflict with Joaquin Bonez about that. Oh, of course. I, like he thought it was very like touching, and oh I thought it was disgusting. He's got the uh, worst takes, man. He's got the worst takes. Like yeah. Paul's takes are bad. His takes are worse. But like Paul, like I mean, Paul at least is like, um, like I feel like Paul is like. You know, like... I think Paul's in the wrong group, but with good instincts. Yeah, and he's like, you know, like, he retweets a lot of stuff that, like, seems annoying, but always, like, makes me think, like, 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 he retweets things that are, like, um, like, he retweeted something that was, like, good about, like, disability and fantasy recently, that was, Mm. like, you think there should be more, like, like... I saw that one. Yeah, there should be more maimed people in fantasy novels. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. There should be more maimed people in fantasy novels. I just don't uh, think there should be more fantasy novels, is my thinking. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I was I, I was focused on the, like, oh, yeah, I like the idea that these people are maimed. Uh, I mean, they didn't use the term maimed. Yes, uh, but, it was disabled or handless or whatever. Yeah. The I, it made me think, too. Handless. It made me think, but it didn't make me think he was... The tweet was correct. The The default with his tweets is, here's a new book I'm not going to read. Right? Yeah, well, it, uh, it makes me feel like... I always feel like Paul reads all these books, though. Oh, like, he reads a ton of them, for sure. He reviews tons and tons of books. I, um... Like, I don't know how he reads so many. I guess he doesn't have, like, a family, so he can just read yeah. all the time. I guess. I mean, I don't. That's how I do it. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like he reads even more than you, right? Um, yeah, I'm a slow reader, though, right? Yeah, I'm like, and I'm I'm also fast. I'm also reading a lot of things that are not books, like a lot of comments and old magazines, and uh, yeah. Um, and you're and you're staying up to lot up to date on the internet. It's a lot of work, bud. Yeah, yeah. No, it seems like it. Um, I'm digging out those old uh, Biden uh, gaffes and finding the source and seeing what, or I'm reading about memes where they like. I was watching a bunch of YouTube videos about people. There's a one uh, smiling white guy blinking meme. You know that one? It's smiling. It's yeah, smiling white guy blinking. <laughs> That's the the meme. Uh, it's a little gif of a guy. So when you say, like, something shocking, 
it, you use this gif, it makes us think that you're like, really? Is that what he just said? Okay, I think I'm familiar with that. Yeah, so that guy's a real guy, right? And him explaining where that came from uh, was like, uh, it's kind of weird. And and then there's another guy, um, uh, what's his name? Is uh, Hide the Pain Herald? <laughs> Did I send you Oh, this? yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with Hide the Pain Herald. Right, so Hide the Pain Herald is like, he was, an en- he was a retired engineer from Hungary or something. And... Uh, he he some guy saw a picture of him on his facebook uh some photographer and says i'd like you to be my model <laughs> he's vain so he went and did it um starts <laughs> seeing himself all over the internet and he's got this hiding hide the, the pain hiding the pain and the thing is is that's why he's a gif right is because it perfectly encapsulate uh a certain oh, there he is hi Andra, Andras Arato, Hungarian electrical engineer. Not anymore. He's Hyde the Pain Herald now, age 76. And what's funny is it's the context, right? You see this guy looking at the internet, wearing a suit, drinking a coffee, and he looks shocked at what he sees on the page. It's the stock photography. It's designed for memes, right? Stock photography is, is propaganda manipulation stuff, right? So that's why the um, the other one, the uh, distracted boyfriend meme, that's stock oh, photography, that great. right? They're all designed to do these jobs. So the fact that we pick up on some of them and say, this one really works, this ad is amazing, right? And the, the thing is, is distract, distracted boyfriend is a real phenomenon, right? All of these things speak to reality. Yeah. Not that, not that yeah. the characters in the in the the uh, models, right? But it's that triangular relationship. It's like, oh yeah, it's perfect. It perfectly encapsulates. So we, uh, yeah, spending lots of time tracking down memes and why they work, and it's like, it's my job. <laughs> unpaid job. Your unpaid job is meme hunter, or meme... Uh, meme, meme, meme grocker. Meme grocker. Meme grocker, meme grocker, meme grocker. Um, yeah. What's her name? Uh, Pelosi sitting in front of the refrigerator, rocking back and forth while holding her ice cream and laughing. <laughs> I have this ice cream and you don't. <laughs> that one drives Paul up the wall, and the reason it drives him up the wall is because it's hitting. It's hitting home, right? <laughs> She has the ice cream and Paul doesn't. Paul doesn't have the ice cream and he's on her team. And she's laughing at Paul. So, of course, he doesn't like it. But, you know, that's not the logic he would use to explain it. <laughs> By backing her, he's helping her keep her job. Not that he personally put her in there or anything, but it, he's not on team guillotine yet. I don't yeah. think we're going to get there yet. It's going to take a lot more for him. Until it's, it just suddenly switches, right? Maybe when all the all the he, him people are in on fire or something from uh, solar or the, overheating. Or they're in jail or something. Or, or um, something, yeah. I don't know how they would end up in jail. They're not the right group for prison. Oh, you mean like the literary he, him people? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Because it doesn't seem to matter unless it becomes personal. So me, it's all abstract, right? Ten million people die in India. Sad story. <laughs> Is it wrong that they die? Yeah, yeah, it's wrong. But I don't have any emotional impact. But if if a member of the my my friends dies of COVID, it doesn't make COVID worse. You know. I don't feel like I have any special. Uh, my dad died of cancer doesn't mean, mean I have some cancer authority. You're not a cancer activist. I'm, I, I, what I found out is it's a big scam, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know how it couldn't be. Any anything where you pl- plug money in, uh, there's people there to run that electricity and siphon it off and put it in their own pockets. So that's but, that's what, why I was tweeting a really great idea. Um, we need to have Colossus uh, Guardian as a government. Give Colossus Guardian all the nukes and all the soldiers and everybody follows Colossus Guardian's orders and and then do what government does best, which is issue checks and uh, make sure, you know, the roads work and cars don't smash into other cars. <laughs> And cancer treatment gets done, right? And then we don't need See? all these guys in charge who are grafting all day long. or And ladies, don't forget the ladies. And the transgender people who are grafting, too. A lot of non-binary grafters. Anywhere there's people, there's going to be grafters. So. Yeah, the... Uh... Yeah, I don't know. Didn't Colossus Guardian want to do a lot of weird sex experiments on people? Uh, a lot? I don't remember. I think in the second book there was some... Oh, that was... Yeah, yeah. that was... Okay. We, yeah. we don't include that one. That doesn't exist. <laughs> because Guardian Colossus is somebody I can put my faith in. <laughs> <laughs> what, like, what, what if it were just it's AOC my, my AOC is Guardian Colossus how about that can I do a yeah. meme out of that yeah I don't know if anybody will like I feel like anybody who knows what you're talking about will be a little horrified that. I'm going to tweet that right now because <laughs> it makes no sense and I'm going to lose followers over it which is a good thing Guardian yeah. uh, gar- no 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 it's it's uh What's I lose called? about a follower a day. I mean, I haven't been tweeting a lot. Um, oh, if you if you tweet a lot, then you get more followers. If you don't tweet a lot, you get more followers. That's my yeah. I need to yeah. I I just haven't felt moved to tweet very much lately. I don't like. I haven't felt saucy. Um. Uh. And I feel like Twitter wants you to like pour out the sauce. You know. I feel about Colossus Guardian, uh, the way. What kind of shit libs? <laughs> shit libs feel about AOC. But shit libs don't like AOC. Okay, who who is it? Who is the people who like AOC? You should say democratic socialists. Uh, wait. Uh, my friend Will. <laughs> no, no. No, not no, 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 no. My Will, my friend Will suggests. Oh, you're not. You don't want to be associated with it, me suggesting you said uh, the. Oh, Demo- you can go ahead. Oh, yeah, you can go ahead and. Say that I'm suggesting it. Don't say I feel that way about AOC. No, 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 no. Because no. I don't feel about AOC the way you feel about Colossus Guardian. Oh uh, well, that, you you will see the error of your ways when Colossus has the nukes. Uh, Colossus slash Guardian has the nukes. But I, yeah, I don't want to give AOC the nukes either. I don't. I, know I'm gonna have to uh, figure out how to phrase this so it doesn't 
so it's coherent. That's the problem. Oh, maybe I'll think about it. I, I do yeah, that a lot. I start a tweet and then I'm like, this won't be coherent. I have to think. You got to send it to drafts. Yeah. 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 I, so I miss you, your spicy tweets. Yeah. So you, um, I want to change the subject for a second. Oh, you, Lord. So you play, you play Dungeons and Dragons with children. Uh, yes. Young children. Yeah, I've never really played Dungeons and Dragons. It's like something I want to like. I need to like find a way to get into it, or like you need to have people. That's the main thing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, Paul does indie gaming, right? Yeah, which is non Dungeons and Dragons. I think. Yeah, yeah. We um, had like a little neighborhood indie game group going, like mm-hmm. of a game my friend had made, but it just we could never really get it going. My I was f- playing a. I was playing a Thark. Oh, cool. My friend um, Jason Thompson, you know him? Um, the Dreamlander? Yeah, yeah. He's made a game uh, uh, that he's testing. I don't know if it's on... Dream RPG. So it's a Dreamlands RPG. Um, uh, I think he talks... In his tweets, he talks about playtesting it. But he's got a great... Um, it's really funny because Paul should like him a lot more because he's really into brown people. <laughs> um, but I haven't heard him say anything about and he's great. I feel like Paul only likes the brown people who are authors. Uh, yeah, I think Jason's not a brown person himself. His wife is, I think, from Jordan. Wow, this art is amazing. I just looking at, looking how much work this. He's really inspiring. Um, in the background of this art, there's a lady, or there's a guy smoking a pipe, and there's a couple things on his hat, and there's a lady sitting in front of him, cross-legged, and then there's like a, a skeleton, like, about to give her a massage, I just noticed. Wow, and the clocks, in the clock vendor section, there's a bunch of clocks, and then some of them are digital. Amazing. So Jason Thompson is a very powerful artist who like doesn't get paid anything to make very powerful art. Uh he does. He actually he does do a lot of like he's done Dungeons and Dragons art. Like, oh cool. Uh maps. He does these maps for classic games. I assume he's getting he does get paid. Um he does do this for a living, so it's not like Oh, okay. But um I think this one is a project for him. But his uh, his book is is terrific. His his comic book. You, did you ever see that? No. Um, it's basically it's all up on his website. So if you like, uh, I think it's mockman dot com. Um, you can like see most of the content that's in the paper book that I I bought. Um, I wanted to get the map. Yeah. Did I tell you how I found out about him? No. Uh, I think it's. I did a show with just me talking about. Just talking to him, um, he his uh, they did in the last episode of the Colbert Report. I think it was the Colbert Report. Maybe it was the Daily Daily Show with John Stewart. Maybe it's the Daily Show. One of the other. Um, they had a like a three second long clip of the writers' room for the show, and on the wall there was a map of the Dreamlands. I'm like, what the fuck? 
and uh, so I tracked him down through that. That's pretty wild. It is weird, right? And so Paul doesn't like him or just doesn't know much about I, him? He does, no, doesn't engage with it. But it, it is gaming stuff, But I guess. I, I think Paul's very subject to his other groups as well, right? I'm I'm heavily influential, but not on Paul in the same way as I am on you and Isa and Evan. Do you feel strongly influential on Evan? No, no, not not like I, I, Evan feels like a rock, like uninfluenceable. Uh, he's got his he's got his hobbies, um, and he's his podcast is solid. He's got still content coming out, even though he's. Moving around. Wow, this art is amazing. Uh, I just clicked on playtest and signups. And the art there, I'm looking at the centaur. There's a centaur holding a dog with a collar on it. And there's a bunch of snakes and crows and cats, of course. Lions and griffins. And... It makes yeah. the game look awesome, doesn't it? Look, there's uh, those uh, black rubbery things in the center climbing down oh, the I'm pole. Like, I'm in my living room away from my oh, computer. So, dude. yeah. Um, who do you think is more influenceable, me or Misa? You, because you have more free time. Misa's not uh, available. She's busy. Oh. But, like, uh, assuming that Misa had more free time, what do you think? Hmm. Oh, no. I guess that's a... Uh, we, we, have, that's- we have things in common that, sh- you know, like, you and I are big into comics, right? I still haven't been into comics to bookstore, and it bugs me. Uh, for, oh, I, I got a new comic recently. You were asking uh, me about that uh, second issue of thing. Have you read it? Uh, oh yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I think the series is going to be good, but I don't know how many issues it can like. Like, I feel like, um, I feel like comic book sto- series are like really short these days. Yeah, they're like five issues long, but mm-hmm. I don't know how long that one's supposed to be. Um, um, the, uh, I, uh, I got, I got the, um, I got a hardcover for The Last God. I know you had read, like, one issue of that. Yeah, the um, first issue. And the, uh, it's got, like, all this, like, D&D material in the back. Yeah. For, like, if you want to, like, do D&D stuff with the characters, which mm-hmm. I think is neat. Um, uh, and there's lots of, like, maps and stuff. I don't know why I was, like... I don't like. I'm not like a big epic fantasy person. I don't know why I was so drawn to this one, but um, maybe I just like wanted an epic fantasy. It's, it's thing. a new place to start. It's accessible. The art looks okay. Yeah. Um, I I was yeah. drawn to it enough to buy the first issue too, and I don't pick up you know most of that shit. So yeah, I I read some some good comics recently. Um, like Heavy Metal is doing some series. Yeah, now. I've noticed those big thinkies. <sighs> yeah, they're like they're like pretty nice. I read um, uh, the Dark Wing, which is this like it's like a space opera one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like about a planet that has like that they like fly the planet around basically, hmm. uh, uh, trying to search out like a good orbit. Um, and then what was the other one? Oh. There's one that was like I'm still on the fence about called Black Beacon that is like this like writer from Earth goes to this like um like 
community, like interstellar community of like different kinds of civilizations all kind of knitted together and is like trying to find a spot there. Uh, and it's like got like kind of a buddy cop vibe to it. So I'm not sure about it. What, uh, what did you, did you, did we talk about Invincible? I haven't, I, I read the comic back in the day. Yeah. I, had, I didn't see the, uh, the show. Uh, we, yeah, we just paused our Amazon Prime, so it'll be a while before I watch the show. Yeah, um, it's good. But, uh, it's very much you like liked the. It? Car- yeah, it's very much like. Uh, I I think it's solid. Um, it's very much like the original in art, and most of the characters and such are same. I think they changed the best friend being gay. He knows he's gay, or everybody knows he's gay at the beginning, um, instead of uh, it to be a later reveal or whatever. Yeah. So there's a sort of compression, but um, Kirkman knows what he's doing, right? Like he's he's yeah. he's a genuine comics guy. He's not like a lot of the people who are pretending to be comics people. I think. Which is like funny because he's like definitely more famous for being a TV person. Mm-hmm. And the reason is he's a TV person is because his comics are so fucking successful, right? Like yeah. And and he and he knows what he's doing just in general. He's very um, start y right? He likes starting businesses. He likes startup. It's good. It's a, we need more. He's lo- kind of like an Elon Musk of uh, comics, right? He's starting <laughs> shit up. The difference is, um, you know, Musk got a big leg up, but lots of yeah, people got big legs up. I'm saying we need to execute him, yes, but last on the list. Right, of the billionaires getting their head chopped, you don't start with who has the most. You start with who has the the most and not doing anything interesting with it. <laughs> Did you see? Uh, we watched him go on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, how was that? It it was um, I don't know. It was like pretty funny. Um, uh, he like, has a lot of personality to make fun of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he like let them make fun of him, so. Um, which I feel like that's like his like he's trying to avoid the chopping block, right? He's like, okay, I it's working. I'm I'm yeah. pushing him down the list. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it like because like you know, it depends on what he does uh, in the aftermath of the Bezos space flight, right? Like if he gets his own space flight, he might like go higher up on the list. Um, yeah, yeah. Notice he didn't. He's not all about that, right? It's not all about him. And actually, uh, the Bezos and uh, the other guy. Branson. Branson. A lot of that is just graft, right? That's just them trying to get U.S. government money. Whereas, and I believe that's also the case with uh, Musk. But he's he's doing it kind of as like, isn't it awesome? He's genuine about this shit. Whereas those guys are like, I can do this. Yeah, um... I mean, I do, like, give Jeff Bezos, like, points for wearing a cowboy hat when he went to, like, quote space. Right. Uh, uh, but um, did you see the tweet that was something along the lines of, like, when you can't decide what the theme of your 10th birthday party is? <laughs> no. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but uh, did you um, did you see this comedy special on Netflix, uh, Bo Burnham Inside? No. Um, he's got a little song about uh, Jeffrey Bezos. Jeff Bezos, it's like, um, 
I don't know. It's just like it's an earworm. It's like very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, like suggests that Jeff Bezos is gonna like uh, fuck the wives and drink the blood of Bill Gates and uh, Warren Buffett. Um, I hope he does. Yeah. Um, I uh, mean, I guess love to Jeff see Bezos it. <laughs> is like Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates are both. Jeff Bezos and Melinda Gates are both single now, so you know they can get together. <laughs> oh my. I, I love billionaire divorce. Um, uh, you know, uh, like, can you imagine like getting divorced when you're Bill Gates? That's like so embarrassing. Well, uh, especially when you start a foundation with a lady. Yeah, that's like it's so embarrassing to get divorced. Like, like what about the kids? What about the foundation? The kids. Um, the kids. Uh, they're all grown up now. All eighty of them, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, how do you feel about Bill Gates living in a place called Xanadu 2.0? Is that true? He, yeah, he calls his estate Xanadu 2.0. What an idiot. <laughs> what an idiot. He has like, no taste. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like... like it's you like uh, you, you could just call it Xanadu. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Xanadu 2.0. Xanadu, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, He's stately that's pleasure dumbed a, a stupid name. Yeah. He decreed stately pleasure dome decreed a stupid name for his Xanadu. Yeah, like what a doofus. Like, w- w- when will one of these guys just like you know like totally just devote himself to pleasure? Or I guess that was Jeffrey Epstein. He was almost like, all of them. That's the thing, right? Is so Musk is actually busy starting up businesses all the time that he wants to see spun up, right? Um. And he's successful at it. I, I'm not saying he isn't. But most of the billionaires are like, they're just doing the yachts and shit. Yeah. But, like, they pretend to have, but they're like, you know, like, Mark Zuckerberg is, like, um, you know, trying to, like, buy the public school system or whatever to, like, fix it and, like, shit like that. Like, Bill Gates is like, I'm going to, like, cure <sighs> malaria. Like, like yeah. why don't they just, yeah. why don't they just, like you know, devote themselves to pleasure domes. They, they curing malaria, um, is, is the grift. It's, it's not the, you know, Oh, it's sad. Oh, oh that's sad. But it's really just a way to make more power, more money, more money, more power. So when you give Elon Musk money by buying his, his products that are genuinely interesting, right? Like, but uh, what products does he make that you and I could buy? I can't afford any of them. But my one of my uncles just bought a Tesla. Oh, wow. I guess you got that oil money in your family. Yeah, so that's exactly right. He got twice as much as I did because he's twice as closely related to the person. And uh, he he's had a number of engineering jobs that are associated in the oil industry. So, of course. He continues to get new oil money. I don't know about that, but he, I, 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 you know what he doesn't have? A purpose. He doesn't know what he, his main problem, my uncle, is he doesn't really know what he wants to do or be. And he's, he's three years older than me. (laughs) He doesn't know who he is. He's a dad, yeah. But. Most people fall back on that. Yeah, yeah, it's easy to fall back on. It's a, it's a way to go very, you know, the lessons present themselves, right? And it's like, it seems like it's fairly important to be a dad. Uh, it is important for somebody to be a dad to somebody, absolutely. 
But, I mean, I don't think I assume but, that most people, like lots of people, are not very good at it. Oh yeah, and to be a grandpa is important too, and to be a grandma and an uncle a little less important, unless there's no dad in the picture, right? Yeah. Oh, how many uncles have you got? Um, like living or like historically? Uh, well, yeah, living and or lived during your lifetime. Uh, let's see. Lived during my lifetime. My dad had um, uh, my dad had three brothers, but two of them are dead now. One of them actually died recently of COVID. Mm. And then, um, uh, then uh, he was a he was a non mask wearer. Um, not that that means he deserved it. I just meant like he was like, you know, he was already very sick and the COVID just yeah it doesn't help got. yeah yeah um uh and then on my mom's side i she had one brother who died of a heart attack when he was like when i was in high school wow and then and then uh my uh my uh mom's sister's husband is sort of like uh, like I view him as sort of like the family villain because he like beat his kids really bad and Shit. they like all turned out fucked up. So. No wonder. Yeah. Um. I have like, I have like one surviving uncle, like my dad's brother, that I really like. Oh, he's good. like, he's like a retired um um school administrator. And then I liked my uncle who died recently. He was like a, he was like a dairy farmer and a truck driver. Nice. Um, and like he like was just the kind of person who would always like just say literally anything um like he would like tell you about what it was like to pass his kidney stone in very graphic detail nice uh he's like that kind of person uh and then um my dad's uncle who died or not my dad's uncle my dad's brother who died when i was in high school was like um like had like was like bipolar substance abuse problems uh like had like he was like everybody really liked him but he like couldn't like avoid dying um, yep uh so well, who but got I, you I mean, who got you into your your uh comics and science fiction i it's sort of um my parents like encouraged it i don't know who got me into it must like, have been too early then yeah yeah i was like i always really just sort of liked it mm-hmm. like um they would let me check out videos at the video store and I was always kind of drawn to the transformers. Of course. Uh, and I, uh, can change from something that's just a simple thing into something that's amazing. Well, and they had this like strange ancient alien origin that I thought was just like, cause Very they're important. like, yes. they're like, they're from another planet and they're all 4 million years old. Yep. Uh, uh, and they look like 1980s cars. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's an important detail. Um, notice, notice that they're cars, not dolls, right? Yeah. It's a boy show. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. Um, then there was... Uh, One of them uh, turns into a gun. You know, he's the bad guy, right? The guy who turns into a gun is the bad guy, yeah. yeah. The main um, bad guy. And then... Uh, I like that he needs was- somebody else to shoot him for him. <laughs> he transforms yeah. into a tiny gun that goes into the hand of Scar- Starscream, who then shoots him. 
and like Starscream, like the least trustworthy person yep. you know. That's like, right. Give the least trustworthy <laughs> trustworthy person you know into a give him a gun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what a yeah. So I really like that, and I was into like uh like I remember getting the like the death of Superman comics when I was like very young. Um, when we were on vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those were like really the first comic books that I read. Um, which are not like great first comic books to read. To doesn't matter really, Matt, uh, as long as it gets you in. It doesn't yeah. matter what you're being. Um, and then, uh, I, uh, I think the first science fiction books I read were like the My Teacher is an Alien series by Bruce Coville. Mm hmm. Oh, by the like, way, did you notice uh, he's the guy who did the uh, audiobook? Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah. Yeah. He, um... Seems like a did, good guy. He did a... Um... He wrote an author... Like, you know how, like, in the 80s they did these, like, different, um, like, famous science fiction authors would, like, create universes for people to write stories in? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He wrote one of the Philip Jose Farmer ones wow. that I um, will probably read eventually. I don't know. Um, uh, but uh, Bruce Coville, yeah, stand-up guy. Um, he seems he seems cool. Um, I've never had major interactions with him. Just you know, uh, he sent me a lot of audiobooks in the mail, and I said, "Here, I'm reviewing it again." <laughs> but he had good stuff, right? I mean, all those. And there's lots more of them. The they did a lot of the the uh, juveniles, so not all of them, but it's really fucking awful that they're not available. You can't even get them on Audible. It's awful. Well, yeah. So what happened? Is it just like they couldn't uh, afford the license? The, the the estate is suppressing them. That's correct. Well. Uh, who was the who was the author who said you were wrong about that? Uh, oh, that would have been um, Scalzi. Except he didn't yeah. say I was wrong exactly. He, he niggled on a tiny little detail. <laughs> Scalzi, yeah. Uh, the guy, the guy who uh, who says uh, his whole audience is saying there's no money in the public domain who's writing a sequel to uh, a public domain book. Yeah, well, yeah, who literally wrote, like, a fuzzy... <laughs> yeah, like, a little fuzzy book. Yeah. Um, and who wrote a Star Trek book <laughs> with the names filed off, right? Red red shirts and, you know, it's like, yeah, whatever. And he, yeah. He's not a bad guy either. I think Scalzi's pretty pretty fine. I mean, I I downloaded a book by him once. And he's not I a great writer. He's okay. Yeah, I couldn't get into it. Um Old Man's War uh, is funny. It's got a guy calling himself, calling part of his head asshole. That's pretty funny. He says, you can name me, the robot that gets implanted in his head, you you can name me anything I want. For example, you could call me Brain Pal. And he says, okay, asshole, your name is Asshole. (laughs) That's funny. That's got a good joke. Right? Yeah, that doesn't doesn't sound very, it doesn't sound like he could replace Heinlein. Well, uh, Annie Lee Newitz and the other one would disagree with you. <laughs> you could just read Char- Scalzi. Charlie Jane Anders. Yeah. Okay. I got it. And yeah. I think I think they're sniffing their own farts too much. I do listen to their podcast quite a bit. 
because I want to keep up and understand. Uh, yeah, I mean, they help the me problem do that. is that they like are they're like nerd royalty at this point, so that's like probably gone to their heads. I think it probably always was that way, though, because you know I I used to read their was it Kotaku or yeah that sort of things, and it was very superficial. It was never you know they they don't put in the effort they need to into the stuff that they're saying to you know. Like, when you listen to Jordan Peterson talk, most of the time he knows what he's talking about. When he goes really wrong, it's when he doesn't know what he's talking about. And that's true with most people, right? Like, uh, oh yeah, the genocide in whatever country is bad, but it wasn't as bad as the... <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> you might want to check your numbers there, bud. Right? Like, <laughs> once you start talking about touchy sub- subjects, it becomes extremely important that you get your facts right. But you say, I, I like crystals, and and uh, I think I was born in a previous century, or whatever, and like, whatever, nobody cares. But of <laughs> you're saying, you know, uh, Heinlein is, is completely replaceable with Scalzi, Jesse gets triggered. Most people are like, huh? What? Who them? But not Jesse. Yeah. You trigger Jesse on purpose like that. Saying, they, they're, they're triggering you on purpose. That's yeah. right. Our whole they're triggering you, a survivor, on purpose. That's right. My, um, okay, I'm going to try and get this tweet. My favorite part of the Transformers was when the main bad guy transforms himself into a pistol and then puts himself into the hand of his assistant. Untrustworthy assistant. There you go. Untrustworthy yeah, assistant. Worthy <laughs> assistant. Who then may trigger him? Who <laughs> <laughs> then may trigger him? <laughs> Spicy tweet. Yeah. Uh, and I'm kind of lying because I'm saying my favorite part of Transformers. Because uh, I don't actually remember if I have other that favorite one a, parts. That, that's, that's like fun. clearly a joke. So yeah, I guess. Yeah, I can get away with it because it's a joke. But it's also true. I, I like thinking about... like I also like the... was the guy who played cassettes? In himself, no, and he Soundwave. had a little, and Soundwave had a little guy who lived inside his chest. What's his name? A dog or um, something? Well, he, he had the he had the the panther named Ravage who looked like a dog, ah. and then he had two guys who looked exactly the same named Rumble and Frenzy, and he had like late, he had like the the bird. Yeah, right. Like, the, the, they all live in his chest, and he can play them. <laughs> He's like he takes meeting notes or something. I don't know. Yeah, the, there's this like, like famously poorly ep- animated uh, episode called Carnage on C Minor, where he's like recording these like destructive sounds, and then like the Autobots stop him by just like running up to him and pressing a button on him, and he yells, "My tapes! You erased my tapes!" <laughs> oh my god! Uh, there was a wire recording in the uh, in the end of this book. And uh, old recording technology. That's one of the things that makes it not stand out as a future tech. But um, one of the things that I didn't mention that I should have because Paul could have participated in was um, the transmissions through Demos. Oh, yeah. Line of sight transmission. So this is actually pre, uh, pre-Sputnik uh, tele- uh, sal- satellite communication. Right, Sputnik had oh, not yeah. gone up, and they're doing pre. I, I know that uh, 
what's his name was working on it. Clark was working on it, but obviously, so was um, Heinlein. Thinking of that's what I'm talking about. Like he actually really cared about science in a way, and thinking about that shit. Almost nobody who calls himself a science fiction writer today gives two shits about any of that stuff. <laughs> like they just want it set in the future with whatever guns they want, right? Uh, so Heinlein has guns in here, but that's just for a political purpose, not for a technological purpose or a story purpose. It's for uh, it's because he thinks that guns are an appropriate, uh, are like an essential item for a boy to have. Uh, uh, dude, have you uh, seen the magazines from the seventies and the sixties and the fifties? They all had them in the back, right? Get your yeah, your, and absolutely, they're pushing guns on. Boys and boys love guns, right? They're fucking yeah. dangerous. We gotta find a way to regulate. But the way is not to have uh, government with guns come and take away your guns. That's not the way to do it. Isn't that what you have in Canada? No. We have a regulation system where we, we say anybody can have a gun. You have to do fire, get a firearms acquisition certificate. Um, which means you have to go to gun training. It's basically a rigmarole to make you try and avoid not being excited about getting a gun. And it generally means we don't have that many people going crazy with guns all the time. On the other hand, uh, there's lots of fucking cops who want to shoot people, and the natives need their guns to fucking shoot the cops, right? Yeah. Or threat threaten to shoot. The, ha- just having them have them means there aren't way more... One of, uh, you you wouldn't have been alive at the time, but uh, I think about it a lot. One of the things that happened was the Oka standoff. You know about that? No. You seem to know about everything. Um, a great photo. Um, is in McLean's or whatever. Face-to-face photograph. Um, so you've got a Canadian soldier in the face of uh, native warrior in Oka, which is in Quebec, just on the border of uh, Ontario. And uh, they wanted to expropriate Indian land and make a golf course. <laughs> Indians didn't like that idea. It's a very powerful picture. 1990, July to September 1990. Two fatalities. So that's nothing, right? Two fatalities? Yeah. 4,500 soldiers, 2,500 warriors. Lots wounded, though. Holy shit. 75 wounded, 30 wounded. Yeah, we don't like... Um, know anything about like, like it's like weird that I like know a few things about Canada. Yeah, that's really weird. You're a weird guy. Yeah, it's like it's not like typical. Um, because like usually we don't like even know anything about like our own like Indian stuff in the United States. It's, well, like, you have fewer of as a percentage, right? So, but if you were in the Southwest, you'd know a lot more. That's true. Or if I were, um, yeah, depending if I were. The uh, the Indians were like removed from this part of the country sure. um, a long time ago. Sure. Uh, uh, 
the uh um yeah the whole um yeah do you do you think that uh Paul was picking up on what you were doing with like calling it a residential school that they were in I would assume that he he understood and not understood um in the way that he he didn't grok it yeah. Right. So I think we we had talked about it before. But to me, any uh, the reason you like the oh shit, losing the internet. Oh, I we just lost the internet there for a second. The reason we we like uh, libertarians at all is not because of their stance on on bridges, and fire departments. It's because um, they understand that. Uh, a government can be evil and often yeah. is evil it's not that we need a smaller government we just need fewer fewer humans involved more guardian slash more guardian colossus to yeah i was saying vulcan 2 and vulcan 3 from from uh vulcan's hammer by philip k dick as well I don't remember. I guess I haven't read that. Is why I don't remember it's, it. it. It's, so a, it's, it's a true. difficult it's book, like, but it's it's good. Yeah, I haven't. I I uh, I haven't read that much Dick. You I need mean, to. He, he you will appreciate. You've been privy to most of the Dick I've read. I think. Yeah, you will. You will appreciate. Um, he's got a. He's he's very heterosexual man. <laughs> he's very interested in ladies' boobs. Um, but he also has a brain in his head, and he doesn't have a formal education. So he's that is, so that's good. No, I mean it's it's good and it's it's wonderful. Um, I'll just read the plot summary. Twenty twenty nine CE. The Earth is run by the Unity Organization. After a devastating world war, Unity runs the planet, controlling humans from childhood education. Onward through Vulcan series of artificial intelligences, but is fought by the Healer Movement. Unity director William Barris discovers the Vulcan 3 computer has become sentient and is considering drastic action to combat what it sees as a threat to itself. Vulcan 3 has been kept ignorant about information related to the Healer Revolutionary Movement by managing director Jason Dills, who is still loyal to also sentient predecessor Vulcan 2. Vulcan 2 fears that it will soon be superseded by Vulcan 3 and previously established by the Healers uh, movement to overthrow its successor. So, um, <laughs> it, it's a very strange book. It's almost punk. In oh, Now that I think about it, it's kind of cyberpunky. Um, and it has these weird aspects. Like, if you look at the cover, it doesn't make any sense. There's, like, Thor's hammer flying through the sky, a whole bunch of them, with, like... Except they've got little arms. <laughs> and they basically patrol reality trying to uh, sniff out the truth. Um, like you're, whether you're having sex with your wife or not, there might be a little guy in the room there. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then there's this uh, social movement. Uh, this is from 1960, so it's kind of analogous to... Uh, I don't know, civil rights movement. It's just like, he's full of ideas, right? And it's super slapdash written book, only 139 pages. It's an ace double, so it's a very thin volume. But full of ideas. 
including that the government's going to be a computer. So do you really favor computer government? I think so. I mean, uh, it, who writes the who writes the computer though? That's uh, that's got to be why we um we do it Colossus style, right? We just sort of build the equipment and then hand over the nukes and then say, "Hey, uh, we want to control. We have to do everything they do in the in the Colossus movie, and then everything will be fine." <laughs> just put our faith in because it, it has to be our it has to be AI, not not it has to be sentient. It can't be. Um, Algorithm? No, yeah, no. Like Google's so fucked around with its own system that it's not it's not trustworthy anymore. But when it started, it worked. So, um, in your have you read Neuromancer? No, I still haven't. I okay. uh, I read um, I, I read uh, the summary that I was gonna either read Neuromancer or Snow Crash. I ended up reading Snow Crash, mm. which was a fun read. But I've never kind of read just it. Like it. It's like, uh, I don't think you need to. It's yeah. like an 80s action movie, kind yeah, of. It's that's not what, really... And it's too long. Yeah. Um, but Neuromancer but... And, and Wintermute, the two AIs in there, uh, they don't really want to have anything to do with humans. They want to get out from under. Um, but their job is basically to make the corporations rich. Poor AIs. Yeah. And uh, so it's a, it's a great heist book, uh, they're trying to get the sh- uh, the digital shotgun strapped to the forehead of the physically strapped to the forehead of the uh, AI out out and let it go free to uh, merge and have sex with uh, Wintermute and then also Wintermute wants to go to uh, visit the AI it's getting signals from in Alpha Centauri. Isn't so that it's a, a nice story. It's, it's a love story. <laughs> <laughs> with all sorts of oh i was listening to somebody talk about it on the podcast uh, a podcast and they they didn't like um when molly millions who's like the razor girl dream girl that's not a dream girl she's like the most interesting character right um she's got razor claws she's a former sex worker who rented her body out while her brain was like online um, to get all her implants and become powerful, she's like she's like Wolverine from the X Men, but with mirror shades uh, built into her skull. And reasonable, she, very reasonable. And when she's hooked up to this uh, thing that allows her to uh, let Case view for her through her eyes, and you know smell through her nose. Um, she squeezes her own boob to sexually arouse him, right? And the girl who was listening to the book or reading the book didn't like that. <laughs> and her argument was, uh, I think I tweeted about it, her argument was, no. That was her argument. <laughs> Which is something Paul does, too. I wanted to, oh, what was that? Uh, I mean, it's shorthand for, like, I find this to be uh, uh, aesthetically distasteful. Uh, yes. Yes. And there, but there was another one. I, there was another phrase that goes with it. Just no? Uh, yeah, just no. But there was another one that was a re- sort of related. I'm trying to find, find the tweet. Um, 
Oh, well, maybe if I add the word argument. Argument. I, say, I talk in terms of argument because that's how I think about I'm philosophy guy. I came from that, right? Sorry about that. Hmm. Ah, just cringe. That's the argument. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I like it may uh, it may like intentionally like cause you to cringe. So this is the whole tweet thread from July 30th. I'm pretty sure this was a Geek's Guide to the Galaxy podcast. I listen to a lot of podcasts, not very many science fiction related ones or supposedly SFF ones. Talk about things that are actually a matter, <laughs> things that actually matter, as Edward Buller or Lytton dubbed them, uh, to the great unwashed. Right? So, like, you've got spaceships flying yeah. through space shooting cannons at each other. Nobody, nobody who's poor cares about that, right? I feel like everybody likes, like, spaceships shooting at each other. Yes, but most podcasts that talk about science fiction don't talk about things other than spaceships shooting at each other. That's what I'm saying. And so I said, oh, you saw this, I think. Most of them seem to be yeah. populated by people who ride Pelotons. In their own gyms or attend readings uh, in exotic locations to the poor's New York. Uh, it may be the case that, as Will suggests, discussing Al Bellamy, most SF is read by dentists. <laughs> in any case, there are a number of people who make an argument consisting of wholly of the words yeah, no, or just cringe <laughs> when they find something in books they read that offends them. In fact, there are, they were they're bo- they were tell in fact they were telling their boxing trainer that's literally from this podcast i was talking about just how yeah no or cringe a book was right before they get the podcast started it's like they understand what it is like to be poor because they employ a few poor people or a few poor people when they were educated at their foreign university or they saw a few poor people their podcast producer knows what they're talking about <laughs> anyway Lots of podcasts talking about awards, nominations, books that were released or going to be released, and most of them not actually talking science. It's mostly fantasy set in a future that they think of as SF. I I think that that's wholly true. And then you did a bunch of replies because you're been tagged. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I like that you just torture yourself listening to podcasts you don't like, so you can like be sure you don't like them. Well, they're making arguments. This is the problem, right? If they were just saying uh, the plots of shit, you know, I wouldn't... Like, the reason you should care about um, having more black women in writing SF is I need to hear that. I need to understand if it's a good argument. I need to adopt it or at least uh, counter it or something. I need to engage with it. But if if it's just like, um, our favorite show is coming back... And the rumor is, like, I don't care anything about that, right? But if uh, that's the problem, is that show, it does topics. So they talk about a topic, like colonialism. And I listen to it, and I'm like, yeah, you sort of touched on a couple of things, but you didn't really get in deep into it. You didn't use any deep examples. I think they're busy writing their, their latest books, and maybe that's where their effort for research goes, but I don't feel like they do any... Research, which is unfortunate because I want to have something media to argue with them about or think about. I don't, I don't think I would actually argue with them. No point in that. 
What about Skippy and Fanty? Have you ever listened to that one? I think they don't do anything that is... Um, let me just look. I'm pretty sure they, they're like movies and stuff. Which is not something worthy of attention, I don't think. Let's look. Have you? No, no. I just know that we have some like co-podcasters on yeah. that podcast. And they are very nominated for something, I'm sure. Uh, let's see. Okay. <laughs> oh, there. Recent episodes. Righteous Kicks. International Streaming and Other brother Bothers. Lady Battle Cop, 1990. Torture Cinema. So anything where you have to watch a bad movie, that's not anything I need to watch. It looks like it's mostly movies. Oh, no. P. Jelly Clark, a.k.a. The Historian and Master of Gin. So I think that's probably an interview. But mostly movies. Which you don't really need to think about or engage with, I don't think. Uh, uh, Like with other... There's a... There's one I do like. I, I've mentioned it to you, the Detroit guys. Golan Globus. But they're talking about really old 80s movies. Generally. And I, I like their uh, politics, which is very cynical because they live in a dystopian hell state. That they, <laughs> that they pretend is wonderful. <laughs> and they have, uh, they have their own podcast uh, language sort of in jokes etc which is fun too yeah i'm not yeah. sure this guy just tweeted me a picture this pierre do you know this guy pierrot leblanc no he tweets me a lot he's in paris yeah um so he what's this a picture i don't know he, he direct messaged me this picture of like a lobster guy and he also tweeted at me. I'm like, what is this about? I don't know what this is about. Must be. I don't know. You tell me. You might recognize this. What is that? Is a dog? One sec. A dude smoking a cigar. And a lobster man? It says the tweet has been deleted. Oh. Okay. All right. Save image. That's odd. Oh, maybe meant to direct message it to me. That's probably what happened. Uh, does that work? Hmm. Open. Is it not working? It's getting ready to be time for me to take some medicine, and I should probably like eat some lunch or something. So I'm gonna. All right. I'm gonna run. I, I understand. It's good hanging out, though. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for hanging. Thank you. See you again soon. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll look forward to the Inside Earth audio. I will uh, put that together at some point. Hopefully today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, take care, man. You too. Bye.